You've tuned in to another episode of the Adeptus Terror podcast, hosted by Sam, Matt, and Neil. Put your feet up and enjoy. Hello, and welcome to episode six of season two, The Descent of Death. Title to be, dis- to be considered. Yeah, yeah, to be considered. There may be a better one, who knows. Descent of Madness, possibly, by the end of this podcast. Um, lots to get through, uh, and times are ticking. Um, so the next hobby hangout, it will be the 26th of November. Is that me? Uh, yes, because I'm supposed to be doing the one that's happening tomorrow, which I was reminded about on Wednesday. Yes, you were. <laughs> um, cool, 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 cool. Yeah, I'm free. Awesome. I'm going to put in a diary right now. Yeah, don't do the event just yet, because I've got to do one for tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> and don't confuse people. <laughs> yeah. Um, so give, give me 24 hours and you can put it out. <laughs> 24 hours, the thing will be over. I yeah, might, that's what I, I'm saying. I then you can put your event out. <laughs> I might I might come along and build the Arvis lighter. Yeah, I'm going to be building, I think. Did I tell you the Arvis lighter turned up? No. Oh, yeah. Well, Arvis lighter turned up. Yeah, it's yeah. beautiful. Awesome. Okay. I rubbed, it, my, I rubbed it on my genitals. But yeah, no, of course I, you did. I do plan to um, do some uh, building because I've been painting this mm. last kind of month. Harrowing. Just, oh. I do you know what I need to do? I need to buy I need to buy some... Leagues of Otan. I need yeah, to, I need, I need to, to buy some. To, yeah. Well, I haven't. I've painted everything I've got, so yeah. well, I, I've only got one. So I had, trip. I had five hundred points ready. Did you? So I, I could get some gifts Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that would build on for the next chunk. Yeah. But uh, then I had my birthday, and I got some Desolation Marines. Oh, um, so, weird gun marines. Yeah. So yes. I'm already looking at how I can convert them to look less weird. The mm. more, uh, mm. the more I look at them, the more I'm like, actually, I do, I do quite like. They're these. all right. Don't get me wrong. And looking no, at, no, no, they look, they do look they better look. in person. Having had the sprues in my hands, they do look better in person than the obscene angled what, photos. What you need but, to do is you need to find castings of uh, Arnie yeah. Rambo. Um, <laughs> oh, Sylvester that company, Stallone. the one that the one that I bought my model from, yeah. they do them. Yeah, you need yeah, to yeah. get heads so you can put individual uh, the squad. 80s action heroes on yeah. top so it yeah. makes it look like, oh, yeah, they should be carrying <laughs> Yeah, I'm not doing that. That means I have to paint skin. <laughs> we'll get to that. Be more legitimate. We'll get to that a little bit later. Um, but, yeah, so next our Hobby Hangout is 26th of November. Um, they start at 8 p.m. Mm-hmm. UK time. Mm-hmm. Um, run at least till 10 p.m., but always go later than that. Um, and we are now hosting them on Google Meet. Um, mm. We've gone back to Google after lots of issues with rooms. I got a thing from Facebook, and it was legitimately from Facebook, <laughs> um, saying that groups will no longer be able to access rooms. Oh. Really? Well, okay, that's good that we've moved. So it, I was like, oh. And it, there was like a lot of gump that I didn't bother reading. Yeah, so yeah. it might have been that you know, you set, you have a room and you can activate it, deactivate it rather than build loads of rooms. It could yeah, have been yeah, yeah. something more like that. But I was just like, well, it doesn't matter now. We do it on Google Meet. And and to be fair, it's, I, th- I think Google Meet is better um, mainly because I can mute people. Yeah. So when they're uh, airbrushing or making lots of like background noise, I can just mute them. Yeah. So it makes me feel way better. <laughs> I mean, we, did, we did have some fun games with, uh, with James's headset 
on Wednesday. Oh, yeah, that was funny, he, yeah. Not quite sure. Yeah, what, Neil was there. What happened? It was very surprising. For the whole thing as well. I was Really? Honestly, people were joining and like going, hang on, Matt's here and Neil's here. And they're like, yeah, and Mike's not here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? Are Mike and Neil the same person? Yeah, you never know. Um, He's very yeah. good at his uh, farmer accent. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, cool. But yeah, I, I, we've got some other things to talk about, but they'll happen... I think naturally as the podcast progresses. Mm -hmm. So let's jump into our Legion of Three. Um, so this is our monthly highlights as a reminder for people or just if you're new, who knows? Um, thanks for tuning in. Um, this is where we talk about what we've been up to for the last month. It doesn't necessarily have to be 30K, 40K related, um, but that tends to be obviously our focus because that's the podcast we are. Um, and we each kind of get around 20 minutes. Interestingly enough, Tanel was saying, you were really good at sticking to that. And you've <laughs> within six episodes, it's just gone out the window. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, we enjoy ourselves. <laughs> That's all I can say. Mm. Um, but all of my 40K, 30K related kind of highlights of the month are all connected to Resurrection 40K Challenge. Mm -hmm. So I will talk about those in a little bit the only other thing that i wanted to talk about very briefly because it was uh, good fun and we played it a couple of times now is uh, the deep rock game mm. so on tuesday we played um the deep rock galactic game it's based on a uh, video game called deep rock galactic where you are um squats basically you're space dwarfs uh, mining through killing bugs mm -hmm. tyranid alike <laughs> um no they don't really look like tyranids but that's how I picture them. <laughs> yeah. um, and there's a board game version that Neil... Uh, Neil no, I, I I'm looking at you. That's the problem. I don't have it. No. Sam uh, backed on a Kickstarter ages ago now, wasn't it? Yeah, it took a long time. Many, um, many, many moons ago. But yeah, but we've played it a, a couple of times and it's a really, really enjoyable game. It's really, really good, which you would hope for the cost. Yeah, I, I think it's really well thought out. Um, they've done an expansion that's just come out or just been put on Kickstarter for like... Um, leveling up your dwarfs and stuff which is quite cool but i think I'd, i didn't back it primarily because i don't feel like we're playing it enough to warrant nah. spending another 250 quid on another game of it yeah, yeah right yeah yeah but so, the models are lovely like resin really good detail yeah, I, like i just want to paint the models well, i don't own the game when when they're out i think what i might do is buy because you can buy the expansion separately all right it'll cost more money um, but when it's all actually delivered, um, I think I might pick up the Exploder expansion and also the Biome expansion, so playing on different uh, planets. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah. Um, I'm not really worried about the continuing. The only reason to buy the the leveling up one is because you get another mission pack. Yeah. So maybe that's cool. I think if you were playing it loads, then yeah. it's, it's one of those things where I, you could easily see this becoming your main thing. It's mm. like a hero quest and every expansion or yeah. you know, that kind of thing. Like Lots of people bought the Blackstone Fortress game and then bought all the expansions because that's what they wanted to focus on. Yeah. I think if you've got a group of friends who are coming together and playing that re like regularly, then it, it's worth it. But when it's just in the rotation of, oh, there's four of us tonight, let's play this. That's the issue. It's only a four-player game. You can stretch it to five if one person controls the bugs, which they've built mechanics. You don't need to do that. Yeah. Um, so I, for our gaming group, quite often it's six, eight sometimes. So it yeah. just doesn't work out. Um, so it's nice to play in the back pocket when we yeah. have a low turnout. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we'll, we'll play that instead. Yeah. So that was really fun. And the only other game I think that we played in the last month just uh, was the Dead by Daylight board game. 
that Chris that, had. That was in the last month. Yeah. Um, that was really fun as well. So we played uh, Dead by Daylight again, video game, horror game, run away from the killer, fix generators to open the exit door of your map and get mm. out. And the board game was uh, really fun as well. So again, phenomenal models. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Really well done. Little like generators the, the only, and The only and issue oh. is, is that edition of the game, because I looked into it, um, you cannot get. So the generators oh. and the hooks don't exist in the regular game. You get the killers and you get the survivors, oh. but the generators and the hooks, which I think actually kind of make the experience, yeah, don't. Uh, just like cardboard tokens. Uh, yeah, like nah. If you buy the, the, the most basic version of... Yeah, well, so well, yeah, the yeah. difference is... That, yeah, but the difference is with the Deep Rock, you can buy both still. Yes. Whereas with Dead by Daylight, oh, you, you can, can only buy... Not, that was a Kickstarter-only thing. Uh, you cannot get... Um, you might be able to find the SDL files online. I didn't print, dig yeah. that much, but um, yeah, for the... Someone will... They'll be online. Yeah, the, the game... The only version of the game you can get doesn't have those in resin. Mm. which is a real shame mm. um, but Fair yeah enough. but I really enjoyed that so playing some really fun themed board games has been a nice kind of experience over the last month so I just wanted to highlight that really cool um, what about you guys anything else uh, so we're, we're not talking about well I was going to do it in the Resurrection 40k because it's kind of what unit character did you choose then to paint if there's I, stuff I that nothing. you've been doing you have nothing 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 okay cool go on Neil you're legitimate now you hobby yeah. Uh, right. Okay. Let's just quickly scroll through the list of. Can't talk about that yet. Can't talk about that yet. <laughs> okay. So um, I finally nearly finished up on the uh, the Rancor and the ATST for my mate at work for Star Wars Imperial Assault. Ah, uh, yes. You'll have to take some photos. Uh, yeah, you, we'll f- you flashed them on the uh, the Wednesday hangout. They look really good. Yeah. Um, they look really good. I just need to do a wash on the wrinkles teeth and the tongue and then repaint the teeth and then satin varnish it and that's done. Mm. The ATSD just needs the base paint in black. Right. Then it's done. And I can give them back to him and he'll be happy. Yeah. Um, and then I went up to Scotland for a week because uh, I fancied it. <laughs> and this is With your lady friend? With my lady friend. Yes, and we went to. I made her go to Edinburgh because she's she likes Glasgow over Edinburgh. Oh Why? God, no! And it, it, I that, know. Right? That, is she from Glasgow? No, she's just that's dropped, where she dropped in to, my estimation. She there. went to university there. Oh, okay. Oh, so, uh, uh, so yeah, um, but we went and saw the uh, Grace and Perry exhibition at the National Gallery, which oh, was cool. very strange. What's Grace and Perry? He's an artist. One uh, of those. <laughs> he's 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 a, a very unique artist. Is it penises? Um, there were penises involved in his artwork, yes, and also his teddy bear Alan Measles. Sorry, say those words again slowly. His teddy bear, <laughs> yep, called Alan Measles. Okay, I thought you said teddy bear Alan Measles. I was like, what is that? That's teddy, a new teddy word. Bear, teddy bear called Alan Measles. Okay, so he does pottery and uh, tapestries. And he's very strange helped, mix. He's also helped uh, an, an architect <laughs> design and build a house somewhere in Essex. I can't remember exactly where it is. Right. And then he's got a story based on four tapestries that are built around this house as well. Cool. One of one of which tapestries I looked at, I was like, that looks like Basildon. Please let me Basildon. And then I read in the background of it, because it's the... Um, you know, in the high street, you've got that woman on her back holding the baby above. Oh, the yeah, fountain. Yeah. The fountain, yeah. That fountain never works. I was like, 
at the, like the Basildon Fountain, yeah, and yeah. in the background you see a row of shops that are behind it, and this is Basildon. I was like, and the guy hitting up, yeah, and it's just like, okay, right, what is this going very on here? Strange. But yeah, that was it. it was interesting. Uh, what else did we do? We went to Glasgow, walked ten miles around Glasgow as you do because it's very Glasgow? hilly. You sure? Okay, carry on. Don't want to offend people that um, live in Glasgow, but move to Edinburgh. Uh, or move anywhere else in Scotland. We we also went uh, went and saw some family because I've got some family that live up there. So we spent sort of the evening with them. Lovely. Uh, went to some of the border towns as well. So went to Melrose, Galashiels, Pe- Galashiels Peebles, uh, Lauder. Um, got some sweets for work because they were complaining that last time I came back I didn't bring anything back. And uh, you the, should be like, I came back. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah, yeah. the gift. Yeah, actually. <laughs> I'm I'm brew jellies are really nice. Really, iron brew. I I actually really wow. like iron brew. When brew I jellies. when I go to Scotland, it's basically all I drink. Oh like, wow! Oh god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I love it. Piss end up being the same color. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I have got a funny story about that. Um, but no. Um, I yeah, I love it. Absolutely love it. The stuff down here is not the same. No, not not at all. No. Uh, I picked up some, to Scotland more. Some surplums, surplums. Which are sour apple flavoured sweets, basically. Nice. Uh, some Berwick cockles, which are ridiculously soft. They dissolve in your mouth mints. Ooh. You literally put them in and then they just disappear. Oh, that's um, nice. I also bought myself some tablet as well, because why not? Tablet as in like... Fudge. Oh, right. Okay. Proper. Good. Not, not drugs. No. Uh, <laughs> not drugs. Tablet. What are you thinking of? Tablets. Tabs. Oh, Okay. Need to pop, say, pop in some pills. The, pop in some pills. The the OTL at work, the ops team leader, uh, who's from Scotland, was like, oh, "You brought back some sweets from up north." I was like, "Yes, Jock, <laughs> have one." And he's like, "Oh, proper." Do you know what my brain went to immediately when he said tabs was Viagra? <laughs> Don't do that when I'm drinking. <laughs> hey, you know, opposite my laptop, it's fine. <laughs> The, the number at the start of his age has changed. Yes, he is now <laughs> in the later stages. I, I am 40k. Um, you are 40k. <laughs> Matt's 60k. Matt's not uh, Only my body. Only his body, yes. <laughs> yeah, my brain's at 12. I'm, I'm, I'm so weak and feeble. <laughs> what else did we do? Oh, I also had to go to a certain um, town up in Scotland to pick up some snowballs for my mum because she's obsessed with snowballs oh, I've never had okay. them I don't like them because are, they, are they the coconut thing it's, like, it's a tea cake with coconut on the outside yeah, yeah they're, they're pink no, aren't they no, no they're not pink mm, something's pink marshmallow chocolate coconut yeah or they marsh- remind me of like walnut whips but nothing the same marshmallow <laughs> iron brew coconut apparently. oh my god yes they make <laughs> iron brew I'm in ones as well which I was like Huh. Interesting. No, thank you. And that was about it, really. Nice. Did uh, you go so to the games workshop in Edinburgh? I, I did go to the games workshop in Glasgow. Ugh. Um, I didn't actually get anything. Cause did they have to unlock the door to let you in and lock it yes. after you? Right. Yeah, no, okay. I didn't. No. no, no. <laughs> 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 too hard on it. The, uh, it's, the, it's the only place in the UK that I've ever been and nearly been uh, mugged. Yeah, you I stepped outside, didn't you? Well, we don't need to go into my personal life. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had an interesting experience yeah. in Glasgow. And uh, yeah, it was, it was interesting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, answers on a post, answers on the Facebook page if you know where I went to get these snowballs. Is it Snowtown? No. 
Snowdonia. Snowdonia. <laughs> Snowdonia. What? Is it Snowdonia? No. No, that's not even the right place. Exactly. No, no, that's, no. that's in Wales. That's in <laughs> Donut. I was like, out of all the people you should know. <laughs> no, that. Oh, no. This better than I've most. climbed it. Exactly. <laughs> I've been there a lot. If you had said, if you had said Ben Nevis, you would also be wrong. Yeah, I mean, that's quite far from Glasgow for exactly. you just to pop for snowballs. Yeah. yeah. It was, it you must really love your mum. <laughs> it wasn't Glasgow. It was just east of Edinburgh. Edinburgh. Um, okay, cool. Resurrection? Uh, yeah, let's go into Resurrection 40K. So this month was the, I guess, second flag post month of the challenge, yep. which yep. was um, your battle line unit and character that needed to be fully painted. Um, for us three, the deadline is recording. And um, me and Neil met that by playing a game just before recording uh, with our fully painted units. Yep. Not that you've had like, hey, I don't know, a few months. Hey, no, 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 no. no time shaming. <laughs> no time shaming. We we met the deadline. And that's we, all that matters. We, we completed our our allotted task. You must you must understand this being in project management. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, a deadline. Yeah. As long as they meet the deadline, it doesn't matter if it's done two seconds before or two days before. Yeah, it is yeah, done. yeah, sure. Yeah, <laughs> they are they are over there to the right hand side of Sam. Yeah, on this little coffee table. Are moment. yours done? Are they done? Done? Yeah. Yes, they done. <laughs> What do you mean? That's really harsh. That's really harsh. I, do you know what? I was, giving him, I was giving him lots of compliments. I actually really like how you've done your um, Necrons, which we will get to. I'm kind of hoping that um, the, uh, the next batch kind of turn out the same way. Yeah. Do you, you don't think it's replicated? Re- it is, but it's, 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 it's nil, so it's going to be like, they're not exactly the same. Not the same. So, they're not so the I same. now need to start again. Are we, are we, sorry, are we saying what's in our five, 500 we, points today? No, no. Uh, oh. No, no, because I haven't. Yeah, I haven't planned that. So no, 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 no. We'll do that. Thing. We'll do that next month because that's that's due January, so we've got time. Um, but yeah, so we've all met our challenge, which is cool. And um, we thought we'd spend a little bit of time talking about that the that progress. So the paint schemes, any lessons learned, the games that we played or game, um, and yeah, just kind of have a general chat. Uh, so it's a bit like Legion of Three point two point oh. <laughs> um, so yeah so for me I did Ragnar Blackmane and um, Assault Intercessors um, I wanted to do those because uh, they were easy to get ready to go um, they were you know the in- Intercessors were just on sprue straight from you know box ready to go get built and painted and Ragnar I've had for a while sub-assembled uh, undercoated so I was like perfect um, and I really wanted to get Ragnar done because he's, he's my guy. So I was like, I want him painted. Yeah. I now uh, I'm questioning that choice <laughs> because I have other characters that I could have done. Like I have a battle leader that I could have done yep. for like, you know, he's uh, just a dude with lightning claws. But I was, um, yeah, I could have perfected the, uh, the armor color and using streaking grime and the basing and then done my kind of centerpiece model. But I don't ever work in those kind of ways. So, you know, I, I went straight for Ragnar. Um, I had a lot of fun with this paint scheme and painting them, but also a lot of frustration. Just that. That's exactly If that came through, uh, please keep that in if that came if through. If I get a whiff of that, I'm not going to be happy. <laughs> I always know. So, yes. Oh, I, uh, I had a, a bit of frustration in, I think it was due to doing things I hadn't done before. Mm. so um, 
I talked about it before. I'm doing kind of a sponge chipping method for the armor colors, building up the grays, then painting in the details, brushwork, you know, all pretty simple standard things. Um, and then I'm laying over streaking grime. First time ever using streaking grime. Really, really good stuff. Plop it on, leave it for an hour, come back with your cotton bud and um, Bob Ross cleaner. Oh, whatever. Yeah, sure. Bob <laughs> that one. Ross cleaner. That's the one I've got. Happy um, cloud. White spirit works perfectly fine. And you just wipe away and it sits in the recesses and you know you can leave it as dirty or clean a lot off. And it worked really, really well. All that stuff went really, really well. Um, the, the frustration was mainly one painting skin, which I haven't done for a long while. And when I had done it, I'd done Night Lords, was the last skin that I painted. It's very, pale. very, very pale. And yeah. I used Dark Elder colorways, so mm. like Raycar flesh and Pallid Witch flesh yeah. to make them very, very pale. Um, so going back to like Acadian flesh tones and uh, Reichland flesh and all that, I, was, I found myself getting it wrong and wrong and wrong and mm. not being happy with it. I'm still not happy with Ragnar's face at all, but I may go back and redo yeah, that at some point. Doing that. Yeah, totally. Um, so that was really frustrating because I just I realised that painting helmets is is really easy and quick, and and I enjoy that. So I, most of my models have helmets, and we've talked about that plenty of times uh, um, yeah how much is the best yeah but <clears throat> when you've got like I put one space wolf head on my sergeant yep. so that I could go oh yeah that's the sergeant because I didn't want to do the whole red helmet that's not a space wolf thing no. so I was like well he can be the one without a helmet because and is also he, uh, one model comes with the helmet modelled on the hip mm -hmm. so I was like cutting all of that off to then just put a helmet on his head is a lot of work Yeah, <laughs> to make that look good as well so I was just like yeah, fine. I'll just put a space wolf head, and then there's my sergeant. So I had him and Ragnar. To Did do. you do the half half mohawk one? No, it's not half mohawk. It's uh, he's got like a small mohawk and mutton chops. Do you know the one I mean? I did him blonde for you though. Okay. Do you know what? I point, I painted blonde because I was like, I'm painting this blonde because this is for Sam. Brown, yellow, what. gold. Um, um, oh, do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? There's one like an old school space wolf one, which has like it, yeah, yeah, the hair yeah. goes up and then just sideways. Yeah, uh, I don't like remember this. that one. Do you not? And he's no. bald yeah, on his yeah, left yeah. side. Yeah, I do have those heads, but they're not. On, uh, there's probably that one. there's they're probably comical. at least one in my blood claws, which I'll be doing in this next batch. Cool. So you will see one. They're good. Um, but yeah, I wanted to do ginger, but I didn't quite have the right orange colors that I wanted. It's hard. Ginger is hard, a hard color to do to yeah. not make it's it just orange. Brown. Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. you can just use browns and just go lighter, lighter brown and then mm. tiny, tiny bit of orange. But the orange I had, I would have had to have doled it down a bit because mm. it's like bright, bright orange. Yeah, bright orange. Yeah. Uh, not ginger orange. So I was like, I the only thing you could have done mixing colors for this tiny little bit of hair. <laughs> the only thing you could have done would have been to use a, um, uh, not Drucci Violet. Um, Caraba Crimson? Caraba Crimson on it and that will pull the, the orange down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or or uh, make my make my model look good. Uh, wash. Yes. Which is called that one. The brown. Brune. Agrax. Agrax. There we yeah, go. It's a bit, I would, I'd rather do Seraphine Sepia which is a lighter brown light wash. Agrax. One of my favourites. Mm. I'm uh, um, trying to resist the urge to um, uh, to oil wash my entire army. Streaking grime. Well, I've got streaking grime. Yeah, do that. But what's the difference? It's the same. No, because streaking grime um, has uh, little. It's a bit like uh, what is it called? Uh, typhus corrosion. Okay, so it's got bits in it. 
Kind of like grit, like it, it, it dries looking like it does. Mm. I, I haven't seen they're any just, evidence. They're just very bright, yeah. Well, so it's basically street and grime, from what I can tell, is pretty much like you know, you mix your black and your browns mm. uh, oils together to mm-hmm. make kind of a it's that already. Mm. So you get premix, dirty premix. Okay, what it is. What I might do is I might um, matte varnish the models first. Just, yeah. just just seal it all in yeah. would be quite good. Yeah, well, so that's the one thing I would say. There was one or two areas um, that I clearly had a slightly less paint on them. Yeah. And I was a little bit too heavy. So I did have to then go back and touch up where I pulled too much paint off. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think, again, first time using streaking grime and yeah. just it, it tended to be on my metallics. Mm. I think that just because of the nature of those paints, I was using dark, yeah. dark star metallics. Yeah, and they were just just on the edges of like the wolf yeah, heads and stuff. Yeah. It was just coming off a bit too much. Yeah, so then I have to come through and edge highlight almost, which ended up looking good, but was just something I wasn't expecting. Okay. Um, the other frustration, uh, I wouldn't call it a frustration, but I had a basing scheme in my head, mm-hmm. and I basically cocked it up about five or six times, and then ended up with a result that is like what I wanted, but not quite. So I used uh, AK Interactive Rough Terrain. So like your asphalt big pot. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like that, but it's rough terrain to match my board, which is yeah. all bobbly rough terrain. Painted that on. Then after reading the, the side of it, it says mix with the color that you want it to be. Uh, and then paint it on. So I just painted it on. So it's just kind of a white gray color. And I was like, it looks like snow. I could actually just t- touch that <laughs> up with a bit of snow and put them on snow. We could just say I... Oh, Changed it now. <laughs> well, yeah, but I wanted to go with a color that matched my mining facility board, the red yeah. kind yeah, of marshy yeah, yeah. color. So then I painted over that with um, Rhinox Hide yeah, yeah. and dry brushed it with... Um, Some reddier brown. Uh, Rhinox Hide mixed with Ushbati. Ushbati. That one. Um, to give it kind of a, a gradient. And then I, then I got... Uh, Martian Iron Earth and Iron Crust yep. to do some cracking and stuff. Uh-huh. The Iron Crust I really like. Yeah, there's mm. the thinner one that cracks, and that all went really, really well. The Iron Earth is basically just texture paint. Texture paint. Yeah, which is fine, but that ended up going over everything. So the the brown and the um, dry brush wasn't really needed. Um, so I was like, well, that was a step I could have probably avoided, actually, if, I, if I'm if i going to do it this way. Yeah. And actually, if I'm going to do it that way, I could probably use the Iron Earth and not bother with the AK mm-hmm. rough terrain as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, But it does mean that the Iron Earth will go further if I do do the rough terrain. So yeah. I will carry on doing that. Ha- but, um, have you thought about doing your bases separately to your models? Um, because you'll probably get a better finish. Yeah, well... Uh, they're they're okay, um, and I like I like doing them on models because you can get around the feet and make the feet look like pressed in, rather than them just standing on the top. Uh, okay, I prefer I like for me I just there's something about that that I prefer. Really? Um, yeah, I mean I it's have the, I've done the both. Part. Well, it's, it's harder to do it on the model because you can't just slap it. Yeah, that's what base. I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I mean, I mean it, the ease of not having to put models on a different base take them off put them on the new ways uh, that's not uh, well I've done I've done that for the ultramarines I did that for yeah, yeah. Um, and so I've done that before that's fine but um, yeah I, I don't know I might the problem is is a lot of them are already on their bases 
Yeah, I don't yeah. have spare bases. Oh, what do you need? So I'd have to, yeah, but then I'd have to like break them off, do the base, then put them back on. So it's just like, uh, no, 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 I've got thirty twos. You could just, yeah. you could just do all the thirty twos. True, true. Um, but yeah, possibly. But anyway, after the Martian iron crust and iron earth, I then used um, uh, weathering pigments, which first time ever using pigments. Uh, and I got the, uh, uh, I watched a few videos on YouTube and they use rust mm-hmm. pigments to get that Martian like dust kind of look. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, this looks great. So I picked up three different rusts and the pigment fixer um, and applied them so there'd be some gradient in color. The The issue was is the darkest one, old rust or I don't know what they're called. They're all AK interactive. Um was really dark right and i was like oh this is darker than i want and so then i started putting the lighter ones over the top then it was kind of mixing and it wasn't quite exactly what i wanted and then i went way standard me i went way too heavy with the fixer so because they say just you know use a pipette and just drop a couple of drops but where it's rough terrain and stuff it was like pooling so i was like trying to tip the model around to get the the pigment fixer to go over the base um (laughs) and then for some of them i couldn't do that so then i put a bit more on and then kind of drowned the base um so i haven't quite mastered that that didn't go very well you want to get another brush that you can use to wick away the excess well the problem if, if you do that you'll just take the powder off right okay so it's just supposed to be drop leave right so i think i'm just gonna have to do it like drop it on that's that area of the base done and then come back and do the other one right rather than trying to do the whole base at the same time because what ended up happening is i ended up drowning them out a little bit which as the pigment fixer does dull the color down Mm -hmm. slightly they do dry looking dry yeah rather than wet which is great and Mm -hmm. really cool effect but it darkened all the bases down darker than i wanted right um, and one or two spots they look slightly glossy where I think the pigment fixer was just too thick and has kind of dried over itself um, so I'm going to go back over them with the light rust which is uh-huh. like the perfect colour right? Um, and try again basically and see if I can tie them down I'm also probably going to go I need to buy some but put mountain I think it's army painter mountain tufts uh-huh. which are on my gaming board yeah. so then that, again it just ties them in a bit more so i'm gonna go back and do some extra bits uh to to make them make me happy with them cool um but i'm i'm really happy in general with how they look i think they're some of my better painted models um i really enjoyed using the streaking grime so i had lots of fun whilst kind of i guess learning while doing yeah and this is where everyone's like hey do a do a tester model and they're right they would be completely mm-hmm. right but i just I don't ever really work that way. Nope, you do um, not. And I don't think that's going to change particularly. Um, but yeah. Um, anyone else want to go or should I talk about games? Do we want to do everything in one go? Or? Um, you do your games. Do it all okay, in one yeah, go, cool. yeah. Um, so I played two games while I was still painting them, which was one against Neil, which mm-hmm. is the first time ever playing 10th edition and we got a lot of things wrong and didn't really read any stratagems or anything like that. And I think after I killed a bunch of your guys, you're like, oh, I could have had a yeah. four-up save against that or something. You had some ability that stopped 
was it shots or something? I can't remember what oh, it was. Oh, it reduced the amount the, of damage or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We forgot so, about that again. Something we completely forgot. Oh, yeah, he didn't do he, that he, this morning, he would, did he? he? would have survived <laughs> that first round of melee. That's true, yeah. <laughs> Whoops, that's funny. Um, but yeah, so that was just fun, just kind of doing it. And then I played Simon's uh, Demons mm-hmm. Force, um, which was very, very different again. So I played Necrons and Demons and... Uh, um, I was just running around chasing after these demons but that time we used command points because Simon's played more yeah. so that was really useful playing someone who knows the addition mm-hmm. um, so he was reminding me of command points and stratagems and I found one that was really good against psychic attacks so I was using that to give myself like five up feel no pain or invol I can't remember what it was giving me nice. um, there was a space wolf one so I was reading my space wolf yeah. ones and so that felt like I'd kind of leveled up by the second game um, and then me and Neil threw down this morning, um, which was pretty much me running, surviving a shooting, assaulting and murdering a bunch of Necrons, yeah, um, which was just how it worked out. I think to call them games in terms of competitiveness, it was it's not nice. the, the point either of this month's nice. challenge. It was really just to look up your rules, learn those two units a little bit, work out how stratagems work, how impactful they can be, command points, all that jazz and I feel uh, more knowledgeable than I started, which is kind of the the real the point. point of it, yeah. I think the real games will start from, well, by January when our 500 points need to be yeah. painted, where we'll probably be rolling dice before we record again. <laughs> yeah. You never you know. You say this, you say this. I'm right. tempted to look at my force and pick out the most highest point unit, so I've only got one or two units to I paint. Def- I definitely <laughs> haven't done that at all. Um. But yeah, so I enjoyed all three games. Um, uh, it was fun to just throw dice and have Ragnar on the table and play Space Wolves yep. again. It's been years mm-hmm. since I've played Space Wolves. Like, probably 5th edition. Oh, blimey, I remember those games. Yeah, yeah. I, honestly, I think they must be the last time I played Space Wolves. I've had the two latest editions of Codexes and never played a game yeah. with them. Because I was doing Orcs at the time or Tyranids yeah. or, you know, I was kind of dabbling and I never really went back to the Space Wolves. So um, it's really, really cool to go back to that first army. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so I'd, I've had a lot of fun so far in this challenge. Good. Um, yeah, you guys. Sam. So I... Uh, so I picked... Um, I, I picked for my unit in character... Um, so I did battle line. So my only battle line units was the Hethkin Warriors. Yeah, you were kind of stuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I in my four, in my list, I only have one squad of Hethkin Warriors. So it kind oh, of okay. has to be those. Yeah. Um, they split into two and they go in their own Sagittars. But for this, I couldn't do that. So yeah. I just took a 10-man squad. Uh, and then I picked the Anya champion. Um, and the only reason I chose that is because he was cheaper than the uh, the Iron Master in terms of like cost to buy the models. Yeah. That was literally all that yeah, came yeah, to yeah. mind. Well, I knew that I was going to have to sit out quite a lot for paint basing material all that kind of stuff so i was like well i could buy like that model and spend even more or i could not and just go the other one i was you, like i need both of them you do uh, forget how much paint costs <laughs> like yeah. when, well, you, I, when you have a, a backlog of stuff you just kind of use it up and yeah. paint yeah, yeah, yeah i was like actually like those three weather pigments the fixer the ak rough terrain yeah, yeah. like those few bits i was like oh actually that's like that's like model kit yeah, and I'm yeah. Like, yeah, it's cool that I I can use those things. But, yeah, yeah, it was surprising. I, I, I must have spent near enough hundred pounds. Yeah, on 
kits okay because i i did i did similar to matt i i well anyway we'll talk about that so i used um the slap chop method on my painting um oh, flipping i hate that name mm-hmm. um but sam chop yeah sam chop i used that um and it, it worked really well it kind of played really into the i wanted a method that was really quick i i have spent so long painting models like the base colors and just the stuff i didn't really care about um and I, I prefer painting like the detail and picking out the leather or the leather work or buttons or stuff like that. So I wanted to do the armor really quickly. So slap chop kind of really kind of played into that. Um, and a lot of it can be done by airbrushing to start with and then paintbrush afterwards. Um, so I, I, I got the blue down. Um, I slightly wavered. I did a test model because um, the original fatigues were going to be a teal mm-hmm. green oh, um, yes. instead. And I went with gray and a gray yeah. because the teal looked a bit too much on my yeah, test model. Contrast quite nicely with the blue. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's still like a bluey gray, but it's still gray. Yeah. Um, and then um, basing wise, I went with, uh, I've gone for a snow effect, um, snow effect on urban just because I've never done snow before um and i don't actually the urban rubble i used to do or i did was like um more like crushed rubble rather than like road yeah um so i want to do something slightly different so they're all on road so they're all on corkboard um just to give them a bit of height and to also allow me to add some kind of texture to the to the the what they're standing on so the the corkboard has like cracks in it holes in it um multi-levels like curbs and stuff um so just to be a bit different um, and then I um, use the AK interactive um, asphalt, which goes on like really gloopy, but when it dries, it drives relatively flat. You do have to be quite careful about how you're putting it in. Um, then dry brushed a couple of different grays on top to kind of pick out all the textures and the differences. Um, masking taped up and put on some yellow um, lines around the yeah, curbs or white, or, or white lines on the, the ones that are all flat. Um, and then uh, I used the two different snows that AK do. Snow One is snow like, drift and light snow. Yeah, so snow drift. Snow drift is like um, basically banks of snow. Uh-huh. Um, so when you know after snow's melted, you get that kind of like bit by the curb. It was there, um, and then what you do is you then put the 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 um, light snow over the top, which gives it a bit more of a powdery, a te- a powdery texture oh, to okay. it. So it, it kind of. I'd say that snow drift, the, the the big, the thick one, is basically to give you the shape, and then you yeah, put yeah. the texture over yeah, the top yeah, to make it look yeah. like snow. Yeah, um, they look really good. It, it was funny because you were like, "Oh, I've never done snow before," and then I was looking at you when they were completed, and were like, "That looks better than any snow I've ever done." It's it's one hundred percent okay. It <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. Like yeah. the compared to the GW yeah. snow stuff, like, and I've used the GW snow stuff because actually I have done snow before. My grey nights were on snow. Yes, oh, that's were. true. Um, yeah, yeah. To match my, orcs. but they were all on snow. They weren't like yeah, we, a bit on the bit. Yeah, Joe, you know I think that's the big thing about snow basing. It's it's less is actually more yeah and do and just trying to do snow i think it you've got nothing difficult. to focus on when you yeah i think got, it's just here is a here is a white place. i think i think you'd have to do like ice and snow yeah. or something like that to yeah. make it yeah if you wanted snow snow yeah um rather than like snow on a road or snow on grass or um, but yeah, like I look back at those snow bases I did, and they, they just look awful. But that's because that's because <laughs> the GW stuff is just sand in white paint. It's also very blue, like yeah, not white. <laughs> like so, yeah. so it, it, it it's not. It doesn't lend itself to actually being like snow. Um, so I, I 
so I think it, now it doesn't it, compared to like the AK Interactive stuff, which looks like snow. So if you go and look at their videos, they do one for a, a diorama base with um, I think it's like a Panzer tank going through going through. So they banked it up properly. They've got mud in there because it's yeah. obviously driving in the tracks, um, and it looks like snow. Whereas I just don't get that effect from the no, GW stuff. I would agree. I think over the years we've definitely as we've approached wider and wider in terms of companies and products mm -hmm. our our end results have only improved i think just yeah. taking a bit of extra time to go what's out there and what can be done can yeah. really level up your models without very much work as well yeah they're really yeah. easy to use like the ak stuff i just got my um gw spatula thing mm -hmm. Um, and just slapped it on the base the same way that I did with all the GW stuff, but it just is better quality product. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. You can tell that that's what they do, and they're aimed at dioramas, whereas GW yeah. kind of it's made of basing material. Um, do you know what I mean? Like yeah, it's, it's made yeah. for a small. Don't really look yeah. a lot at it. Whereas theirs is like you could do a whole base, a whole board in that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it would cost you absolutely fortune. It would cost you an absolute fortune. Um, would look cool. Though. Two seconds. <laughs> would look cool. Um, right, the uh, so I did that. I did the the basing. The basing came out really well. Um, the other thing um, I guess I talk about is um, I picked up those magnetic discs. Oh yes, um, which were advertised on Instagram. Which I was like, well, they were seven quid for like fifty. Yeah, like a sheet. Yeah. Like ridiculously cheap mm. cost, and I was like, well, worst comes worst. It, yeah, it's seven, it's quid. seven quid, right? I've spent more on less. Um, so I got them, put them all on the bases. Um, and then when I went down to play our games, they all basically, as I was pulling the models off, the magnet stayed on. Yeah. They came off the models. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, that's annoying. Um, so what I did is I've got um, some gorilla, uh, not epoxy. What, what, how do I say it? How did I say it in this? Because I actually wrote the name down. Um, so I used, that's at the top. I used some gorilla contact adhesive okay, clear, yeah. um, which is like, Put some on the what was side one that you want to adhere. Yeah, put yeah. some on side two. Leave for two minutes, minutes and then stick them and together. then push together and then leave for twenty four hours yeah. in a well ventilated space. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna do this before I start work. And then yeah, just just have cook. the doors open. Well, no, just just, just cooking the fumes. For <laughs> oh, the day. fair enough. Um, Makes work more enjoyable, maybe. <laughs> yeah. So I did I did that and and it dried and um I ended up my champion um i used my magnets rather than the discs because no, okay. he's on a bigger base um and i did one magnet and the issue i have with magnets is if you put more than one on they tend to attract to each other especially yeah. the ones i've got are quite powerful yeah so i did one waited the 24 hours then put the other one in and was like oh, cool actually they do stay apart which is this is obviously quite clearly strong stuff um and then what i would say is they're not like snap strong magnets yeah, yeah. like they're not like you drop them and it's like straight up to it however they stay on yeah, like yeah. It, it's enough it doesn't feel like i'm gonna rip them because what happened with my alpha legion stuff was models would come off of their bases yeah. that's how strong the magnets were um so I, I i think these are actually quite a good mix of of what they need of, of, of strength extra to hold on. they've got that fridge magnet strength and that's about it yeah and that's all you need because they're only small 28 mil yeah, no, it, it, it comes down to how often and how far you're traveling, right? Yeah. If you're trying to do a Gibraltar trip to like S&M battle reports, um, 
you might want something stronger because it's going to get on a plane. I think um, it depends on the model, right? These are really small. That's true. They yeah. are really small. They're not. They're like orc size. They're not mm. actually like Space Marines. I think on my my plan for my vehicles in this list is to drill holes in the wheels yeah. and put magnets into the holes of the wheels yeah, yeah, yeah. because that would make more sense yeah. and it will be stronger and they're heavier models. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas the, the the ten dudes are actually yeah. not that heavy. Um, so what I'll probably do is the the other units, which are more like bulkier models, will probably have normal magnets on. But I'm absolutely going to use the contact adhesive over yeah. over superglue. Yeah, like superglue doesn't have the yeah, staying power. Yeah, it just power. breaks the magnet, stays on the on the tray or the base. Yeah. The model oh, yeah. comes off the base. Yeah, or, yeah there's always a problem. As 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 the magnets come off of my alpha legion because all of my alpha legion are magnetized yeah. um are replacing with contact them, yeah. contact adhesive nice. um so i uh painted those where's the where's this list gone <laughs> sorry scrolling through there um, it is so i um slap chop went well good cover i think vehicles will be interesting i'm gonna have to airbrush the vehicles because yeah, i'm well, never we, gonna we looked get into that didn't you you found a guy who what was head for don't 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 paint it on. Oh, good. Okay. No, I God thought no. you were saying don't airbrush it. I was yeah. like, airbrush it. Yes, don't yeah. paint it on. Airbrush it on. But then uh, the thing you sent me, I think it was probably Instagram or something, was probably. a guy who then used regular paint to highlight the middle yeah, of the panels. Yeah. So you get a variation in the blue, but it also covers up any streaking or mm -hmm. weirdness yeah. from the speed paint. And they look yes. really, really good. Yeah. So that's a quick, easy fix as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So the vehicles will be good to try. Um, I'm going to use, because on my models, I've got um, mainly blue, but then some of the big panels, I've put black panels on just as a, to break it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think some of the, the the vehicle, I'll put some black panels on there just to break it all up. And there'll be a lot more of metal work and stuff. And I think what I was um, going to do is start looking at weathering powders to start adding in like concrete dust on the vehicles, yeah. um, some build up of snow around some of the, the wheel arches yeah. and stuff yeah. to kind of make it a bit more realistic. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, actually, I think I will go back and streak and grime everything. Yeah. Um, just to add a bit more. Yeah, well, the issue, I would say you want to streak and grime before they're on bases. Yeah. Your, your we are where we are. Yeah, I mean, you, you can clean it up. And I, again, you can streak and grime through an airbrush or yeah. you can paint it on. For the for I the ten man, I paint it on. So I painted it on all of my inventory and it's the way I would do it because you can control a bit easier actually yeah, yeah. how thick or thin you want it in certain areas mm. so in certain spaces i was like well that wouldn't get that dirty because it's like higher up or it's you know yeah, yeah. so i didn't stick it on that bit as deeply and yeah. just kind of thinly laid mm. it on um and i think as well airbrushing it they are on bases and yeah, I'm, you, I'm not taking on bases to. so i'm gonna have to paint it on yeah. oh, that's fine i've, I've done i've done yeah. i've All done I my time with because there it's enamel base you're gonna this separate brush you will screw a brush up if you oh yeah i've got um i've got some brushes that i used for my uh when i did when i did my zm yeah that was all enamel paint so cool um i've got those left over so i'm gonna do that that's kind of the next sort of thing i want to try with these um in terms of games so i think the the issue i found and i think neil you you're probably in the same boat are yep. troop and hq are not the same points as so your Troop oh, and HQ yeah, yeah, yeah. and Mark's Troop and HQ. I played Mark yeah, for my yeah, first yeah. game and Mark's Troop and HQ. Um, so there was no way I was going to win. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, 
put on, I took a few of his models off, which mm. was all I was aiming for. And I then mean, when I played Neil, was probably more aligned, and I just didn't have the power to remove the whole mm-hmm. unit, so his yeah. unit just kept coming just back. Kept coming back. I think I killed them strong. like twice. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Low, low point yeah. games are always skewed because one army will have more than another person, even at the same points level. You know, like you play a horde versus a marine army. Yeah, most of the time the horde kind of outpowers just due to numbers yeah and i think the votan rely a lot on their um special rules where you can you get so if a unit is killed you then get judgment tokens and judgment tokens depending on how many judgment tokens are on the unit that you're targeting depends if you get like uh plus one bs or plus one bs or to, to hit and wound so they rely on like multiple units to be around uh, and kind of like the game to progress to get better so i did i, I was able to do that against mark because i sacrificed my hq yeah against his unit uh, on his own one to stop the charge to allow me another shooting and two to to to, to try out judgment tokens um, and it meant actually I, I i killed a lot i killed a lot more i wounded a lot more because mm. i had those those um that, that buff which is quite good um i i think the game was really good i really enjoyed the small points that we played i think uh, we were talking before i'm only going to probably stay at small points for 40k um i'm really looking forward to more points than than like 125 points yeah, like one, one character <laughs> one hq it'd yeah. be quite nice um and i'm looking forward to use actually using stratagems properly rather than just kind of like the token throw in because reroll you can't, yeah you can't really do much <laughs> yeah. um i think i will need to get the cards yeah, um, yeah, yeah. i know neil you've printed yours out yeah. i think i will try i will buy the cards just because i think that will make it quicker for me to play yeah um, i mean at the moment anyway it's something that i, I want to think about and look at like i need to look at my thousand points work out how much of it's space wars how much of it's space marines yeah. yeah because if a bunch of it's space marines then it might be worth getting the cards but actually if it's like two units yeah, yeah, yeah. then at that point i'm like mm, what do i do here yeah, I don't have that problem. I'm going to play one faction, so... Yeah, technically I am. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> but sure. they like to uh, separate these things out nowadays. Well, uh, yeah. 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 I mean, they always... Well, games. so the thing was, is you used to have, you know, like, particularly with the Space Wolves... Oh, Blood Angels, you had your own codex with everything in yeah, it. Yeah, but well, with Space Wolves, though, you didn't have tactical squads because you had Grey Hunters. Oh, I see. So this is where it hurts me more because they still exist. Yeah. But so I don't have any of the Space Marine units in there at all. I mean, it must be weirder for something like Blood Angels because you'll have your death. But so that's not, but so all, they've, all they're doing now is basically, because they did it for Dark Angels, you have your Space Marines and then you get the extra book with all your special stuff. Yeah. Like kind of like how they did in um, last edition. The, yeah, the yeah it's, it's not oh, a new, yeah. it's not a new yeah, thing. Yeah. But yeah, it's just like oh. <laughs> and then there was a f- couple of flip flops in in when we used to play in eighth, where because he also had um, was it Descent of Angels, which was which was Dark Angels, Blood Angels, all in one book like ages ago. Oh, that was Angels. Like, of ages death. Was Angels years, of death. There we go. That was second edition. Yeah, 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 long way away. So they've kind of flip flop between different things. I kind of get it right because actually, it's a lot to produce a whole a whole other book. Like I know it's the same rules, same books and stuff, but then it's it's more to maintain, more pages, which adds cost. But, it, but it's just more to make. Like so, if you think about updating, right? If they go and update a tax squad, they have to update the tax squad in the Space Marines, Blood Angels, Dark Angels, Space yeah, yeah, Wolves, yeah. 
Imperial Fists, they used to have one. Like it's, it's, it's multiple places where they're all the same. So why not just have one book and then you buy a special extra book and then you just have to pay that tax on having a flavor, flavor Samami. Yeah. And or that's fine. don't pay the tax. Have the models, play pure Space Marines, yeah, buy yeah, one yeah, book. Yeah, and yeah I, I, I don't yeah. hate on them for doing it. It's just like a, I'm now at that point. And where the codex has obviously dropped now, yep. I can't access the index rules no, for Space Marines. Just need to buy the book then. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. which is, is fine. But it's just a, a suddenly like, oh, oh. That, it's pain in the ass, isn't it? I can still access my Space Wolf units, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I can't access my Space Marine ones without getting through the paywall. Which is a little bit of a shame, but I fully app, understand it. I, I guess you could... Because didn't they produce the, the PDFs originally anyway? I was going to say, I might be able to yeah. sort you out with that one. Yeah, the index, but then the index rules are now out of date rules. Yeah, but it's but it, it's, 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 it's both it's ways, isn't it? Out. You can't... you can't. It's finding out which ones are... Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, you, it's like what we always said. If we hated Ninth, we'd always just play continue playing Eighth. I mean, we didn't. We played Heresy, the infinitely better game <laughs> system. Um, yeah. But... It, it, if it's wrong, it's wrong. Just oh, play, play the rules yeah, and yeah, you buy the yeah, book, yeah. right? Yes, yeah. is what it is. No one's yeah. gonna, no one's gonna call you out yeah. on playing wrong. My, rules. my big thing is, I want to get to the thousand points and work out what I want, what I don't want, mm. etc. Because if I get to thousand points and go, actually, I just want a bunch of grey hunters and stuff. Yeah, yeah. then I only need a space wolf book. Yeah, yeah but yeah, I might yeah. go. Actually, I want a bunch of marine units because yeah, you know, but I you, get access to those. So but your your faction, your your force has loaded marine units anyway, so you're gonna need it. Like, well, it has two in it. Is it just two? Yeah. I thought it was more than that. No, well, I mean, the whole thousand points is only like six units. So, okay, okay, cool. Um, Neil? But yeah, um, so 10 man Necron squad of warriors and an overlord. Um, flipping gold. <laughs> How much was our gold? Not a lot, to be honest with you, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's mainly it's mainly the Overlord, isn't it's it? The, yeah. It's the gold itself. To be honest with you, though, Retributor Gold was okay. Yeah. To use. It covered well after two coats. Not did, a problem. Did you not put down Balfazar? No. What's the base coat? There's a base one. Yeah, Retributor Gold is base colour. No, so there used to be, like, and I, I'm only talking old money because I, I don't have any of the new golds. There used to be, like, a bronze you put down. And then you put yeah, down the gold I have, over is the top. Ba- is, Balth- is it Balthazar? Yeah, because I'm using that as bronze on my space horse. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it's only because the gold used to be so poor. To be fair, <laughs> retributed gold is pretty good. It, yeah. that it covers in two coats. I was like, ah, oh, this is not bad. Mm. Um, so yeah, I did all of that. I had a mess around with the um, Cryptek uh, gloss wash. The first model I put it on was like, oh, wow, this is really Cryptic. dark. I may have messed up here. What's Crypto Gloss? It's, it's, uh, it's a wash. Like a black? It's, no, it's, it's like a, a, a very, 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 very dark brown glossy wash. So it's, it's, it's not uh, known oil, yeah, but yeah. it's darker than Agrax. Oh. Did you buy the gloss one by mistake? No, no, no. This, just this, was, this was the one that came with the magazine. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, yeah. Right, this right, is right. all so the models paint. from the Imperium? Uh, yeah. Is it Imperium yeah. magazine? Yeah. So that, I had that. Um, so I then had to go, right, okay, how can I correct this? Oh, I'll try the, uh, the, the the Crypt Brass, whatever. I can't remember what it's called off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, and dry brush that over the top to sort of lighten it up again. And that seemed to work okay. Yeah, yeah. Tesseract gold, uh, Tesseract gold, Tesseract glow is cool, 
But it's really horrible to use. Yeah, I can't imagine it's... It's, it's not a nice... It's it's like... Uh, again, it's like a wash shade kind of consistency. It was it? it was one of the, the tester contrast paints. Okay. Because it came out before contrast turned up. And it was kind of like that. This is how we want contrast to work. Yeah. yeah. So the whole idea is... I put down um, white ink, the wicking technique of putting water down and putting white ink into that. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mm. I need to get more into white ink because the white I've got, it's not great. It's lovely. White ink. Uh, yeah. Do you know what? Through the airbrush, it's, oh, it's gorgeous as well. Yeah. I still have the issue with spattering with white. Well, you just have oh, to You have to sort of do very, very thin layers and just let, yeah, it, yeah. let it, and then you can adjust it and mix up between the grey and then back to the white yeah. and back to the okay. grey so you, you hide that splatter Did it, was it you that I shared that color, I shared that thing to you on Instagram with the glow maybe um, on Instagram. but yeah the, the, the using water to then wick the ink into the recesses was fantastic for the Necron um, Gauss blasters Gauss rifles yeah it looks really good um, yeah, I like it yeah have you looked at his models much so I know you played and then literally should go, go and grab a warrior. go and have a look you'll see the Tesseract glowing all the guns um, what else did I like oh yeah so I spoke to Simon and he suggested um, with the resurrection orb to paint it <laughs> don't start go to hell paint it uh, with a dark grey put the Tesseract glow over it yeah gloss varnish it oh, okay, then paint yeah, yeah. the next light grey and so on and so forth until you get to the point where you want to paint the wispy white lines to oh, then paint okay. over with the gl- the green yeah. and then gloss varnish it. So it adds that sort of like it's got depth, depth to, it. to it. It didn't quite work out how I panned it to on there so yeah. I want to have a bit more of a practice with it for the next one that's got a ball like got that on it. Got an orb in his hand. Um, but yeah, it, it it's good. Um, I'm happy with the way they've come out. Yeah, I actually really like them when you um, put them on the table certainly like I haven't looked you know examine them under um, a, mic- a magnifying glass I need to say microphone I <laughs> I really like the the black metal I think that's really good I like the dark like really dark um, how did you do that was it just that was I think uh, did I put non all over them as well I think I probably put non all over them as well yeah, 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 yeah. I just went to town so I, I, I lead belcher none oil dry rush lead belcher <laughs> Then like a, a uh, you very rune light bright rune fang light steel. dry brush of rune fang steel, like it's a really still, good metal. still works quite well. Yeah, Gun yeah. metal grey Vallejo air yeah, steel yeah. and silver. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I do still like. I think a decent silver is really really good. Um, did you not airbrush your the glow stuff? No. Wow. No, because well, why not? Because. It's too small it's so to do. so tiny, yeah. You you're you're a, an okay airbrusher. you like a 0.01. Mm, thank you. You could do that. No, it's just easier just it's, to go. It's a different kind of glow effect. You put it for an airbrush, you're doing kind of... It's glow. glowing and covering all yeah, of this, the this area is, this around is, whereas it. Whereas this is just... I wanted it on... It's a recess glow. Yeah. Okay. I think you could have done it. It would have looked really Possibly. good. Yeah, I'm not that worried about it, to be honest with you. <laughs> they're, um, they're, they're troop choices. Who gives a shit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's done. It's done. That's the main thing. That's the whole do, idea. Do you, are you happy with them? I'm not sure about the Scythe on the Overlord. Okay. Um, I actually thought the Scythe looked really good. I may, <laughs> I may re-look at that one yeah. later down the line. But for the time being, it's done. If yeah. you had more time, would you do it differently? 
I don't know, because then I'd probably get to the point where I'd run out of time. I, think, I think if he had more time, he wouldn't do it. He would do it. <laughs> That's the problem. Um, which is why I like these kind of challenges. So, yeah, it, it was like, you. get it done. Yeah, um, yeah. okay. Games-wise, uh, reanimation protocols are key to the Necrons. Does everything in Necrons get it? Most it, things. Most things. I'm guessing your vehicles don't. I don't know because I haven't got any vehicles in my list, so I don't really. Yeah, it's all, not? all inventory. Yeah. Wow. Don't really bother. We well, so, know the Walker things. I've got the, vehicles, the Crypt, are they, the crypt but... Tech Reanimator, which has probably got it on it, but well, I can't remember. It's in off the name. The like... <laughs> no, but it works to help reanimate the others, so it makes it better. Yeah, so it makes it easier. It's like a buff of, unit. Yeah, so instead of giving you D3 wounds back, it gives you D6 wounds back when he's within 12 or whatever. Which for you, the wounds are models. Yes. Because, you know. That's how it yeah, works. Yeah, unless it's Scorpec destroyers the uh, the spinny bladey. I'm going to be interesting oh, to yeah. know. It'd be interesting to know if it was D three wounds, and it only has one wound. You only get one back. Do you know what I mean? It's it's per unit, so it's right. basically it basically works that if they're one wound models, then however many wounds you roll that's how many models get back up. Mm. If they're multiple wound units, so yeah. the Scorpec destroyers uh, are two wounds each, I believe. Okay. So if you injure one and kill another one, mm. the the damaged one will get healed up to two wounds. Yeah. And then any remaining wounds will then go on to the next one to bring it back up. So it might so, get back up, but be wounded well, still. Yeah. So that's it's, quite cool. It's kind of better to just take lots of one wound models then uh, well yes and no because if you take one wound models they're more likely to just die and then you can't reanimate them once they're all gone but at the same yeah. time yeah. you need one still on, standing it all depends on the damage of the weapons yeah yeah so but yeah, do, you know, do you know what I mean though like in terms of like bodies yeah. Be, yeah, yeah yeah they can soak up would be way better than so if I had a 20 man yeah. squad you could soak up and you'd never take it off the yeah table. why are you not running 20 man squads <laughs> because I wanted two line squads to take objectives rather than one I may what I may do is if I actually enjoy these I'll have a squad of 20 gauss blasters and 20 gauss flayers sure they mean things to me basically one's the long ranged 24 inch range one's only 12 inch but double the power but uh, there's one strength four, one strength five, one has no AP, one has minus up one AP. Yeah, yeah. So minus one of, AP is scary. Because it would help, but it's the fact that it's only 12 inches, you have to get Oh, close. very close. Like, uh, but, <laughs> so close. So it's kind of like... Uh, and, uh, the only one that's that relentless march, though. They just march forward with a reanimator behind them and just yeah. get back up, and, get uh, back up, uh, get back up, bang. And again, 20 wounds. It's, yeah. it, I, know it, I know it's... We look at it as models, but it's 20 wounds. Yeah, yeah that's um, true. It's. I think the hardest thing, like think. Okay, output from bolt guns. Ten man squad of bolt guns. Yeah, that's ten shots at twenty four. Yeah, or in twelve, where you're getting your minuses, it's it's twenty shots. There's yeah. no way the entire squad will be killed. No, quite. Like, well, yeah, we'll unless you're it. really really crap at rolling, which I know you do struggle with, but yeah, I struggle rolling dice because you know they. they it's the old hands. Hand. It's they the, fall out of my hand and they just uh, display one. It's, it's weird. Time. Your hands just constantly like you're holding ketchup balls. I don't. I don't get it. It's. It's just cuts you like that. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, what else? I don't know. I was going to say something really profound then. Um, what about ketchup bottles? About ketchup it's bottles. Throwing him off. It's throwing me off completely. <laughs> is it? Is it throwing you off? Because I know what you do on a Friday night. 
You don't know what I do on a Friday night. No, I know. You paint these until one in the morning. Well, last thing about your models, though, you base them to match your... Well, base them um, to match the indoor table. Indoor table, yeah. Which so I, had I, a, noticed. I had a spare bag of um, the base-ready forest pine yeah. ground cover. So, yeah, basically... It's gig gaming scenics, right? Gaming scenics, yes. Yeah. Where is your indoor board? It's at home. Is it just out? It's in the living room. <laughs> I, I was going to say if I ever make another board that's in three pieces yeah. uh, I can then possibly have some hooks on the wall to mount it so I can hang it up yeah. on the wall you should, is it, the trees come off though don't the they the trees come off can you imagine just walking past it and just stabbing yourself in the yeah that board would slowly disintegrate yeah, yeah exactly um, yeah I think it would. I'd have to find a way to hang these ones with more robust yeah, but if I ever build other boards, well, yeah, you, we've I'll got an event coming up. You're gonna have to build a board. No, I don't have to build a board. Don't necessarily have to build a board. Need to build a board. No, now. I don't. I've got armies to paint. I can't be. I <laughs> you can't, can't be building boards. Can't be building boards. I can't and, procrastinate on a board for this. And painting. Yeah. And painting. You know, I can only procrastinate. That's only until April, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, you got time. You got time. You'll be fine. Um, do you? If you sorry on the boards because both of you did um, two by four board yeah. sections. If you could, would you change it to a two by two? No. No. You'd always have two by four. Joe, even though they're well, a pain in the ass to transport, like, pain in the ass here, to store. Here's the thing though. My two by fours don't match up perfectly. Nowhere near as nice as Neil's. <laughs> That's more due to skill, don't get me wrong. But having to do that six times rather than three times yeah, yeah. is not worth it. Yeah, it's, it's a really? And the, a two by two is still a big square. Like, yeah, it is easier to transport. But also you've got to remember that you can't just necessarily stack them no because you've modeled your terrain even into if, the even, board even if you haven't you just put your the bottom of your base is just obviously plain mdf you can yeah. put that on textured top yeah, yeah, yeah. so unless your way. sides of the two by two are higher than your terrain yeah, um, yeah. as in your your landscape yeah. sorry but then you can't play on it so it can't do that so it's really hard i think the four by twos makes it doable if yeah. anything you'd want it less like, if you were installing something, you'd just do it as a one six by four. Yeah. But because, because you uh, need to travel. I think, I think I'd think i be fine with a one six by four if the terrain wasn't into the board. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, then 100%. you at least can just Mix put up. stuff on top yeah. of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Which, why, which is which why, is why I would have done. Works yeah. so well. Oh, I just... Or Matt's um, Realm of Battle City yeah. thing that uh, he's going oh, yeah. uh, to sell me. Yeah. I mean... I'll buy it off you. I'd probably would sell it. Yeah, I'd buy it. Um, I probably would sell it. We're gonna need it for the event. Well, yeah, if you buy it, then that's fine. I've, I've remembered <laughs> what I was gonna say now. Oh yeah, ketchup bottles. So yeah. ketchup bottles. Um, special rules. Uh, lethal hits, devastating wounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. kind of thing. It needs to be remembered. And yeah. You need to have something that goes. This is this. This is this. Rather yeah, than yeah. going, uh, where is it on the the app? Because you then have to go. Is it in the core? No, it's not in the core rules. Is it hit? No, it's not mm. hit. No, actually having something printed out that says... I, I genuinely want a rule book. This. I want a rule book. Do they make one? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think they've got one. I should buy a rule book. But no. I just... The app, Is it a good rule book? I want to read good. it. The app's good. Don't get me wrong. The no app's idea. good and easy to use, but clicking and flicking, <laughs> I'd rather just use a book. Do you not just click yeah. and flick all the time? No. I think, I think if you... I think the app will come into its own when we know the edition because then you can just search for a rule. Yeah, well, at that point, I, if I know the edition, I know the rule. Yeah. It, it's, it's, I'll, have a, I'll have a printout of all the 
the army rules to say right this is we need, one of they, we need yeah. the Amiga yeah. Codex yeah. I wonder like, if someone's made one I'd love it I'd, I honestly that's helped my brain so much yeah I think like so I've done my cheat sheets for my iron hands yeah um, and it's pretty much done I've got a couple more units to finish I think and it has every rule that I need to know for the army like and I think I might try and do the same for 40k cool yeah yeah Right, we're derailing a little bit. Sorry, flick and let's, click once. Let's let's let's. Uh, Sorry, you were saying special rules. Special rules. Make a cheat sheet, print out. Lovely, happy yeah. days. Yeah, Shall yeah, yeah. we make a move on to uh, take a break segment and have a break before that? Okay. Do you want to paint some models? Come on, let's go and paint. They're always sitting on the shelf. They won't paint themselves. Do you want them to stay all grey? Hi, I'm Matt, and you may remember me from such things as pessimist or realist. You decide. Laziness, the hobby killer, and the burning of Hivani Prime. I'm here to tell you about the monthly hobby hangouts that we host online. These run usually the last Sunday of every month from 8pm UK time, where you'll be greeted by one of the podcast hosts. Every month is a blast with lots of chatter around the hobby as well as wider life in a friendly atmosphere. Some of us get a decent amount of hobby done, but by no means is that the must for these hangouts. We post updates and links to these events through our Facebook safe room and Discord channel, so jump on those to join in with other members of the Adeptus Terror community. We hope to see you there. Welcome back. This is the Oath of Moment, um, which is uh, fallen on on my month, uh, and I was struggling to come up with a concept. Did I you? Because no, there's a lot of detail in no, here no, no, for you no. to have been so struggling. I, I, will go through, I will go through the process. I was like, I was struggling on something for us to talk about. So I started kind of Googling like, you know, creative icebreakers and stuff like that that you might do on, you know, like a, a residential weekend or, you know, and one of these things was create your own movie. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that could be kind of a, a cool thing. Cool. So the, the open moment for this month is if you could have a 40K movie of any type yep. created, who would be the main characters? Can be new ones. Um, what's the main story? And what would the title of the movie be? So there's kind of three parameters. Uh. Um, and I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. Um, crap, I now need to come up with one. And what is what I will deliver, um, whether I go first or not, is um, literally from sitting at a computer going, uh, I don't really know. Oh, I could do that. And it all just kind of slowly just kept coming. And then yeah. I spent about an hour on it and then didn't plan to. So um, what you guys will hear is a fairly well thought out. I'm, I'm no movie director, so I'm sure there's lots of holes in it, but a thought out movie that I have come up with um, but it all just stemmed from I don't know what to talk about rather than this is something I've had planned for a long time. And there was me going to say it's just the ramblings of a madman. It basically is. It literally is. And I've just slowly edited it into something that kind of makes some sense. Cohesive. Um, so yes, yeah, so I'm happy to go first or if you guys want to jump in with any kind of uh, ideas. My or... idea was basically Alien but with Gene Steelers. Mm. So My, mine's similar to that actually. Mine's yeah. kind of similar to that. That's where it certainly started. Yeah. It's evolved into something else, but yeah, that's cool. I really, like, really, 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 really struggled with any kind of concept. Are you creative? 
I no, don't, not I'm in not this really. way. In this way, I'm not like, really. No, that's not. Sorry, that's that's might sound a bit harsher it than normal. It does sound very Just harsh. Are you but, creative at all? But 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 you're. I think, <laughs> like, it takes. So I really struggle with this kind of stuff as well hmm. because I, I'm not a creative in in, yeah. in this, this sense. Yeah. This is the one area that I do well in. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so like script writing and all that kind of stuff. Like that's why Matt does all of our impacts because the creative story driven stuff is what Matt does. Yeah. Exactly. Um. Whereas you're creative in some way painting painting some, <laughs> some way i was trying to think of the 3d modeling stuff you used to do that was creative. yeah all that stuff's great. yeah i do Quite really creative. want to get back into that yeah, if you want printers. i would love to have um some heads molded after my head um that i can have on all of my models <laughs> like i would paint heads yeah, if they were all my way head too pretentious no no no. but they'd all be alpha legion <laughs> so they'd all be the same yes we are alpha we are sam yeah, we are Sam Farius. Yeah. I don't know what my creative yeah, that's, outlet that's, is. That's, that's, that, is, that is a... I have never sculpted a head before in ZBrush. That would... You would look like the uh, the typical... Oh, I've used too much paint. This is the eBay special <laughs> paint job and the space L- Like... Um, what is it? Is it Chunk? No, not Chunk. What's from... Um, Lock. Lock. Lunk or whatever his name Clunk? is. Yeah. Lunk? Lunk. Is it Lunk? It's... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Carry on. We digress. Go on, Matt. Tell us your stories. Uh, yeah, well, so uh, out of this, I don't know what to talk about, um, came this monstrosity of potentially a really bad movie. Um, so I went kind of horror, thriller, idea of aliens. I think it lends itself suspense. well. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it feels yeah. quite grimdark yeah, yeah. Um, as well. Um, called The Defilement of Honor. Okay. The name came very, very late in the planning huh? it's yeah. based off of a um expansion to space hulk where there is a um ship i want to say it's a dark angel ship called honor of something mm-hmm. and so this is the defilement of that ship named honor so that's where the name comes from okay um the the uh, the premise of the movie is there's a detachment of pdf so not highly trained elite warriors uh, on a remote world of the Imperium and they are sent to destroy a space hulk that is hurtling towards the planet and its impact could kill millions. Um, what's the one, what's the giant asteroid that heads towards Earth? Is that Deep Impact? Or is you've that got Deep Impact Armageddon? and you've got Armageddon. Oh, yeah, kind of, that kind of idea, yeah. this thing's coming, we need a team to go up and plant bombs and destroy this thing. Okay. That's, that's the idea. Oh, I've just had a brilliant idea for uh, the uh, Votan models. Right. Thinking of um, uh, Armageddon, yep. the vehicles they drive on the asteroid oh, yeah. look very much like. They do look quite like um, Votan. Go on, vehicles. Google it for yourself Go so on. you can see. Um, so yeah, there's gene stealers that infest this Hulk, as many, and they await the unknowing humans. Um, will the and then this is just a bit of a joke, Hivani Secundus. <laughs> uh, PDF survive um, will any new heroes arise or or will another planet fall to the ever hungry and relentless Tyranid horde and that's kind of the the, the strap line of, of the movie and the kind of basic premise um, character wise I came up with three kind of notable characters who would kind of be the main protagonists um, three members of the PDF who are on the mission um as well as an unknown mastermind who remains in the shadows and revealed at the end 
So this guy, again, this this guy came in late because I suddenly went, I could do a trilogy. <laughs> I need a guy who's going to link all the trilogy together. It's going to be the bad guy. Um, but yeah, so there's three f- kind of, they become friends during the movie in the PDF. There's Neil Pearson, um, who uh, is a stern, solid tactician, um, keeps his distance from many, doesn't want to form many attachments, bit of, uh, you know, old grouch. Um, <laughs> Wow! <laughs> Just because it was my birthday Shot, recently. Shots fired. I know, right? There's, there's uh, Sammy Owens, uh, the good-looking one, who's a brave younger soldier yep. ready to take on the world, but a bit foolhardy and a bit of an idiot. Yeah, that's not untrue. That's not um, untrue, is it? And then there's Matthias Rosa. I, I swear, this guy's a fucking hero. I'm going mad. <laughs> uh, he's he's a guy who uh, has. Uh, there's been an incident prior to the movie and you'd learn that history throughout the movie that means that he's kind of lost his confidence in himself and he's kind of very down and um, kind of wants to just get lost in the shuffle, doesn't want to be highlighted as any anything. Did he have his wang cut off in a horrific accident? No, I haven't got the backstory. Have you not? No, wang. Definitely wang. Left, lost his um, wang. So this movie will see these three and others who are obviously the red shirts who will get murdered. Um come together to survive and try and blow up the Space Hulk with the ever-present threat of Xenos as they kind of discover these gene stealers a la alien kind of popping out events and murdering their colleagues and potentially themselves. There's no guarantee these three would make it all the way through. Um, uh, before it destroys a large percentage of the population of the planet on the surface. So it's a bit of a suicide mission, but if you can get home, get home kind of thing. Um uh, we discover in the in the final act of the movie, after seeing glimpses of him all the way through, uh, this mastermind who has steered the Hulk towards the planet, which is a dark arc mag- uh, arch magus of the Dark Mechanicum, who's looking to use the Hulk as a distraction to get onto the planet and steal vital constructs to use for his fail, foul, sorry, gain. Um, so the idea is he's he's steered the Space Hulk to crash on this planet. He plans to jetson in a in a pod. Um, just before the the impact so he can go and rob all the uh, um, important information that is apparently on this planet that people may may or may not know about kind of hidden mechanical treasures or heresies Um, and this is to kind of set up the sequel of the movie whether the uh, the space hulk crashes into the planet and he actually wins or not um, he'll get to the planet and it sets up this kind of Trilogy. So the idea is you've got Gene Steelers versus the PDF on the Defilement of Honor. Then the second one became becomes kind of evil robots as he reawakens a bunch of evil robots on the planet. And now it's Dark Mechanicus versus the PDF on the planet sending distress calls. You know, um, that's called the Decay of Dreams. Mm-hmm. I've just gone with all these Ds, you see. And then the third is some Space Marines rock up. And now we have full-on <laughs> Chaos versus Space Marines called the death of hope and that would be my end of my trilogy is that the is that where the the um oh it's the end of the trilogy i thought that would be like the next one starts no death of hope is the end death of hope all these days i think that they have to say the titles in all of the movies yeah yeah Yeah, yeah, i feel that's an important part of cinema He's like, man, this is just the death of our hope, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need, you need something like that. Isn't it? <laughs> um, so yeah, and then, and, then, and then I just started getting a bit silly towards the end and went, who would play these people? So I had uh, Christian Pale playing Neil Pearson. Of course. You wouldn't. Um, bit Why older would nowadays. Um, bit uh, older nowadays. <laughs> yeah, so um, 
And then I had Ty Simpkins as Sammy Owens. I don't know. So he is I mean, you the, picked somebody um, that. No, no, I'll go through. So he's done a bunch of things actually. He's he's a he's now an older like he's twenty one yeah. something like that. So he's he was the kid in Iron Man three. Yep. And he was the young brother in Jurassic World, the mm-hmm. first one. So kind of curly hair. Um, in Jurassic World, he was Littler, and then Iron Man oh, three. Oh yeah. And then yeah. he appears at the death, at the funeral of um, uh, Tony Stark in yeah. Endgame. Yeah. So. Who is he in Iron Man three? Like, He's the kid. I can't remember the kid's name. So when Tony uh, crash lands um, in the Iron Man suit in the snow and he goes into his... Oh, and he gives him the the suit. Keener, is it? Harley Keener or something? And he gives him that flash device for bullies and uh, all that jazz and they have quite good chemistry. But yeah, I I wanted a younger kind of spry actor. Yeah, he's Um, not bad. And then... um, he can play uh, me. Matthias Rosa play is me, yeah. uh, Ben Wishaw, yes. who's the uh, Q from Skyfall, the new the Bond films. Yeah. Um, he yeah. has done a few other things. Yeah, he's done well. some other things, but that's what he played. He, he, he played the uh, "This Is Gonna Hurt" actor, didn't he? Yes, that's him. Yeah, yeah that's and then very the, good. The the, uh, the Dark Magos, uh, recently biased, but like Lars Mikkelsen or maybe Mads Mikkelsen. I think they they're like, they're both really cool actors, and I think they'd be. I don't know who cool. would be more menacing, to be honest with you. I don't know. I just recently biased. I'd been watching Ahsoka and I mean, Lars, <laughs> Lars, and Lars I was like, that. he'd be quite a cool, calculating, cold, yeah. dark Magos. Um, so Blue Data. Yeah, Blue, Blue Data. Data. Yeah. That's who I'm speaking about. No, um, but it is. He no. honestly is. He no. looks. When he first turns out, that's what he said. <laughs> it no. honestly looks like Blue Data. No, um, Ahsoka was pretty poor. Like as a series, uh, I thought it was good. It, really, well, the I, better I, ones. I thought, you think? I thought it yeah. was a good season as a season, rather than like a here's six episodes that could be a movie. Yeah. It was okay. like, here's this episodic I, event that he's building towards something. See, my problem with, with it was Disney's TV series is that in, in most of them, nothing really feels like it's happening. Yeah. So like Loki, season two, I haven't watched the last one yet, but nothing really seems like it's happening. Okay. Uh, yeah. But stuff's happening, yeah, yeah, but yeah. nothing really seems like it's actually... The same for um, Boba Fett, like... Yeah. Yeah, the problem is was, it was like we've got using the, these series to build between films, and that's the problem. So, like this Ahsoka one has set up the Thrawn movie stuff that they're going to be doing, which will be cool. Like, which I think will be good movies, but um, well, hopefully, um, but that it feels like that's kind of what it was for, and as well as their second season, which yeah. hasn't been confirmed, it's happening. Really, it was well. Yeah. The idea was that hopefully this would generate enough buzz and get people going oh Star Wars is great again kind of thing and then um, which I think it has is one back a lot of people who certainly enjoy like the Clone Wars Rebels era yeah, yeah, yeah. they're yeah. going oh this is a cool story to follow and they yeah. Ahsoka is kind of a bit of a poster child for those people she was she um, was a good Ahsoka yeah, yeah, yeah she was yeah. a good Ahsoka yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah it was kind of and then obviously you had all the writer strikes and stuff yeah, yeah. so there's no guarantee that you're going to get a second series <laughs> Which, which I think so would be true. awful. <laughs> yeah. I think it needs one. But it felt like I was perfectly happy with that being a, a season one, as in like Game of Thrones season one. Mm. Yeah. Actually, if you look at season one of Game of Thrones, yeah, lots of shocking moments because that's what Game of Thrones is. But it wasn't like we had this vast, quick yeah. resolution I, of things. I just like the Marvel stuff at the moment for me from Disney, they just seem like they've gone, 
well we can make more money it's the it's the it's the it's the same yeah. reason that lots of lots of um companies have dropped the one-time purchase thing and moved over to the subscription system yes. right it's one-time boon versus like quick so you, you have the curve of high high revenue low return whereas a subscription system has obviously high revenue consistently so they're pumping out lots of things yeah. then they get that consistent high revenue whereas like so if you look at all of the tv series like she hulk meh, wasn't the worst wasn't the best um little Ms. Marvel. I Ms. Haven't Marvel. I haven't watched it. I actually really liked it. I actually did really like it. It feels like what they've done is basically jumped on the we need to make Marvel relevant again for younger audiences because yeah. the older audiences they've yeah, kind of yeah, had yeah. their that's, Marvel that's, now. That was what her character was designed for. In yeah, the yeah. It just it just feels like stop making series, make a bloody movie. Yeah, and make like, some good ones. Which which yeah. they've they've done. Uh, that's the thing. Make good ones, not. Yeah make movies make good movies yeah i mean yeah. you the thing is when you look at uh, i think some people particularly jump on marvel because their recent movies haven't been particularly up to scratch but you go back to the 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 wonder years of pre you know build up of thanos the there are a lot age. of bad movies yeah. like like they're not good movies uh, they're, they're enjoyable but they're not good like movies. volume three of gardens of the galaxy I really enjoyed it. I, I thought it was it very, well. very yeah. good. A lot of people say actually that's one of the best ones MCU yeah. has done in terms of a standalone movie. Thor: yeah. Love the Thunder, trash. Oh yeah, horrifically Awful. bad movie. Yeah. I don't know what that's he a, was a big in that pat, one, but that was a big pat on the back because number two did really well. Yeah, yeah. but it was crap. Yeah, <laughs> like, three, it's sorry, the it's three. the only movie I've Thor been three. to where I've generally gone. I'm gonna get up and walk out. It was. No, yeah, I'm not, it was, I can't I, watch this. I actually had to watch it in three parts. Really? I watched yeah. it at home, um, yeah, like, but yeah, I watched it and then stopped and was just like, I'll come back to this later. Yeah. It just wasn't very good. Mm. Anyway, whatever. We've definitely way got off of what we were talking well, about. Yeah, yeah, movies, movies. TV. I, I just, and, I, just one of the things, uh, inadvertently, I wasn't thinking about this when I came up with the subject, but obviously you've got the Henry Cavill stuff and the, there's clearly some form of... TV slash movie stuff coming for. I think I think it'll be a movie. I, I I don't know. I'm not sure, but it was just interesting. And and the thought was, hey, oh, let's actually, put this out to us three. Has it sold to Prime? Oh, is it Amazon? It sold I think to. It's Prime that have got it. Yeah, yeah it'll be a TV series then. It'll probably be a, uh, a limited series. Yeah, yeah like and if that does well, maybe a movie afterwards. Are, I has he have they said the have they said what he's going to do yet? No, no, no. no keep no, it very. So it's not tight. like he's coming in as an Inquisitor or a Space Marine. It's, it's very, very tight. I, I really hope he's not a Space Marine. Like I, th I think he'll be very one-dimensional as a Space Marine. I, I'd rather see him as like a. I'd, I'd either go script, bring him in as Gulliman. Really? You give uh, him a flipping well, Primark? No, yeah, yeah. I, I, well, I think he has to be a character. Yeah. yeah he's, you he's can't bring him in as a, a I'm captain he, of the he could be, company. Oh, he could be Ventress. A real Ventress. Or, yeah. I would have thought um, like Eisenhorn. Yeah. I, well, no. Nah, like no, a Natural not, Inquisitor he's, series. He's not old enough quit. to be Eisenhorn. Yeah. Well, uh, they can uh, fix uh, that. We can fix that. I think the issue, I think, is Inquisitor isn't going to grab mass. But Unless it's done very, very an well, inquisitor, yeah. that kind of TV series would appeal to non forty k people. Yes, yeah. yeah Whereas yeah, yeah. if you went into Gulliman, that's very, very niche, specific. Like, yeah. and and all right, forty k is quite wide, yeah, yeah. but it's not actually that wide. No, I've got the solution. You make him Ravenor, because then you can't see his face. 
<laughs> well, he has to go on his ability. No, no, they're paying no for his way. face. Yeah, they're, they're, no they're, 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 they're paying for his face. That's why like, I think <laughs> they'll do a space ring because they can do an armor armoring scene where he's got his six pack and all the girls. Can oh, watch. I just really, I, it <laughs> just, I that's it'll not going to be Witcher, but forty kified. Like. It just, my concern is a space marine is like maybe Death Watch, someone that where he can work on his own. Like maybe I just, it needs yeah. to be accessible to non 40k people. Yes, it does. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which, yeah, to be fair, yeah, maybe an Inquisitor. Well, it's a, it's a, it's a crime movie at that point. Yeah. Yeah, good way to the 40k yeah, universe. Go that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think you'd, you'd do well <gasps> doing something yeah, like that yeah, against yeah. Uh, a Xenos type thing yeah. rather than Chaos. Yeah, oh God, Chaos, again, Chaos is too dark. It's I think, too, I think it's Chaos will upset too many people. Yeah. That have issues with too many, that kind of too imagery. many white people. It's just that imagery of um, you know like things with horns and like you'll upset Middle America quite easily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, whereas you go, you know, you go Tyranids and you've basically got aliens. Haven't you? Like, I but think, then you'll have the whole thing. Oh, you tough aliens, blah blah. blah. Which I, would be a genuine concern. So then, Tau, they, they need could, to they need to go and punch some fish faces. Orcs, they, orcs. I think orcs, orcs would be, be great really for CGI. Well, yeah. Well, I also think you've got then fantasy lovers that yeah. might go oh orcs oh you know so yeah it'll be very interesting to see what they come up oh, with well. but that was a side thing of this so the idea was to throw this open to you guys but also to throw it open to those that are, are listening it'd be really cool to have a conversation either on the safe room or in our latest podcast channel um or latest episode channel on discord um and hit, see what things you've maybe had on the back burner in your mind or comes to light after we've talked about this nonsense be really interesting to see how many people want to make aliens 40k or if people got unique um standout ideas as well it'd just be a fun conversation so please join us in having that and hopefully you've enjoyed this oath of moment hearing my nonsense of a movie um that will be a trilogy <laughs> I better start writing the second one. Go get, <laughs> go get, go get that return income. Yeah, exactly. Well, right. no, we could I was also it. thinking, if this ever did go, yeah, you know Games Workshop aren't doing one movie. Yeah, they're going to do plenty. Yeah. <laughs> so I would um, just turn it into a, a little game. Yeah, that's true. Yes. Z- ZM mission with some uh, yes. guard. We'll get, some, ZM we'll get, we'll get, get a printed head of each Z- of us. We can each be our own character. ZM doesn't exist in 40K anymore, does it? I uh, know. I, no, I think there are rules for it. Really? Okay. Yeah. Cool. I don't know. But yeah. Anyway. There's an idea. Break. I, I think they've, li- they've yes. wrapped it into a certain game type right. that has different force orgs and stuff. Um, yeah. Okay. Anyway. Yeah, so that's that's the Oath of Moment. Hopefully you guys found that fun and I look forward to hearing your movie ideas, character ideas, casting ideas uh, in our chats on social media. Uh, We're going to take a quick break and come back with our Read the Siege segment. Surrender 104QT report the unreliable box communication due to warp interference. Rerouting to a secure method by order of the Adeptus Terra. You are now connected to the Adeptus Terra podcast Discord channel. Please deliver your box message now. Please relay communication through one of the many subject channels present on the Discord. Initiate engagement in Warhammer 40,000, the Horus Heresy, Hoppy Progress, the Coffee Guild and many others available. You can find our Discord link at our community safe room or request an invite via email on the Adeptus Terra podcast at gmail.com. 
Terminator 140 TNT transmission. Hello and welcome back. Uh, this is the Read the Siege uh, segment um, where we go through and uh, are making our slow, slow march to terror um, to finishing <laughs> the siege of terror. Um, we have hit a short story. Um, well, there's a technical term for it. Which, novella. Novella, there we go. Um, which is basically uh, a way of GW releasing books and then never supporting them post the first release. Um, <laughs> so it's a crap way of doing yeah. books. <laughs> which is selling Norway. Yeah, exactly. Which, which instantly made me want to hate this book. <laughs> like more than normal <laughs> um because gw shit at uh, that stuff so what's the book uh so the book is the fury of magnus um so the fury of magnus uh, of uh, i'll read you the back of the book which is of all the emperor's sons who fell to chaos it is perhaps magnus the red whose tale is the most tragic is it i mean well yeah sure uh, sanctioned because of his desire for knowledge chastised judged and shattered to his very elements there is much for the Crimson King to feel vengeful for, yet revenge is not the only thing that draws him to terror alongside the Warmaster's besieging armies. He seeks something, a fragment, the missing piece of himself that lies within the most impregnable path. He seeks something, a fragment of the missing piece of himself that lies within the most impregnable place on the planet. That's a hard thing to say, drunk. The inner sanctum of the Imperial Palace. As the greatest conflict of the ages reaches fever pitch, Magnus fights his own inner battles to be whole once more. You can make me whole again. <laughs> he must not only overcome the fiercest of defences, but also face the one being whom he loves and hates with equal fever. More than any other, his errant father, the Emperor of Mankind. Lightning flash, dun, lightning flash. Dun, dun. So, what do we feel? Uh, I thought it was a perfectly fine book. There was nothing that like was like, oh my god, this is amazing. But there was nothing that went, this is awful. Yeah, I yep. have some issues. Yep, that uh, we can talk about as well as some some I think good things in this book. Uh, are you okay? Do we need to have a talk? No, no, about the book. Okay. Not, not about any. No, we've got <laughs> not enough time to talk about all those issues. Um, but yeah, before I just jump into that stuff, uh, yeah, what what do you guys think? I think it was perfectly fine. It was it was okay, but yeah, I've got there are some certain things that I want to unpack mm -hmm. from it as sure, well. Sure, sure, sure. Um, like a fungus, it grew on me. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like I actually, it was, it was definitely okay? it was definitely a slow burn. <laughs> like I, I think yeah. halfway through, I was thinking eh. And yeah. By yeah, the end, yeah. I was like oh, okay. So the the thing I liked about it was it had all of the cool fighting scenes that a normal Siege of Terror book has, but without the boring parts, <laughs> like talking. There were some talking bits, like Space Wolves talking in a, in a weird... While getting showered down and rubbed by... It was, it was so a very, was very strange It's very strange thing. Oh, the Quite broom tickles. Yeah. Quite <laughs> comical. It made yeah. me laugh. It really did make me laugh, which it might have been in there to do, to be fair. Yeah. Because Graham McNeil wrote this book as well. We didn't say that. Okay, um, Graham McNeil wrote it. So I, I, I think, as a book, I didn't really want to like it because it's a novella and I think they're pointless. Um, actually, it, it made me sympathetic towards Magnus. Mm. It made me um, actually think yep your dad has really has really screwed this one mm. and also has just highlighted how much magnus just has daddy issues um yeah yeah like it's just it's pure pure you didn't love me enough and then yeah so but i think it, it kind of yeah. covered a lot of things so magnus um was told that actually horace was the one that turned the um, Lehman Russ to to annihilate yes, the planet. Yeah, yeah. And there were a lot of kind of character moments like that, which well, yeah. he didn't seem to care about, which was slightly uh, strange. 
he well I think yeah I think it was I think at that point he'd kind of gone well that in some ways that doesn't matter yeah, yeah, yeah. like where I am right now yeah because yeah. he's very clear that he's not really on Horace's side yeah until right at the end which we will again, again have, I'll, I've got a bit of a discussion that I want to make about that so but, characters um, let's start with characters it was a, a fun all-star cast of um, uh, the Sigilite um, we had obviously Magnus, we had Aramun, we had a couple of other random faceless boys from uh, the uh, Thousand Suns, and we had some Space Wolves. We had the the last, um, they called themselves the last, what's the, no, the Watchers? Yeah, la- last Watching yeah, Pack. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. during the heresy, um, Lehman Rust took upon himself to send out a no, squad no. of Space Marines. Malkador told Lehman yeah, sure. Rust to send a squad out of Space Wolves to every Primarch. Uh, so that they would watch the Primarch um, mm. in in case of heresy obviously massively failed in that sense yeah. because the thing was is most of them all pretty much well for the traitors they were just murdered before they were even traitors really yeah they <laughs> like, it was a bit like, like eh. i feel like they should have had like a like a signal like on our death send this signal automatically to yeah, say we've been yeah, killed yeah there's a really yeah. i mean there's a really cool bit in one of the heresy books i think it's unremembered empire where gulliman is like i could kill you all and yeah. the space was like, yeah, but you won't walk from the room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you will limp out of this room. Like we're not going to go easy. Like if we're not happy with what you're doing and we think that's against the emperor, yeah, yeah. we will fight you. And I think that was really cool. And they they are the perfect legion because they are the loyal dogs. You can call them lap dogs, whatever, but to the emperor. Yeah, so yeah. They have their mission parameters and they will stick to them. So I understand why it was them. Yeah. We also think a squad of space marines versus a legion. Like yeah, if yeah. the legion went, nah, fuck the emperor, what are the six space wolves doing? Like yeah, ten yeah. space wolves doing? It's, it was a bit odd, that yeah. whole idea. Yeah. But yeah. So we see those. Um, yeah. They're in here. We see um, uh, Vulcan. Uh, Vulcan lives. Yes. He, he's, he rocks up here as well. Oh, yeah. Comes in like a superhero. Yeah. yeah. Um, definitely <laughs> superhero landing one falls, or oh, twice. Yeah. Falls from the ceiling <laughs> yeah. somehow. You're like, well, how'd you get out there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, like, like, I'm darkness. Um, yeah. and <laughs> <laughs> I'm vengeance. Um, and then we had the emperor. Like, I think this is one of a few times that the emperor actually speaks as himself very and not directly, through other people. Yes. Very directly yeah. emperor. Um, yeah, that was cool. We had, who I'm sure is a very important female lead character Olivia. in this. Yeah, who Shereka. means something to some people, but basically was a bit strange that she, she came along on the trip. She had a... She was in... She was in the Molech book. Molech, a Vengeful yeah. Spirit, I think it was. Yes, we covered was, it. Yeah. We have covered it. She yeah. Was, she was yeah. Yeah. goes to try and stop... She was there to um, prevent somebody else from using the, the portal. Portal. Thing. The emperor oh, used Oh, and then she failed. And she failed. She yeah, failed yeah, okay. And Horace got through it. Cool. So she's fine, I guess. Makes sense. Um, and then any other characters of note that we care uh, to talk about? You had the uh, Salamanders. Oh yeah, you had Abajani. Oh yeah, they Abba were around. Abba uh, yes. Something like that. He's the main space uh, space wolf. I was going to say the, the Salamander. Yeah. No, he's the one who joins arm with uh, the Rune Priest. Or the craziness. Hmm. Um, so, off. quite a few characters, lots of space marines, yeah. lots of fighting, yeah, which is yeah. quite good. Um, the setting: we are on Terra. Um, yeah, yeah. We are uh, well in the the palace. Um, Magnus causes himself to be disguised, um, and uh, he's guys disguised, yeah, make him look like blood angels. Five blood angels, yeah, and then they wander through the palace. Um, and because Magnus isn't using 
So obviously we've got the wards on the palace to stop chaos from getting in. But Magnus makes a very clear point at, at the beginning of this book, because you know spoilers for later, that his powers that he's using um, aren't from the aren't they're chaos powers. They're his abilities. natural powers, yeah. which felt very much like the Space Wolf saying, "This isn't magic. This is our seasons of our planet channeled through us." Well, no, I think it's more. This is Emperor's nature. Yeah, so the Emperor's psychic might isn't drawn primarily. You can argue uh, from chaos. No. So it's that part of himself that he's using rather than yeah. any chaotic tendencies. Otherwise, he will be cast out, which is very important for the end of the book when yep. he uses that as an escape route, basically. Yep. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, like for me, this book, I, I felt very similar to you with The Sons of Selenor. I'm not particularly drawn to The Thousand Sons of Magnus. Yeah. So it was a bit like, it's interesting, but I don't care. I'm sure lots of people do, but I don't overly care. And I yeah. enjoyed having the salamanders and the wolves and the other characters who I yeah. care more about. Yeah, yeah. Like, It was yeah. really cool to kind of have them as part of it. Um, but I would say that it, this book does a really good job at focusing on Magnus, yeah. which is good because he's the title. Well, the, the, the plot of the book is Magnus is trying to put together his soul shards yeah. to become yeah. stronger and well, him, well, him full self. Split apart on Prospero by Russ. And, and it's, the, it's the journey of him basically realizing that he was always whole and <laughs> he was really his own person um but he wasn't and yes boy, yeah, yeah i mean I, I the thing i liked about it was that magnus his character i think went from one of the blandest don't really understand his motivation yep. primark to a very complicated character primark yeah and overstepped a lot of his brothers in my eyes of, of a, a good character yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, actually like has character. You kind of have Fulgrim and you're a bit like, yeah, kind of, like, whatever. Mm. And and lots like that. Whereas, for like, Magnus was like that for me before this book. Yeah. Of, okay, Prospero happens. Horace tells Rust to kill them all. Magnus is obviously upset about that. Now he's on Horace's side. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Whereas this was much more... Actually, he wasn't on Horace's side. He was siding with Horace because he was again, hated his father for sending the wolves to kill him. Daddy issues. But actually, he was going to try and overthrow Horace after this. Yeah, so... I thought that was really interesting with, with, and that made me like his character more. With, without kind of like... I don't want to spoil the end of this book and kind of give away we the will, whole we end. We probably but. will. <laughs> yeah. There's bits Are we happy we're about. doing that? I mean... Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's fine. Okay, cool. So, basically, Banganus ends up going to the throne room seeing his daddy on the throne daddy comes with yeah. um daddy's let him in as well yeah, he yeah, thought he yeah, found yeah. a break a breach but actually the emperor yeah. went no you can come through because yeah. this is our gambit showing showing that the emperor is all meddling and all powerful and, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and all manipulative very scary character really oh yeah they actually yeah. have not lent away from that and tried to make him feel a redeemable he just, hero he, he just he feels is, like a dick he's he like, has, he's just yeah, so yeah. manipulative you know yeah he's an all-powerful being almost all-powerful being yeah, yeah who can do whatever he wants i think you're just generally gonna end up being a dick i think you're like, probably yeah. probably your dick to anyone that isn't also an all-powerful being that can do whatever that's, you want that's what right? i'm saying right it's he's, like he's making he's making decisions that he feels in his, is the best for humanity which is for him um, yeah, of and, and to the outside world, he, he can't take into account the feelings of lesser yeah. people. Well, and like, the thing is, there's a, there's a I can't remember again what book it is, but the emperor's a bit like like the primarchs aren't his sons, yeah. unless he wants to use that imagery yeah, against yeah, yeah. them. Yeah, like my son, like when he talks to Magnus, yeah, you know, But actually, he has no 
paternal no. connection to them. Yep. Which is bizarre how they have such a heavy paternal father, father, him. father. And he's just like, yeah, you're a tool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how that happens, but anyway. So the Magnus's aim is to go back and get this last shard of his existence yeah, yeah. to yep. become whole. The best part of him. He then realizes after Malkador is um, turned into um, a burger and fried a little bit mm. too hard. Yeah, I won't um, talk about that part. But he, he is told that actually that doesn't exist. You don't need him to be that to, to be whole. You are whole. So he then gets a bit angry, fries Malkador, as you like, mm. um, which a perpetual, but kills him a little bit too hard um, and then actually murders him. Mm. Um, for yeah, now yeah. He, he dead dead at he this point he dead dead um, so Malkador not Malkador uh, Magnus then decides you know what I need to go kill my father because yeah. that's the next logical step after killing <laughs> yeah, yeah, the yeah. Sigilite is yeah. I need revenge he goes to the throne room um, through a kind of museum weird door yeah <laughs> a, a, a museum of old earth or something like that yeah, and, yeah. Yeah. and then the revelation and appears. he meets the revelation who is a emperor. who's the emperor in one of his forms yes um, basically to I don't know because he's omnipotent and he's fighting in the warp. In the he's on the throne. He's I mean, on the throne. They do a really good job with without spending it out. How powerful the emperor is. Yeah, this is all happening and he's still sitting on a throne. This is why I don't think they. The warp. This is why I don't think they could ever do a a, a, a model of him. Oh, I think they will just because they know it will sell when it's yeah, funny. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. But I, I agree with you. But like in in this stance, they've done a Horus ascended. Which ultimately Horace ascended went toe to toe with the Emperor. But you went toe to toe to the Emperor it doesn't make sense. After he got absolutely kicked in the dick. Like it's not Emperor at this stage, right? He loses the the um the warp battle. No, he leaves the throne. He leaves the throne and goes to fight Horace. Perfectly fine. Mm, okay, I thought it was anyway, whatever. Different book. We'll get there eventually. Yeah. Um so Magnus goes in kills revelation so kills the the first version of his father yeah, um and then the goes puppet. into the goes into the throne room emperor then sees it upon himself that i'm gonna come down and talk to my son i'm gonna leave the, th yeah. the thing and, well, and yeah. visibly looks pained and sweating while he's doing it because he's still trying to talk to yeah, yeah. talk to his son whilst yeah. also fighting in the warp because you know he's that powerful yeah, yeah. Crazy, um, crazy. he then offers magnus an ultimatum mm -hmm. he says come back to us son we never meant this. I almost almost sound like an apology, but it, not well, quite. They, they do basically say it was our fault. Yeah. Like it was our fault we sent them, but Horace twisted it. Yeah. yeah and yeah. you can stand alongside us again. Yeah. Yeah. We 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 forgive you, we'll bring you back in, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. I don't think he ever says we forgive you. But anyway, but in order to do that, you have to kill well, we will have to kill yeah. all of your sons. You're gonna lose your legion. You'll get a yeah. new legion. And yeah. You'll be the head of my new crusade, almost going You'll be the war master. Yeah, 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 you'll be you'll be in charge of a, a better legion of marines. Yeah, that won't have the flesh change. That won't have and, this. You know, yeah, I wonder who that could be. They're, they're basically unsavable. It could be the Grey Knights. So the Thousand Sons are, are 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 said to be unsavable at this point. Yeah, a couple of months they're going to all change. It's going to all be bad. We need to kill them now. He then loses his shit, understandably. Um, and he's a better father than his father. Yeah, uh, loses shit understandably and goes to kill the emperor. Vulcan superhero lands and. Thus no, that's, that's already happened yeah. oh sorry Vulcan's Vulcan. standing next to him at this point but they, they engage in another combat yeah that's longer and more gnarly yeah um, then skipping some other things Space Wars turn up Vulcan's sons turn up Thousand Sons turn up yeah, that's all mixed in and they're all doing timey one very crazy so one of the things I have about this book is a lot is happening yep. which isn't a bad thing 
but there are moments of well, what the hell what what placing uh, stuff hang on. like I swear the space horse are going up the steps to the golden throne for like 20 minutes like, uh, well they come in and they're fighting with Araman and the other uh, two sorcerers and stuff and you have all that crazy stuff and that kind of ends without ending yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that fight's still kind of happening while Magnus is up the steps and having and the salamanders rock up so you're thinking okay well maybe that fight has finished but we don't get any confirmation of that well no, no. the fight the fight finishes because you've got you have the salamanders and bjarki bodvar disengaging from the thousand sons yeah okay so, so that's why they beat they they, they you have them ascending the steps and it's they get up the steps not as quickly as they would do normally yeah, because the, the emperor's aura is just so <laughs> powerful <laughs> and it's 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 such a, a plot crutch isn't it yes, it's like oh they can't walk up the steps yeah. it's the powerful yeah, emperor but, but so, that's, so much kind of jumping around happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you are left a bit perplexed on also it's very psycho heavy and psycho yeah. ability yeah, 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 yeah. so there's things happening that you're a bit like i don't quite understand how that happened but yeah. sure yeah. like when they were disguised as the five blood angels yeah. until they spelt that out i thought how are they walking around yeah inside? yeah 100 percent. and they're like oh and and all the refugees or whatever that are gathered there are all like why are there blood angels here and i'm yeah. like hang on blood angels oh they're disguised as blood angels yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it, it it doesn't baby feed you which i like yeah but there are times where you're like i don't really understand what is going on yeah so you had the whole uh, it was going to be one of my favorite moments but I, I did change it to that all that throne room stuff yeah but um when uh Biarchi and uh Adajani, the salamander and space wolf room priest kind of like hold hands and the wolf and the the world wolf and the dragon and just crazy crazy stuff and yep. it was it was cool to listen to yeah um but at the same time, I had no idea what the hell was, what was going, going on. on. <laughs> yeah. I had no idea. Um, so yeah, so I, it wasn't necessarily a bad thing about the book, yeah. but it was a thing that I think you'd consider if you haven't read it. You'd be like, yeah. well, actually, am I going to struggle with that or not? I don't know. Right, coming into land, Magnus. Yeah, we're doing that. We're, we're, we're helicoptering in. Magnus then goes full uh, horny nipples and uh, gets ejected from the palace. Um, because of because he's starting to use ruinous powers, yeah. um, consciously, unconsciously, good way fine. Of getting out of there. Yeah, good way of getting out of there. It's like an instant he was teleportation. About to get murdered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it then leads to Magnus because of the the, the daddy fight, because of the um, the kill your own. We're going to kill yeah, your legion. Offer, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he then goes full full Horus side. Yeah, I, I'm side with of you the end, yeah. which I think is really interesting. Before we jump on, because I know Neil's got a few things he wants to talk about. Um, Earlier in the book, Magnus is talking to Araman and says, basically, whether the Emperor or Horus wins, I'm going to overthrow whoever. Yeah. Because actually, I'm the best person to be. Yeah, this. which is Which I thought was really interesting and cool for his character, right? I wonder if that was still his plot, even though he said, yeah, I'm with you to the end. Well, the so, end could be his Horus's end, right? That's exactly. what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. How does or Hor whether he had given up after his encounter with the Emperor and gone, do you know what? I don't want to lead any of this crap. Yeah, and he was going do you know what Horace can have it and I'm just going to do my own thing Yeah, well, like, when we don't obviously know that and I was saying because he doesn't take that opportunity when Horace is obliterated and the Emperor basically has to go on the Golden Throne and yeah. everything that we kind of know is coming yeah. in some way or another but then you think actually more loyalist legions are turning up he wouldn't have had the strength to so no. he would have had to go, go yeah. run off and it could still be his plan today in the 41st millennium. <laughs> so um, I think there's a few things we wanted to talk about. We want to talk about Malkador being turned to a burger. 
Yes, yep. and what happens after that? I think that's a good thing to talk. Okay, about. so um, Neil, you you have strong opinions right. about Macador being being charred. Okay, so obviously we've been introduced to quite a few perpetuals over the mm. course of the the Horus Heresy. So you've got uh, Olenaeus. We don't need to know Pearson, all their names. <laughs> Grammaticus, <laughs> Olivia Sereca, the Malcador, the Malcador, the Sigillite, mm. the Emperor, yeah, Vulcan. There's more. There's all, there, are there, more. Are more, yeah. there are more. They're in the um, fishbowl meeting. Which, yeah. <laughs> um, so, the likes of, I know Grammaticus is an artificial perpetual, but mm. there are some that seem to stay at a, an average age. I love that this is your problem with, this, with, yeah, with, yeah, with yeah, the idea of perpetuals. Yeah. I have an answer to it as well. I have an answer to it too. Whereas Malkador appears aged mm. i don't know whether this is down to i am going to put on this psychic mm. face or what happens when he's um subjected to a pariah he looks haggard and withered and maybe drawn so he has aged do you know gandalf no not personally <laughs> do you, no no this is going somewhere do you know gandalf you know when gandalf gets offered the the ring yeah and he gets a little bit cray cray yeah, yeah, like you right. see his true Good self, very, very white, bright, yeah. bright light. That's how I imagine the Sigil Okay. Like normal time, I'm this old old man because this helps me get what I want. And then when he needs to be, like there's a couple mm. of moments, like when he fights Magnus, because he does fight Magnus. It's not just a, a rat around the throat, you're dead. Like he, he's definitely a young, sprightly man at that point. Like, mm. I think, I I think demigod, no, he's still a human. I think the perpetuals similar in a weird way to like the Primarchs they have their own kind of specialism and the thing they're good at uh, seems to be the case anyway whether that's just over a long time of grafting and mm. learning a skill or whether that's naturally don't know Sigilite is an incredibly powerful psyker I wonder if that is his perpetual nature and actually his flesh bag is more like a standard humans um where because it is outside of his psychic nature yeah it still ages and stuff and i do think it is a bit of an act and he kind of puts things on and and obviously the set you know all these things combined like the pariah and um but yeah i, f I feel like almost like his true nature isn't actually very physical which is why he's such a strong psycho mm, could be because he's basically other than Magnus and, and the Emperor, there is no stronger Psyche than Magdor. And I just think, but he's, he, even if he's a perpetual human, he's still a human. Yeah. And, uh, and I think that's where I think his perpetual nature almost resides in his psychic nature yeah. rather than his physical. The, the, the only issue I had with, Mag, with Magdor dying was when he died, I was like, well, he's not dead, is he? No, there this is, is my that. big issue. Like, this it, is my big issue because we know that he, well, we know unless they decide to do a massive retcon. Hopefully he dies on the golden throne yeah. holding back the warp yeah. because the emperor needs to go and fight Horus. Yeah. So, so we know he gets there. So I was like, okay, but was that a vision or was that a fake Malkador or, or he's just going to, is Malkador back. even real? Is it the emperor, but just in human form? Yeah. Like I, it was a little bit token esque. I felt like it was, it was, Yeah. There's, there's, and there's he's, that, a, he's a perpetual, so that, he's going to come back. There's that whole thing about Olivia. Mm. It's very like, strange because I know they they, they talk about uh, the, this deal that they agree to. 
yeah before yes. Magnus yeah, turns yeah. up he's, he's been trying to get her to come and she's been saying no and then her family are obviously in this refugee camp yeah. there's fever everyone's dying around them and she's like fine fine you look after it, my adopted family yeah so so that's it perpetual though could you ever actually have a family because you you just see so many people die like so um there's a yeah. movie um what the flip's that movie called it's got uh ryan reynolds hot wife in it okay um and she plays this lady that can never die she, she just she's she's like a perpetual effectively mm. and she just takes on new identities every few years moves around a lot that kind of thing and she she makes a point in that saying you can't ever form relationships because mm. you're you're just seeing people die all the time like all right 20 years is different for yeah. me versus someone that lives right. for eternity right yeah. so there's also the plot of Hancock yeah 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 very true yeah, yeah, yeah Will yeah. Smith's a superhero yeah like <laughs> could you if you were a perpetual sh could you should you ever take on a family because mm. you're gonna see them die and then I, I think it probably being a uh, being that doesn't die there's probably moments where you selfishly do take on connection because you need it and other times where yeah. you distance yourself because you don't want to hurt people. If you could be a perpetual, uh, would you? God, no. I don't, don't think so. I, I don't particularly... What's the right word in? Um, death is not particularly something I'm like, oh, yeah, it's fine. I'm, I, it scares me a bit. You know? Yeah, does it? But yeah. a little bit. Like, um, But then... Think living forever, like like you say, you just see everyone you know yeah. die, you would, and you're just you, left. Like the one who remains is a bit more of a a curse than a a blessing. And is what it feels like. He who remains. It, what's that? You wouldn't. That's uh, MCU. That's Kang. The, oh yeah, that's there we the, go. Uh, Loki season <laughs> yeah. one. That's his title. He gives himself. Yeah. You and then your choices you make in that life wouldn't really matter at all, would it? Yeah. If well, that's the thing, and you start seeing people as less than you, yeah. Whether well, you wanted to, anyway, well, that, yeah, but that's well, my point. That's and, that, and that's, and that's <laughs> going back to the emperor, yeah. You yeah. can see how you just, you know, you just blow it to a larger, larger scale. Like yeah. humans, although he has obviously an affinity to them, like they're ants to him, really. So you, you can kind of see, you see why you are just a bit like, well, I need, I need to get A to B because this will be better for me, but also this race that I've chosen to yeah, kind yeah. of adopt as my own. Well, um, well, he made his own sons so that he would have people to be with. And then those sons turned on him. Kind of. He, he built them so that he could conquer the universe. Yeah, yeah. yeah but <laughs> but it, I think it's, it's, it's having people that will live for a longer time than the yeah. humans around you, right? He could yeah, conquer well, the universe with humans. But he had the perpetuals. But, 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 again, but I thought own. they all kind of hated him. Well, the, yeah, do, because yeah. he's a dick. That's <laughs> yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, because, yeah. he's, because yeah. he's the yeah. most powerful perpetual. Only the only one. Yeah. But that's the thing. He's a perpetual. So, why has he not come back yet? Because he's all his life force is holding back the warp on the Golden Throne. So, yeah, you, I, I honestly think if you unplugged him from the Golden Throne, he would regenerate. Yeah, and probably. come back. But that's, that's the whole be... of the universe is fucked. The whole universe is fucked anyway. The, the tears open. Yeah, I know. But and I, I, part of me wonders. Like, what's he even holding back anymore? Like, well, that little he, he's got his finger on a pinhole when there's a, a gash in the in in the pipe. The over whole there. way across yeah. the universe like, is a bit of a problem. Narratively, if you go through the kind of what is this is why he's this been is there why. for ten thousand years. Maybe he now can't come back. Similar to a Malkador who's charred to nothing. Maybe he couldn't come back maybe without that connection with Olivia deal, whatever that thing yeah. was. 
maybe it's because Malkador died ex- expelling his entire life force in order mm. to hold back the gate yeah right maybe he doesn't have any life force left now yeah. because that's how he died the emperor is dead like yeah. and doesn't have any life force left to come back like he's oh that's scary because you must have watched the same thing i watched recently then <laughs> well i know uh it was this thing about uh the uh legion of the damned oh okay interesting no i didn't yeah, i'll tell you about that one okay later. but but i think that's it like i think yeah. that's probably why he hasn't come back and why like we kind of and 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 to be fair as well games workshop are 100 percent side skirting history with what they're currently doing in 40k mm. bring them back primarchs like they are kind of going well that happened we'll move on now like i i think they're kind of not bringing the emperor back because they don't want him to be in the in the game yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. oh 100 so 100 but you do have this slight issue of him if he could come back you'd with that rip across the universe you'd come back because what you're holding back on terror means it's nothing pointless. yeah right you we've know. talked about Malkador. yes yeah i think i think it's it's unknown of you know basically olivia dies and she gives her life force comes back gives her yeah Malkador's life force goes back and she dies dies yeah and it's a bit like does permadeath did she sacrificially go I'm going to give my life force to Malkador because of this deal or because she loves him in a weird way or don't know or does the Sigilite just her being close to the Sigilite the Sigilite's like I'll steal this because I need to come back I need to regenerate my body you know, so yeah. I'm just going to steal her yeah. life force. Like, it's, it, you don't, you don't really know. Because they talk about him having this deep wound afterwards, didn't they? Because yeah. they see him again after he's back and some space marines are like, like oh, he, he comes it's across different. not the same. Yeah, yeah, something's different. Well, I think it's probably because I wonder Malkador, and, Malkador and Magnus were really good friends, right? That's yeah, Malkador I, showed I, Magnus. I think it was guilt for killing Olivia. Olivia yeah. I Do you think? Though, I even think though he stole her life force. She saw his body and sat next to it and was sad and then remembered this weird story and then she just while she's reading it she starts feeling like she ages her eyes go blurry and then she basically collapses and dies and Malkador's body regenerates okay you're a bit like did he just steal that like it was very strange ah. or, or was that the deal that we just no, didn't know really and she, she that, see that seems strange that they didn't kind of cover that but then yeah. why would they it might be yeah, 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 yeah. It maybe, maybe, maybe it's in the future books yeah maybe, maybe we'll find there. out but right. yeah that was interesting so we've done yeah. perpetuals we talked about Malkador we've, 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 yeah, I think we've, it's just really kind of character and yeah. moment I really like Magnus in this book I thought yeah. it, this book gave Magnus more depth also I quite liked that I think the game 30k has made thousand sons better than they are in the in these books like okay so i i think the the way that the psychic phase works and the powers that they get make them better than they are when they fight like space wolves if you had like three space wolves versus a psyker in in the game the psyker psyker powers are so powerful it it depends on if you've got another psyker or not space space wolf psychers are quite powerful (laughs) but but i I, what i what i mean is I think the game has made the psychic yeah, phase too good and it may, has made the Thousand Suns better than what they actually are in, in, in this book. Like, I, I, I don't think I would fear this, this Thousand Suns more. Like, when Ben played his Thousand Suns, 
I don't know, you, you must have played yeah, against yeah, 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 yeah. They are really powerful to play against. And unless you have something anti-Psycho... I would say you are talking about previous edition of the Heresy. I haven't played any in 2.0. very true. I, I don't um, think I have. So you've got to be a bit careful with the sweeping so statement. But, in, in the, and also, the biggest problem was Magnus. And Magnus in this book is unbelievably powerful. Yeah, yeah. but he doesn't... He's in that same fight that they're in, and they don't well, like... He's fighting the Emperor and Vulcan. Yeah, all right, but... And, and but it's not it's winning. not it's not just this book though it's not just this book yeah, yeah, yeah. like the space wolves wiped out tiska is tiska isn't it yeah well that's the capital city on prospero yeah. so the space wolves along with null maidens and stuff like that wiped out the planet and custodies <laughs> yeah yeah but i, I definitely yeah, yeah, think yeah. in this edition with yeah. thousand tons are are way better in the game the mm. only the, i think the only time where the game makes them better than the the law mm. like i think the law makes a lot of space marines really great and actually in the game, it's a bit like... So like Blood Angel in this edition, aren't that great? Not really. They're very one-dimensional. Um, but anyway, moving on. Um, Magnus, great. Really loved him. More depth. Didn't hate him as much as I normally do. Which is yeah, quite nice. I agree with you on that one. It's, it seemed to have a whole sort of host and range of emotions yeah. going from the uh, I want to rule to, oh, I regret this to... Yeah, he was, he was sad that he basically... Re- caused the golden throne thing and yeah. ripped to this warp portal on terror i actually I felt was sympathetic for quite him cool too. yeah, yeah like, they did a really good job making him which i think is why they describe the thousand sons and magnus as a tragedy yeah because yeah, ultimately yeah. the wolves go there to discipline them for what they've done whereas actually if the emperor just went magnus come home i need to show you what you did he yeah. wouldn't have fallen and yeah. then you'd have a whole thousand sons legion on terror defending you against Horus yeah. you'd probably win that fight like yeah. um, so they really cocked up which I think I think the emperor knows which is why yeah. the emperor's which is why offering. he gave the chance I, I don't yeah. get the whole murder your legion thing well it's because they're all, yeah, they're tainted, all tainted by tainted. chaos because yeah. remember this yeah. is after Prospero so they've been teleported away Bunch of so, them. Well, no, of, the, the, yeah. the flesh change affected them before Prospero. Oh, yes, it did. Yeah, yeah. And he made a deal with Zinch yeah. to stop it. To, uh, okay, to there you go. Back. There you go. Or, yes, hold yeah. it back. So really then, if they were being influenced by Zinch, should they ever have been allowed to get into the palace? Um, well, because they're not actively using the powers, but passively they are because they're not being changed. Well, it comes down to what how that effect works. Because basically the, yeah. the, the flesh change is a bit of a grey area, but from my understanding, I it's mean, a bit of Zinch going, fuck it, haha. Yeah, so yeah. if he just chooses not to, they're not affected, rather yeah. than them having a genetic issue that he's okay. psychically holding I, back. I mean, I guess there's quite a lot of stuff like it's, the yeah. Wolven in, in, yeah, in Space Wolves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't it. think the, too the, much the, about this yeah. stuff. It's just cool. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, Favourite character, Neil? Uh, I said Magnus. Matt, for me, it, it has to. I wouldn't necessarily say favorite character. Well, that's the question. <laughs> well, my point is having direct emperor. That was, was pretty awesome. sick. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I have to pick the emperor, but I wouldn't necessarily go, oh, he's my favorite. You know okay. what I mean? But it was amazing to have the emperor directly communicating. Had, you know, you had the revelation, you had him speaking and, and manipulating the whole situation yeah. and him being very true to his character, they could have easily leaned and made him more sympathetic or likable, and they just didn't. And I think that was really, really good and consistent with what we've heard about the Emperor so far throughout all the books. Um, So yeah, I'd have to go Emperor. And I think that's one of my main reasons why I would say read this book. Yeah. yeah. 
other than other than like if you're not bothered by the thousand suns and particularly magnus actually this book doesn't offer that much yeah other than getting to know a primarch a bit deeper but the emperor stuff is really really interesting and intriguing and was enough for me to go oh i'm glad i read this yeah okay ratings uh do you not want to do favorite moment we kind of talked about that yeah i think we're all right there's lots of kind of crazy stuff um psycho crazy battles stuff okay if you could do your one if you could do your favorite moment in, in a one-liner because you're throwing an exploding titan against the walls and, and then explodes. unfreezing it stopping the the uh phosphex bombs from hitting all the people uh, all the refugees which was a really characterful interesting yeah. yeah 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 um yeah i mean for me it was the uh biaki um honestly every time i, said that, I can't hear, i can't stop hearing bikaki yeah, yeah. It's, it's a very but, um, <laughs> the uh, yeah the, the space wolf rune priest slapping about the thousand suns yeah, yeah, yeah. was was really fun for me but that's that's a it's because you're uh, a space wolf yeah yeah cool um, ratings Neil uh, I'm going go for a six on strength um, and an AP six on this one so just to remind everyone the higher the strength the more you enjoyed the yes. book and the lower the AP the more you believe this book is uh, people should read it yeah yeah, so no, I unless wrong then. unless something happens lower down further down the line with this, I don't think this book really ma- you could get away with not reading this one. I reckon. Yeah, uh, I, I think it's yeah. it's quite interesting. It's it, if if you care about Thousand Suns, then yeah, and if you care about how the Thousand Suns actually joined in with the 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 Siege of Terror, then I think it is quite important. Again, another caveat on this. I am missing knowledge from certain Horace yeah, Heresy yeah, yeah. books. So yeah, yeah. it could be there's something here that relates to something else that I don't uh, yeah, know. Yeah, 100%, 100%. But that's yeah. what I'm going for. It was an okay book, mm. enjoyable enough. But I, uh, with my current amount of knowledge, I don't think it's super important that you read this mm. one. Yep. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. So I went for Strength 6 as well. It, I originally had uh, Strength 5, AP 5, mm-hmm. and I've slightly tweaked them. I went up in enjoyment by the end of the book because yeah, yeah. the end part, I think, is really important for the the enjoyment of the book and Magnus and the Emperor and Vulcan, and that was really cool. Yeah. Um, so that bumped it up to a 6. And then I've gone AP 4 for the simple fact that I think if you are a Thousand Suns player, if you want to know the character-driven things of Magnus and why things went the way they did after Prospero then I think it's quite important read. Yeah. But if you're not that, then yeah, you could put it aside and it doesn't affect your wider image of the Siege of Terror, particularly because Malkador dies but doesn't die. The Emperor's still in the throne room. Their traitors don't get a, a way in. Magnus comes in for this one time only and they kind of make that quite clear. And so it's all a bit like, it's good for, it's important for the characters of the story, but not important for the Siege Yep. as a whole picture broader i guess yeah. so i may i put ap4 could maybe be five but ap4 yeah um i agree with six i think it's it's a it's a decent book once i got into it i think it was actually it did better. take a while like right at the beginning i was like man this sucks so much like I'm, I'm, I, I had to restart it from an hour in because i just didn't listen to the first hour because yeah, it was yeah. that crap i'm amazed we've all gone with the same strength on yeah, this one yes, yeah, it's, yeah. it's wow. a very uni- unified ap enjoyment. um i'd go for a nine Okay. <laughs> um, so that'd be that, AP dash six and then you can't roll higher than a six on a dice I'd say AP yeah AP, AP nine only because if GW really thought this was an important book they make it more fucking available for people to read <laughs> um, I think Fair it's imp- I think it's important for what you've all said 
if you care about Magnus, if you care about Thousand Sons, yeah, absolutely. But I mean, the only thing this sets up is that Malkador has a boo-boo. That's really the only thing. And I can't imagine this has a particularly good psychological effect on the Emperor and how he feels that oh, his son's I, I, left him. I don't think he cares. Yeah, uh, he, he must care a little bit because he, he was trying, he to, get him on, he was no, trying to get him on side. Well, yeah, because he would be a powerful ally to defeat Horus and, yeah. then, and so, then reconquer the so universe. Then he would, then he would care he, that he didn't get him. Like, he'll be annoyed. He'll be frustrated. Yeah. I don't think he's going to be sad about it. Uh, and then also, I think it was, quite, it was a little bit important because obviously this is the first, but the Vulcan's properly back. And actually, mm. you hear his awful uh, portrayal character. Oh, don't. He's, he's not very no, good. I'm not going to go there. But anyway, right. Take an advert break, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about the living saint. He's the living saint, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. the living saint. I know my stuff, yes. apparently. Sisters of Silence is great. Roger not Moore. Sisters of Silence. <laughs> you know, whatever. It's Roger the same Moore. thing. Hi, I'm Neil, and you may remember me from such things as, Who's Neil? My dog ate my hobby project, and fish or friend. I'm here to tell you about our Element Games affiliate program. So as you may know, running the podcast does incur some costs. Hosting and equipment are just two examples of this. To help with these running costs, we have signed up to the Element Games Wargaming Web Store affiliation program. This is where Element Games provide us with unique links to their web store and if you use our links, then we get a percentage of what you spend, big or small, to help run and improve the podcast. The links take you to the Element Games homepage or straight to the 40k products category. Simply shop from there. You can find these links in our featured posts on the Facebook Community Safe Room, on our Discord channel, and on our Instagram. Thanks for your help and support. Welcome back. This is the spotlight, and uh, we are doing, as Sam said, the living saint, Saint Celestine, of the Sisters of Battle or the Adepta Sororitas. Um, now she's referred to as the living saint uh, of the Order of the Martyred Lady, which kind of makes sense. Is she the Martyred Lady? I would assume so. Okay. I don't know enough about the Order of the Martyred Lady of where they got their name from, if I'm being well, honest. Well, there we go. That's the second idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she is a being of incredible psychic power and faith, believed by many in the Imperium of Man to have been resurrected from death many times as a tool of the Emperor of Mankind. So she's a perpetual. Oh, very possible. Do you, do you, is this, this isn't the lady. No, she died. She very dead, didn't she? Yeah, don't ignore me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, she was thought slain during a campaign against the renegade warmaster of Forox, um, but has returned at various times since to rescue Imperial forces in danger of being destroyed by the enemies of the God Emperor. Do you know what? This, this definitely reeks of a female version of the, um, the Blood Angel. The Sanguinor. The Sanguinor. Sanguinor, kind of, yeah. Um, wings need. spread wide. So we've got wings as well. Yep. Wings spread wide. She's a better model as well. Definitely a better yeah. model. Oh, yeah, yeah. Newer model, I would say. I don't know, have they, they redone the Sanguinor? Is Sanguinor even in it anymore? I don't know. I, I honestly don't. You need before. to know your blood you, angel you look lore. It up. So. I, I Matt don't. I really <laughs> don't. Carry um, on, sorry. Uh -huh. So yeah, with wings spread wide, halo blazing, and an ardent blade in hand, Saint Celestine is an embodiment of the God Emperor's might. Um, it's taken straight from the Codex. Yes. 
Um, the faithful are filled with strength and courage by a presence, even as heretics recoil in terror. With a gesture, the living saint calls fires of psychic retribution down from on high or infuses her sick and injured allies with healing energy. It's a very kind of psychic aura just bubbling around her. Sanguinor still Sets things on fire. Uh-huh. Yeah, it does. Good. Um, yeah. Still crap model. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, she sets things on fire or heals, depending on what side you belong, I guess. Um, she's clad in a suit of shining golden uh, power armor and wields a blade wreathed in fire. Because they went through a stage in their games workshop, which were going, we need a big sword. Make it on fire. Let's put it like Gunnerman's flaming sword flaming. of the emperor. And so this, this <laughs> might be a really good time to talk about the war gear. So her armor of yeah. St. Catherine... Um, was ever since the revered suit of golden sword's power armor was anointed with a vial of blood from the martyred Saint Catherine, who I think is the Lady of Armata, um, it has been believed to be sacred and have powers of protection. Um, the ardent blade, the flame-reefed power sword, um, is said to be uh, the Emperor's wrath made manifest. The blade is long and <laughs> double-edged. Course. Aren't all swords blood double-edged? Nope. Okay. Nope. Um, the hilt worked into the shape of the imperial aquila, and the skull is uh, carved into the pommel. Um, the sword is usually depicted uh, roofed in flowers, nice, uh, as it was when Celestine emerged from the crypt of Saint Catherine on Saint uh, Sanctus Lice carrying it. Um, the blade can also unleash a jet of flame from the living saint mental command. So basically, flame a sword. Yeah, flame a sword. <laughs> um, and then you've got the wings of faith, which is her wings uh, saint celestine uh, can soar aloft a pair of uh, feathered angelic wings spread from her back created from the psychic power of her faith of the god emperor the wings allow her to range of flight and mobility as the astartes jump back mm. so which is just like put that in for rules better yeah <laughs> yeah, like, yeah she yeah, moves yeah. like a space marine with a jump pack yeah. <laughs> instantly 12 inches is fine uh, is it still 12 inches i don't know 14 i think is it 14 well yeah, it got faster but i don't i I think I may be thinking heresy. This is always the problem nowadays. Um, so I could be completely wrong. Now we're back to two game systems. Yeah. Yes. Um, so Celestine's influence upon the orders militant of the Adeptus Sororitas, for whom she has become the focus of total veneration, is immeasurable. If she says, go this way, they go, uh, without question. She is now categorized as a living saint, a mysterious warrior who appears in times of great need and whom the sisters of battle would willingly follow to the center of the Eye of Terror where she could lead them to. They just did she, I'm going this way and they're all like, yes, living saint, we follow you. We will come with you, yes. Yeah, godlike. Uh, it is said that she has fallen in combat several times because she clearly can't be good, um, having been dealt a mortal blow by one of the Imperium's many enemies. However, each and every time she has miraculously returned to life rising like a phoenix from the ashes. Uh, Celestine has stated that she will truly die only when the Emperor himself claims her, and not a moment before. It's very pompous, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, God, sorry. Careful. Yeah. Um, very little is known of the life of the battle sister known as Celestine before she was declared a living saint, other than that she was once a sister Repentia, of the Order of the Malmartyred Lady. Okay, so go. she not is not the Martyred Lady then? No. No, because she was from before. I think Catherine is the martyr lady. Um, of Repentia, aren't they like you've done a naughty thing, so you become a Repentia? Or am I thinking of uh, No, you're thinking else? of the Penitent Engines. Uh, well, yeah, that's like super bad. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure, aren't the Repentia the ones with the giant swords and don't run Sam. around in like Hang just on. robes? Hang Sam, on. Sam will, Sam will yeah. confirm. Yeah, I could be completely wrong. 
What are they, Sisters of Silence? Sisters of Battle. Okay. Every time. Every time. They don't do the battle. Oh, they're the ones that wear loincloths and have giant swords. Yeah, giant swords. I thought so, yeah. They're like like you did a little naughty. Uh, (laughs) Sister Pentia. Rather than like you screwed up, now we're attaching you to an engine for the rest of your life. So Sister Pentia is one of the fanatical self-mutating human female warriors who serve in the orders militant of the Adeptus Sororitas. Having failed or fallen short of a strict religious code expected to be followed by a sister battle sometimes in their past, Pentia's sisters seek to earn earn the emperor of mankind's grace once more through self-flagellation and finding a glorious death in the heart of battle. Yeah, so she's she's like been been naughty girl. Naughty. And naughty, she's gone it's a real rags insane. to riches story. You know, she <laughs> she was one of the 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 bad the <laughs> bad space nuns. Bad space nuns to living saint. Naughty space nun. <laughs> basically they <laughs> Stop. Uh, that, that just sounds too wrong in my mind. I can't <laughs> do that. <laughs> bad so but <laughs> o- actually interesting only when the sorority sister feels she has something uh, she has done something to atone will she take her oath of, uh, hang on no only when the sorority sister uh, feels she has something to atone for will she take the oath of penitence oh, a marshy mind inquisitor may find the unbreakable faith of the sister welcome addition to the rest yeah so these are the ones I've got a couple of them in the box yeah they're like uh, box of models. like space marine size chainsword yeah. running around in loincloths do you know what it's very armor. it's very like Manga-esque, you know how they've got Sad. women yeah. with giant knockers and yeah, massive yeah. swords. Yeah, naughty space nuns. Naughty space nuns. <laughs> oh no! I want to talk naughty space nuns into Google. What comes? No, up? God, naughty. Wow, wow. Where, how's this derailed so badly? Nuns, uh, nuns. Okay, it's nuns two ends. No. One so end. she fought alongside the. Oh bullshit. wow! Stop. Holy crap! <laughs> Stop. Naughty space nuns. <laughs> it's basically just Anne Summers. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Yeah. Boring. Yeah. So, she fought alongside the multisaws. Um, oh, bloody hell. You're getting nuns in your head now. Do you remember Ali, who was a little bit obsessed with nuns? Yeah, he was. He was yeah, very one obsessed One of our friends nuns. was very obsessed with nuns. Oh, okay. Very strange guy. Yeah. Very strange. He was, he, he's an artiste too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Very, very fulgrim-esque. Yeah. So, anyway, she fought with the Imperial faithful during the protracted war against the heretics on the Palatine of the Palatine Schism. And he said Palpatine then. Palatine and Palpatine. Unlimited Very similar. power! Uh, Celestine was at the forefront of the first wave of the deadliest fighting and was thought to have been killed in battle before the capital city of the planet, Uritone. Yeah, it's one of those. <laughs> she fell that day alongside every other Repentia, but despite her defeat, it was said that she accounted for the deaths of over 100 soldiers during the assault. As Celestine's body was reclaimed by her sisters and set amongst the honoured dead, they saw that life still lingered within her and that the light of one touched by the divine will of the Emperor glowed within her eyes. Very trusting, considering there's like demons and stuff in this universe. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, she's glowing and not dead, even though she is dead. <laughs> I'm sure that's the Emperor, right? Like, <laughs> Anyway. Cleansing her body of the blood and the filth of battle, the sisters were astonished to find that her body lay flawless before them. The next solar day, the assault resumed, with Celestine at the head of the Imperial forces. Rags to riches. Yeah. (laughs) Um, The heretics fell within a few solar hours. Celestine was hailed as the crusade's sacred figurehead as the entire sector was eventually scoured of schism. 
schism. scoured of schismatics and others deemed unworthy of existing within the realm of the Emperor of Mankind. The Crusade's leader, Lord Militant Ansgar, believed the Crusade would reach its conclusion on the capital world of the Palatine sector, but Celestine insisted upon first liberating the small backwater planet of the Sanctus Lease, unknown to all but her. That world was home to the shrine of St. Catherine, which is this is where she gets her flamey sword. Um, they broke into the altar amidst some ruins and um, were ordered by Celestine to remove it. Beneath the shattered remains, a hidden crypt was found, barring any from following her. Celestine descended the dusty steps that none had trod in millennia. At the dawn of the first light broke above the ruined shrine, Celestine rose from the tomb, borne aloft on a column of divine radiance and attended by cherubs and doves. She was now clad in a suit of shining golden power armor and wielded the vibrant blade that none could look upon, the ardent blade. So she basically goes down into a shrine, says no one follow me and then comes out with wings, golden armor and a flaming sword. Nothing dodgy about that. I know. It's very, again, very trusting, just because it doesn't look scaly and red flames. It's like, this could easily be demon. They even call it the same thing. It's an apotheosis, which is what space marines do to become demon princes. But, you know, Um, Celestine was declared a living saint by Lord Militant Ansgar and a conclave of Thorian ecclesiarchy priests shortly thereafter. Saint Celestine was hailed as the... Hero Martyr of the Palatine Crusade. Her presence invested uh, the faithful with her unprecedented fervour. Hundreds of thousands of heretics met a fiery end at the hands of her armies. Many were fearful of her presence, for to stand before her was to submit to the judgment of one so pure in the eyes of the God Emperor. After many battles won in the name of the Emperor, alas, Saint Celestine was lost to the Imperium whilst fighting the renegade warmaster of Forex. When the lunatic warmaster triggered the meltdown of an ancient atomic pile at the heart of his fortress, an area many Terran kilometers across was blasted to ash. Big explosion. Many believe she perished during her moment of triumph, yet none survived to give a true account of the battle's conclusion. The mighty tower of heroes upon sacred terror told once um, to proclaim her loss to the faithful, a billion souls pausing in their toll. Uh, and looking towards the Emperor's Imperial Palace, united in their grief for the fallen heroine of mankind. But the Sororitas, at prayer within the halls of the convent Prioris, Prioris? Prioris. Yeah. Were gladdened by the mournful peal, for they knew that she, uh, had she fallen, Celestine was now sitting joyfully at the right hand of the Emperor. I kind of think I prefer the Imperium when they didn't like religion. <laughs> like, I feel like it got, it's got a bit weird now. So, at Abaddon's 13th Black Crusade uh, on Cadia, St. Celestine uh, appeared once more, She's claiming that she had been resurrection, uh, resurrected by the will of the Emperor in honour of the Imperium's greatest need. She appeared above the battlefield of uh, Kraskraf, uh, accompanied by five companies of battle sisters of the Ordered Martyr Lady who were lost in the warp. Uh, some... 1400 years before wow yep they got lost and then she basically she acted as, hey guys, a, as a, a beacon for them to find where they needed to go and then they appeared which was fun 
Um, Celestine immediately en- engaged um, the demon prince Ukros um, with two canonesses of the Order of Our Martyred Lady uh, that he had recently slain. Celestine had used her powers and their extraordinary faith to bring them back to life and serve as her honor guard, ghost nuns. Yeah, ghost. and we, we need to explain why a model comes with two smaller nuns with wings. <laughs> yes, <laughs> ghost nuns. Together, the living saint and her reborn warriors slew the servant of the dark gods when they threw the demon's prince broken body from the walls of Crasscraft, um, it helped to demoralize the despoilers' forces, rooting them and buying the Imperials some much needed breathing space. Meanwhile, the Adeptus Mechanicus Archmagos uh, Dominus Benatarius Call, Call himself, um, explained that the despoilers' real goal was actually to destroy Cadia and the Xenos pylons that were scattered in, in concentrations across the surface. The pylons kept the warper from bleeding into real space and maintained the only clear passage out of the Eye of Terror known as the Cadian Gate. So, no pylons, big rip across the universe. Yeah, well, this is where, so I think it's in the Abaddon books, they explain that all his other crusades were to destroy more of these pylons yeah, yeah, yeah. to build up to this one last so they weren't assault. actually failed so they weren't failed you know because technically he would have failed 12 times if he's on his 13th yeah, yeah but no they weren't failures they were just smaller goals yeah, yeah, yeah. we need Watch. to explain this away mm. otherwise abaddon looks like a loser yeah, yeah indeed um with their destruction the forces of chaos will be able to launch themselves out of the eye terror and overwhelm the defense of the imperium and uh, at the same time they would be able to summon the endless legions of demons bum 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 ah. so this definitely plays into our theory that the emperor actually is dead and he's not doing anything on the golden throne because if these pylons are all that's stopping the Immaterium becoming the Materium, what's he doing? Well, yeah, the whole the Golden Throne was about keeping the warp gate shut on Terra. Terra. So again, it's it's a thumb on a yeah, well, well, a little well, tiny well, hole when there's well, like yeah. everything else is on fire around. We'll miss this bit. <laughs> we'll miss this bit for now. Um. Anyway, so Lord uh, Castellan Ursak E. Creed. Um. Creed. Hmm? Was a man, small balding man, quite angry looking, big yes. stick. Creed has a daughter. Yes. Slightly taller, with yeah. hair. She's very big. With a stick. Yeah. She's a big woman. <laughs> Some would say Amazonian. <laughs> but yeah, <'cause laughs> death by snoo snoo. Death by snoo Because is it? Because you had Creed and Kel. One of them is murdered, and the other one is trapped by Trazing the Infinite. The, yeah. Okay. So one, I can't remember one so of them. So short balling man. Kel, the standard bearer, dies. Yeah, and, Creed. and then Creed's been captured in an eternity fortress or whatever they call them. It, like after this, I guess a pokeball. Yeah, it's basically yeah. in a pokeball <laughs> yeah. on the shelf in Trazine's stuff. Do you think he's conscious? I have no idea. That'd be awful, wouldn't it? Imagine just constantly being like, can't get out, never dying, just constantly awake. Anyway. Uh, so Creed the commander of the Imperial Force on Cadia ordered that the catacombs beneath the pylons under the uh, the fields be reinforced to serve as the last line of defence to hold back the expected chaos assault while Call worked to explore the pylon system and discover a way they could be used as weapons against chaos like this was ever going to actually happen yeah um, Call had secretly been contacted by Lord Trizin the Infinite who had decided to aid humanity in the fight against the common foe in the warp with Trizine's knowledge Call was able to determine how to use the pylons to cut off the local area of space-time from contact with the Immaterium. Um, but as he worked, the arch-enemy launched its expected assault against the catacombs and Creed and Celestine led the defence. 
Um, what was not expected was that the ad, uh, Abaddon the Despoiler, frustrated beyond reason um, by Cadia's continued defense, uh, sorry, defiance, led the assault himself. As the ground between the, um, the Despoilers, Invaders, and uh, Creed's defenders reached its climax, Call activated the pylons and the Necron technology uh, operated precisely as had always been expected, cutting off Cadia from the warp, banishing the demons um, or, or chaos. Uh, actually shrinking the Eye of Terror and giving Cadia's defenders a chance for yet another unlikely victory. However, the loss of, of, uh, of access to the Immaterium also affected Celestine, whose own extraordinary oh, powers of faith were also fueled by the psychic currents of the warp. Meeting the despoiler head-on in her weakened form, she was defeated by the Warmaster of Chaos. Even as she sat at his feet, she promised him that mankind would one day be free of his vile master's his reply was, there is no freedom. Very Stamp. super, very superhero, <laughs> uh, supervillain-esque. But Celestine was saved at the last moment because we can't le- lose a new model, can we? Um, by the Inquisitor, Katrina Greyfax. Another new Order model. Hereticus. <laughs> recently freed from Games Watch, I mean, from Trizine uh, uh, Tesseract Labyrinths. Physically assaulted Abaddon. I mean, how could you, I guess, psychically assaulted Abaddon, I guess is the other way. Um, verbally assaulted Abaddon that is um, psychically oh did I say physically sorry yeah. she psychically assaulted Abaddon forcing the despoiler to back away before he could resume the advance the pylon strike upon the Immaterium intensified banishing the despoiler's demons and weakened his forces a massed attack on the uh, on the despoiler by Creed and his 8th Cadian regiment of Cadian shock troopers failed when Abaddon and his chaos terminators broke the charge and badly wounded Creed severing one of his arms oh that's why he's only got one arm and a cane yes but just as the despoiler moved to put an end to the lord uh, lord Castellan by cracking his spine Celestine though much diminished managed to stab him from behind with her fa- flamey blade <laughs> Um, the Emperor protects <laughs> Celestine promised that this is just a really bad superhero yeah, movie really is, yeah. <laughs> there is no freedom um, Abaddon lurched away from Celestine because he just got stabbed in the back with a fiery blade um, her blade ripped free of the flesh uh, and it, it had been a millennia since he had last been so wounded and his spirit boiled with vengeance but as the remaining troops of the Cadian Ape surged to reclaim their beloved general, Abaddon realised he had no time for the luxury of pride. Unfortunately, the despoiler would not be denied the prize he had sought for millennia so easily, foreseeing that uh, they they need uh, the need for a failsafe. Abaddon had damaged bulk of the Blackstone Fortress Will of Eternity, um, its system disabled by an assault from the Imperial Fist Star Fort Phalanx, um, hurled from orbit as an artificial meteor into the surface of Cadia. <laughs> the massive kinetic strike destroyed what remained of the world's defences, ensuring its envelopment by the now rapidly expanding Eye of Terror. Perhaps the only positive outcome was that the destruction of the pylons also restored Celestine's own strength and vitality as her connection with the Imperium um, was re-established. The badly wounded Lord, Lord uh, Creed ordered an evacuation of the dying world. Um, the Imperial survivors of Cadia, led by Call, St. Celestine, Inquisitor Greyfax, and Marshal Marius of the Black Templars now call themselves the Celestine Crusade. You, I mean, they've, they've definitely got together all of the religious nuts, haven't they? <laughs> like the Black Templars are there, the Sisters of Battle are there. Call's a bit of a weird one, but there's quite a lot of technology that would kind of pull him towards that. Um, do um, the Crusade used every void ship at their disposal, including Call's massive Ark Mechanicus, the Iron Revenant, to ferry three million survivors off Acadia. 
Three million isn't that many. No. Not no. really. Not really, no. No, no, not really. Um, unable to enter the warp because of the rolling instability of the Immaterium near the Cadia Gate, the Imperial fleet was forced to flee through uh, sublight speeds and the Black Fleet gave chase. Um, um, just picture the Star Wars opening scene um, <laughs> yeah. right now. Um, the largest, most powerful reigning Imperial sh- uh, capital ship, the Call's uh, Iron Revenant, heroically sacrificed itself in battle against Abaddon's flagship, the Vengeful Spirit, so that the Celestine Crusade could escape um, to a nearby moon. That's no moon. Um, it's a nice planet. Um, it was Celestine who explained that she had experienced a precognitive vision that their salvation and the Imperium itself lay on that barren, frigid planetoid. Celestine's vision proved prophetic um, for the surviving Celestines uh, were rescued from the chaos attacks and the unforgiving uh, Arctic environment at the, la- uh, at the last by the arrival of Yanar uh, through Colossus' hidden webway gate. Um, though his flagship was lost, Belisarius called had rescued most precious cargo, the armor of fate, the key to the resurrection of the Primarch Rebut Giliman. Yeah. And all of that stuff is from the, um, the book. Cadian campaign book. Yeah. 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 Yes, good. it is. When they brought out one, two, three, four new models in a box set. In yeah. like a week. In a week. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, again, all that stuff's really cool. It's, it, it, it's, it's, it was nice, I think, at that point to see them do like a jump in the oh, what's going on i don't yeah. agree you, you'd rather it just stay as it was mm. but nothing it was kind of stale nothing I, was happening I, yeah it's, it's it's a difficult one to to i i have no real arguments against them moving it forward you just don't like change partly yeah, i yeah. don't like the change that they've done i i think the some of it. Oh, that's, that's, I, that I, makes it sound like I hate 40k law. I don't at all. I, I, there's just bits of it. And the whole Primarch's coming back and stuff. It just feels like a rehash. I would have preferred that to have been a history thing. Yeah, I agree. The Primarch's coming back was kind of lame. The, the issue was um, they never dealt with the Primarchs that had fallen and were on Horus's side. So you had a yeah. bunch of demon Primarchs. Where are they? Why aren't they here? Yeah. So I guess we now need to do them. Well, if you're going to bring demon Primarchs, you need heroes that are going to be able to match them. Yeah. I guess we'll fudge some loyalist Primarchs. I mean, at that point, like, it's, just like, it's oh. almost like they could just, I don't know, lean into the next series they're doing, the scouring, and actually just have the Primarchs being killed. Yeah. Like, they could have very easily have just lopped off Fulgrim's head. Well, the, uh, un- unfortunately, you had... Um, like lots of mentions of the demon primarchs yeah. on their demon worlds and Abaddon getting them ready for the 13th. Yeah. So they were there in 40k. What you could have had is them psychically being destroyed by the last effort of the emperor and then he is dead dead and now they're all dead dead. Yeah. But the 13th Black Crusade still happened with this warp rift and now you've got no Golden Throne Emperor, you've got no demon primarchs, you've now just got Abaddon the big bad and you know, your chapter masters. I think I think Primaris, whilst a frustrating thing for those that had collected so many, I think Primaris are actually quite a cool I think Primaris are actually quite a cool advancement. Like I will it. also tell you this, having now painted a squad of Primaris, yeah. I do not want to paint any original marines. They're, They're small, aren't so they? So much easier yeah, to paint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and I've got the next unit to paint is my 10 blood claws, which are, I'm like, oh no. They've all got faces as well rather yeah, yeah. than helmets. I'm like, no. I, I, don't, I don't hate Primaris. I think actually quite a cool little advancement. I, I just think that maybe, I kind of agree, like having Primarchs come back seem a little bit lazy. 
Like, yeah. are they going to bring more back? It's just, it's grand, isn't it? It's, it's very grand, all Primarchs and big well, scary it, things. It just, now Gazgul Thracker is Primark level and just like, actually, if you just got rid of that power level top, yeah, yeah. Abaddon's still a beast, Mag- Marnius Kalgar's still a beast, Vulcanistan's still a beast, Logan Grimnar, Rag. There's enough characters yeah, yeah. who are superhuman already yeah, yeah. to be your heroes. I, I just, I, I, I think it just needs the the only thing is it's a unifying factor that Gilliman coming back has the overarching power to be able to say no you will take Primaris Marines like and you will yes you will do this so I, I get why but at the same time I, I, it, it was just a choice I know it's a choice but it, it sucks a fan it, it just sucks for those that where their Primarchs can't come back so Blood Angels in theory and I hope they don't wreck on it they won't Sanguinius should never come back which yeah, makes yeah. it kind of lame yeah. Unless you bring a Sanguinor and make him more powerful. Mm. Like, I don't know. Yeah, the Sanguinor becomes the living essence of Sanguinius's soul. Yeah. So it's basically Sanguinius, but not Sanguinius. Yeah. That's the only way you can do that. Yeah. yeah. Which I, yeah, I guess maybe they're going to go that Maybe way. that's the plan. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Like, I don't know. It's, right. just, it's Yeah. Neil. Who knows? So the remaining Celestinians are guided to the realm of Ultramar, which lies in the eastern fringes of the galaxy, by the reborn Aldari. Uh, the Despoilers forces have already launched an assault against the Ultramarines' vast domain before their arrival. Uh, the survivors are eventually taken to McCrag after initial distrust by the Space Marines who discovered them uh, upon their safe arrival inside the fortress of Hera. Call states his intent to resurrect Primarch Rubuti Gilliman from the mortal wound that had forced him to be put into stasis for the past 10,000 years. Temple of Corrections come under, come, the Temple of Correction comes under attack from the forces of chaos uh, and the Celestinians and Ultramarines uh, defend the Primarch's resting place. Call and Ivrain, priestess of Inid, uh, the Alidari god of the dead worked together to both heal the grievous wound dealt to Gilliman and restore his life force. The Primarch's resurrection was held to be a miracle by, uh, brought forth by the Emperor. <laughs> not the workings of Call not, not and the, workings the uh, of Kool. Eldar Zeno's filth. <laughs> or, or if rain. <laughs> um, no, it was, it was the Emperor and his will. Celestine's faith in the Master of Mankind had been rewarded. This event helped end the rift between her and Inquisitor Greyfax, who had previously believed the living saint to be a fraud and an instrument of chaos. <laughs> so there's your I answer trust on an that Inquisitor, one. yeah. There's your answer on that one. I, I agree. I agree. She's a demon prince. The return of a living Primarch, i.e. the one in Southend, uh, the return of a living Primarch revealed Greyfax's own errors of faith after witnessing this truly amazing miracle. She too now came to the belief that Celestine was a true faithful servant of the Emperor and his will. Now that Gilliman was resurrected, he was able to direct his chapter to repel the invaders from Ultramar and lead a force back to terror through warp storms and, anom- and anomalies, oh wow, raging across the galaxy that had not been witnessed since the heresy. I must choose better words that I don't struggle to pronounce. <laughs> anomaly. Uh, Celestine joined the Primarch on this Terran Crusade. Oh, wait, we're upgrading many, it now. Many Crusades, yeah. They, all, they, we, we, we've yeah. gone from the Celestinian Crusade to the Terran Crusade. Well, we've now got Gulliman. You can't call it Celestine. There's Gulliman there. Yes. 
you should call it the Ultra Crusade. Um, so yes, the Terran Crusade. Her prowess in combat and her faith again, uh, assisting the Imperial forces of the Crusade in their trials and tribulations in the warp rift known as the Maelstrom. More than once during their plight to escape the Maelstrom, the Imperial ships were forced to fight off raids from traitor warships. Uh, at one point, they were forced to travel through a vast cloud of corrosive spores. Uh, the Crusade ships are attacked by vast swarms of plague flies the size of frigates. Because we need to start pushing the return of... Uh a chaos demon. Oh, oh yes, a, a, a demon prince. I <laughs> yeah, don't know. Who demon Primarch. <laughs> that child of death could be. Um, the horrific insects reaped a savage toll upon the smaller vessels of the crusade. Uh, and at this point, Celestine took to the navigation's observation blister on the flagship McCrag's Honor to unleash her holy to unleash her holy light in a blazing psychic shockwave. Purging the monstrous demons from the void. Oh, that's quite uh, powerful. That's you impressive. You shall not attack us anymore. Yeah. <laughs> that's impressive. Um, after being rescued from a Blackstone fortress. So some at some point down the line, they go from being in the, warp. Um, the warp to ending up in another Blackstone fortress belonging to the, uh, the Red Corsairs by Cypher. The oh, Fallen Angel. Cypher. Cypher, yeah. This we, is when they did the new Cypher model as yes. well, right? So Cypher suddenly coming to the aid of the Imperials going, is he a bad guy? Are we sure about that? So we, we, have, we have talked about Cypher in a previous season. Yes. Yes, we uh, did. So yeah, Cypher and a troop of Harlequins uh, direct the survivors of the Terran Crusade uh, to arrive through a, wob a webway, a wobway, a webway uh, on Luna. Ah, so we're, we're on the moon. Yes, there are wizards on the moon. Um, Sailors on the, on the moon. moon whatever it is, the no. quote. Sailors on the moon. We no whales on the moon. We get them with a harpoon. It's from Futurama. Ah. We're sailors on the moon. We go with our harpoons. I don't remember. And we tell tall tales, isn't it? I never I really watched, watched. I haven't watched that really? episode in a very, yeah. very, very, very long time. It's literally the first episode. Exactly. <laughs> I haven't watched that one in a very long time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they, uh, Celestine is one of the few Imperials to have been present at the fall of Cadia and survived both the Celestinian Crusade and the Terran Crusade. Surprising that. Um, we need to sell more models. Celestine aids in defeating the demon Primarch. Celestine aids in defeating the demon Primarch, Magnus the Red, and his traitor legion of a thousand sons on Luna. So, somehow they've turned up. Yeah, well, so this is during the period where um, Magnus teleports his demon world into real space um, right near Fenris and Terra, and this is when we get Magnus the Red Demon Primark model. Nah. So this is all the campaign books of craziness towards the end. Must, is this the eighth edition? This Probably end stuff? of eighth, eighth ninth. Uh, when did they? I can't even remember. I can't even remember when they start doing eight. all this weird stuff. Yeah, well, they eight. did. Remember, they did campaign book after campaign book, yeah, bringing yeah. back like here's the model for this campaign book. Here's the model for the campaign book. Yeah, because this is when they did the new Wolfen models. Yeah. Um, yes, doing all their karate right. poses. Yeah. 
and um, the Demon Primarch Magnus and yeah all kind of crazy stuff kicks off yeah so having de- uh, deleted uh, they deleted them having defeated the uh, Magnus Red and his Thousand Sons uh, they are ferried to the Imperial Palace and brought before the ultimate gate or the ultimate gate of the Sanctum Imperialis Gilliman is taken to meet his father for the first time in 10 millennia and Celestine moves to minister to the frayed hordes of pilgrims and penitents. Ah, she becomes a healer. She becomes the healer she was meant to be, not the healer we wanted. Mm-hmm. Or, deserved. Uh, or deserved. Once Gilliman emerged from the throne room a day later, restored to his former status as Lord Commander of the Imperium, and Imperium Secundus, mm-hmm. uh, there was no doubt that Celestine would stand by his side as he launched his counteroffensive against the ruinous powers. Mm. So sometime after the Terran Crusade, Saint Celestine miraculously appeared on the hive world of Sadrica, which had been swallowed by the darkness of the Noctis Aeterna, which is the rift, the maelstrom, yep. the many names. Um, yeah, Psyche had arisen on the, on the world who was strong enough to act as an astropathic beacon that allowed its people to continue to maintain contact with other worlds, despite the loss of the Astronomicon's light. That beacon, however, also drew the Alpha Legion warband known as the Unsung, led by Captain Kassar, to the world, who sought to infiltrate Sadrakar to defeat its defenders and corrupt the beacon in the name of the Dark Gods. See, that doesn't make much sense to me, because the Alpha Legion were never really into the Dark well, Gods. Well, yeah, but it's similar to the Night Lords. Neither were the Night Lords, but yeah. because they fractured into warbands once they lost their power. Yeah, I guess so. And, stuff they uh some went yeah i'm gonna go full demon and others went i hate you yeah once they lost never go full demon and couldn't get cheap clothes again yeah 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 (laughs) um the alpha legion faced competition however for the chaos lord khan the betrayer of the world eaters had arrived to lead the final assault and claim the life of the beacon for corn when a contingent of the Imperial Fists Astartes arrived at Sadrakar to aid the defenders, Saint Celestine appeared from the warp not long after to aid in this crucial fight against the archenemy. She entrusted the Psyche to Kassar uh, rather than see Khan prove victorious, but was defeated and slain by the vicious Cornate Berserker in battle. So she gets chopped up by Khan, uh, but she entrusts the Psyche to the Alpha Legion guy because i guess you had to choose between one or the other yeah or kill him i don't know maybe anyway but for a living saint as always death was not the end but only a temporary defeat so long as faith in the emperor remained strong and so when we need to start making thing. sales again and yeah it's just, it is that's just the last scratch that is the last time we have of celestine currently in our law okay Tur- turns up at this battle loses i guess because there's the alpha legion guy still there and khan's still there and khan seems to be victorious overall so she gives the the psyche to kassar rather than see khan i guess murder them i don't i don't understand the logic in that but yeah it's the less that's another conversation two evils yeah maybe Uh, i think the lesser of two evils would be cutting his head off so he uh, can't be corrupted by the dark gods. That would have been the lesser of three evils. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't really do very good for the saint image if she starts muting, like killing True, humans. But, well, or just going, here, chaos space marine, have a human. 
Like, I don't think that oh. looks good for your sainthood either. Um, yeah, I guess so. But yeah, whereas, you know, she could kill him in faith, he would sacrifice his life for the cause and turn him into a, a martyred human rather than just, yeah, here you go. I don't know. I'm sure it doesn't happen that way, but that's how it reads yeah, off yeah. the yeah. page. Um, but yeah, that's Saint Celestine. Um, interesting character. Um, I don't particularly like the model. Uh, it's too much. Do you me. know what? It, it, it's very much like um, the new Fulgrim model. It's just too big. Like, yeah. Imagine trying to transport that nonsense. Yeah, it's all the kind of bits and bobs floating around and the two extra flying ghost nuns as you call them and just yeah just a, there's a lot and I, I don't know I'm not sure about it I'm to find out I don't know if she's for sale anymore maybe not she might I would be, have thought she would be might be a uh, no, there you go got her it. It, it's, it's that it's the typical um, she's held up is it a load of um, like scrolls, scrolls? It's, yeah. the, it's the it's the scroll work phase where yeah. I think like we, we're now on rocks the not rock yeah. phase so like um, Astraf held up with scrolls yeah um it's just a bit weird yeah i think her old metal model she's basically like tiptoeing on the floor yeah. because obviously it's a metal model yeah um, so they wanted her higher but i just put her on a clear um like they do for the primaris jump yeah, pack yeah. dudes yeah. All on, like, no, but this rods. is but this is pre that yeah i know so this is the scroll work phase and then we had yeah. the howling howling is it the howling banshee phase no, the 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 Eldar um, guys with had wings that come out and they're all on tiptoes and they had that really thin join with a little metal tab you put into the oh, base. Uh, Remember sweeping those sweeping hawks, sweeping hawks, sweeping hawk phase, which is all tiptoes. Yep. Yeah. 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 But anyway, uh, we're going to take uh, another break and we'll come back with our law from the Legion. And this time we're covering the Death Guard. Hello there. I'm Sam, and you may remember such things as three bar preds, fact or fiction, holidays or bust and how to edit a podcast in 10 hours or less the internet can be a scary place but fear not a safe room has been created and you are welcome to come in my friend on facebook we have a private group called the tatpc safe room which you can join by going to www.facebook.com forward slash tatp safe room and simply answering three questions you'll gain access to a safe and positive space in the online hobby community we host our hangout events through our safe room and run all of our competitions and community engagements like the Oath of Moment subjects through the safe room too. So what are you waiting for? Head over to Facebook and find us. You won't regret it, probably. For those who are a more visual person, we also have an Instagram account. Just search the Adeptus Terra podcast and give us a follow. You'll get to see our hobby progress, or that thereof, and related content to your heart's content. Welcome back to our last segment Law from the Legion. This month, we are talking about a Death Guard. So, I'm going to take us from the start, uh, talking about the law itself. Right. I am the law. I am the law. I am the law. <laughs> I am the law. If so, you know they've, they've brought out a video game for Robocop. That's Robocop, isn't it? No. no. It's Judge Dredd. Judge Dredd, but never mind. <laughs> oh, that makes much more sense. So, um, back to my point. Uh, they oh brought right. out a video game for... for um, Robocop. 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 I was going to say Terminator. Oh. <laughs> okay. All the stereotypical. <laughs> it looks really good. Really good graphics on the new um, Unreal 5 engine. It's okay. really good. Anyway, carry on. 
Wow. Right. So, Robocop. No. Um, before the Death Guard, there were the Dusk Raiders, the 14th Legion. Who's... <laughs> <laughs> Gene that was stopped. good. That was, <laughs> I was like, where is he going with this? And then so I was like, like, oh, okay. <laughs> fist pump. Uh, good old Tusken Raiders. Fist pump the Dusk Raiders. Um, whose gene stock came from the islands of old Albia. Albia would be... Um, How do you not know this? Because I don't know old, like the old formations of countries. You live there. You live here. Oh, like here? Yes. Yeah. Albion. Are we Albia? Yeah. We're Albion. The Albion was more like the Middle East. No, no, no. no. It's no. the old name for England. England. Why? Because it is. <laughs> is it based on like the Albion Empire or something like that? I'm sure it probably is. It probably was. Um, so their name, uh, their initial name was taken from uh, those they fought due to the use of their ancient Albion tactic of attacking at the fall of night, just like the SAS. At dusk. At dusk. Yeah, no, you can see uh, so much stolen. When when the shift of light confused the enemy's watch. So when they checked their uh, wrists, okay. like, I can't see what a time it... Oh, oh we're, we're dead. The <laughs> infart... Um, the infart... Oh, wow, here we go. Uh, the infant Primarch Motarian, the child of death. What a nickname. Uh, like his 19... 19- <laughs> that what you call Ray. You're the child of death. You are Mortarian. Child of uh, death sleeping. Yeah. Anyway, carry on. So like uh, his 19 brothers was scattered across the galaxy uh, and he came to rest upon the feral world of Barbarus located in the Segmentum Tempestus. Uh, he was discovered by the high overlord Nicaire uh, on the battlefield, screaming where a normal human child would have suffocated long before. As Motarian grew, he would ask his master about the beings that lived in the lowlands away from the toxic fog, never getting an answer. <laughs> never getting an answer, the Primarch descended through the fog to find out for himself. Fair enough. You know, inquisitive nature and all that. Uh, initially, he was distrusted because... He could seemingly breathe in the toxins, though Motorin proved himself to them and moulded them to, into an army to fight back against the Overlord and named them the Death Guard. Ah. Uh, the Emperor turns up on his great crusades and gave uh, Motorin an ultimatum. Beat the Overlord and you can stay. Fail and you have to come with me on the great crusade. <laughs> what a random, like... <laughs> Random challenge. Uh, basically, we know what happened. Yes, indeed. Uh, Golden Dad had to step in and slay the Overlord. Yeah, Magnus. Uh, not Magnus. Oh, because we just did Fury and Magnus. Um, Mortarian could not handle his uh, his his adopted daddy. No, the Overlord. So his uh, real daddy, his I biological <laughs> father. So hang on, hang on. How powerful is this Overlord? Well, this is a child Primarch. Oh, okay. You know, yeah. or teen. So he was—he was, he was or... quite young at that point. Still, it was uh, like um, teen, like because Angron was an Angron was a full-grown bloke, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't. I couldn't give you an age, but I get the impression that he mustn't have been fully matured. Like, yeah, to not be a overlord. Yeah, person. Um, 
So yeah, he assumes command of his legion and he speaks the words, you are my unbroken blades, you are the death guard. That's a very strange, sexy talk, isn't it? You're my unbroken blades. Unbroken blades you are, equals death guard. You are the okay. death guard. Um, so new colours for their armour were adopted. So initially they were unpainted armour and then their right shoulder pad and right arm were red. To yes, symbolise yeah. blood. For the blood god? And the blood of their enemies. Oh, right, okay. It's Red sun rises. Um, it's been spilled this night. Indeed. Oh my god, it's definitely stolen from that. It's got to be, isn't it? It's got to be. <laughs> Who knows with these guys. Um, and then basically the bulk of the armour remained the same, so it was still the the grey ceramite. And obviously it changed the shoulder pads to green. Yes. Instead. For the, the, the fields... The fields that have been the fields of the un- have been sprinkled with the blood of the enemies and unmovable. No, I would imagine it's obviously to do with the iconography of barbarous, or the tie into like the gases and the poisons yeah. and okay. green. I guess fits that more than red. I, yeah, yeah, probably something like that. And the sure beige no because law they just chose well, no, the, the, Mortarians. The, the, they originally, a originally it was unpainted armour so it's whatever colour the armour is underneath oh but obviously people have adopted the oh it's got to be beige and green that would be cool it's like a grey it's supposed to be a a kind of grey white yeah people have moved into the bone because it was easier to paint yeah but actually if you I've obviously been looking at these for my ones Mm -hmm. actually a lot of the kind of higher level painters shall I say like Cult of Paint and Meadows Miniatures and lots of things like that that you know you kind of watch to get an idea they all do off white yeah doing like a zenithal so starting off black a grey light grey white for like a zenithal would be really good for this that's basically yeah that's what yeah. they do yeah and then they chuck all the grime on so then they start looking at and that's, bone-like where, that's anyway. where the colour comes from basically. that's where the bone comes from because they're just dirty and grimy yeah, yeah, yeah. okay um, but yeah right, that's pretty much what I'm planning to do yeah okay so the makeup of the legion uh, the 14th legion there's only seven companies Unlike the other 17 legions, um, there are three specific titles within um, the legion. You've got the captain of the first company is called first captain. Yeah. Captain of the second is called second the commander. All oh, right. <laughs> and then the seventh captain was also known as battle captain. So Nathaniel Garrow was the battle captain. Yeah. And that's because he's last? He's uh, I guess knows. so, yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Okay. Yeah. All the others are just Joe. <laughs> like, but, you know what I mean? I guess they're just normal captains. But I'd forgotten, and I read this earlier, um, Garrow was one of the original surviving Albion. Oh, uh, so yeah, he's not a, a Terran rather he's, than he's from Terran. He's not a Is that why they try to off him? Yeah. You kind of get both both ways. It either goes that a lot more the out of the Terran were sided with their Primarchs, and others that it was the other way around. Right, it depends okay. on the Legion. Yeah, but um, but yeah, a lot of the early traitors, it was we need to cull out all of the Terran-born ones yeah. that would have grown up with the Emperor at their head, rather than these guys who I chose from my own planet. Okay, yeah. it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so. Style of war, uh, Death Card preferred to foot slog into battle rather than being mechanised. Um, although Martorian ensured his sons were well, were well equipped and well trained 
uh, for any situation. They'd be armed with bolter, bolt pistol, and close combat weapon, using whichever weapon the situation dictated. So did all their marines come with? They should all come with bolter, bolt pistol, close combat weapon. Yeah. Hmm. That's where it's really useful yeah. now. You've got chain bayonets and bayonets yeah. and bolters. You're like, hmm, <laughs> I can do this. I can technically do this without yeah, spending a lot of points. There's nothing in here that's like everyone gets a close combat weapon. No, uh, no, there's no, no rules. It's just, no, it's just, it's, again, it's law, isn't it? Mm. Uh, the Legion also have a num- large number of Terminator suits and dreadnoughts to take stride into battle with. And at the time of the heresy, they numbered around about 95,000. Suits? No. Or the no. total number as of total total Marines. Marines. Oh, okay. As I was like, geez, 95,000 Terminators. And Dreadnoughts. <laughs> yeah, yes. nuts. Yeah. Um, so a notable battle, uh, Galaspar, uh, it had to be brought into compliance. Um, the capital hive world, uh, it was a capital hive world of uh, Pocket Empire, and the human civilization refused to accept the rule of the Imperium and opened fire on uh, exploratory vessels and Imperial envoys. Um, the recently rediscovered Mortarian volunteered his death guard, uh, wishing to prove himself, and seeing the tyranny of uh, Galaspar's rulers similar to his own experience on Barbarus. So without warning that the death... So it was it was without warning that the Death Guard fleet smashed through the outer defences of the Galaspar system. Um they initially I thought you were gonna sneeze then. No, no, no. Uh they initially uh defeated the enemy defences uh, of asteroid fortresses and fire ships. Um and the the fleet made a direct course for Galaspar, ignoring everything else. We're gonna go and strike at the head which is a standard Space Marine tactic, really. Um, and Mortarian led the invasion of the world from his personal assault park, the Fourth Horseman, <laughs> which makes sense. Death. Yes. Um, it's three-kilometre-long craft... Uh, it's... <laughs> the three-kilometre-long craft ploughed into the upper hives of Galaspar, toppling the city spires and unleashing its deadly cargo of 11,000 Death Guard Space Marines. Uh, the primary hive fell in a night and a day, uh, and the Death Guard killed any who stood before them. Mm. Yeah, they're very unrelenting. They're just constantly, <laughs> constantly. Just, they don't going. care about your feelings. They're just going to keep going until the job is done. Um, the unprepared slave soldiers of Galaspar found themselves fighting against Astartes, uh, falling back to defensive redoubts. Uh, the forces, stubbers, and las guns proved useless against power armor. Um, and as Death Guard seized ground, they destroyed enemy counterattacks and advances in the wake uh, in a cycle that broke the defenders completely. Death Guard also employed biological weapons and phosphate bombs to sow terror and death. Uh, and once Galaspar's primary hive was in firm control, the Legion dispa- disbanded. The Legion <laughs> disabled the planetary orbital defences, allowing those still in orbit to land safely on the world. Yeah, that's them done. Uh, the world's secondary hives sprued forth tens of million soldiers, thousands of tanks, putting up a fierce defence, uh, and the Death Guard 
met their enormous attack using orbital warships to unleash devastating bombardments on the tightly massed enemy forces. <laughs> yeah, see those guys? They're not there just, anymore. Just, just destroy them, it'll be fine. Um, and obviously that pretty much destroyed the bulk of Galaspar's army. Um, and then each of the world's secondary hives were methodically and violently captured. Um, the Death Guard ignoring any proclamations of surrender. <laughs> so they just wiped everyone yeah, out. Yeah, don't in. care. They listened to the Emperor when he said, wipe them out, all <laughs> of them. Um, Mortarion showed no mercy, dispatching forces to pursue and hunt down the scattered remains of uh, fleeing enemy forces. Uh, however, in the later stages of the battle, um, the first captain, Antavas Barazin, was killed, as well as a large number of other hmm. Death Guard forces. Uh, when Imperial support fleets arrived to take control of the planet, they were horrified at the slaughter and destruction the Death Guard had unleashed on Galaspar. However, the people of Galaspar, used to the oppression of their previous rulers, meekly accepted Imperial <laughs> rule. That's just the Death Guard through and through, isn't it? That's yep. a turn up, kill everything, go away again. Very methodical, very remorseless, don't care, going to get the job done. Indeed. Very stubborn as well. Yes. You can see why they're uh, based on old England. Mm. <laughs> yeah, quite. Just march and march and march till it's done. Oh. Cool, right. Well, going into uh, Legion rules that kind of uh, simulate a lot of that law and their way of warfare. Um, first, we have their Legion rule, which is remorseless. Uh, this is where non-cavalry and artillery units ignore any modifiers or restrictions on moving during the movement phase, so difficult terrain, all that jazz. Um, this includes modifiers of terrain or restrictions from rules like pinning, so which would normally stop them moving, so mm -hmm. they can move even if they've been pinned. Cool. All other effects still happen, but they can always move. Yeah. Models do not get this bonus if they ran, deployed via deep strike, or activated a jump pack. Also, if these parameters are met, the model counts as stationary, even if they have moved regularly when making shooting attacks. So this is like a relentless light. Um, and the reason I say that is that this does not affect whether a model can make a charge or not. So if you fire a heavy weapon, you can't move, shoot, and still assault, yeah. which relentless would allow. Yeah. But this is, you count as stationary, so you can still move and shoot that heavy weapon, but you can't assault so, afterwards. Yeah. Uh, which is a, a nice little uh, thing to remember. Uh, this also does not allow vehicles to ignore the effect of an immobilized result, but does allow a vehicle to move even when stunned. Cool. So yeah, they're very. You're not stopping the advance basically. Um, they obviously have the rules which you know allow them to take the Death Guard right of wars and the Death Guard weapons and warlord traits, which have needless names. That's just a given that you get access to those things. Yeah. Um, you have their advanced reaction, which is called remorseless advance. So just add the word advance on their advanced reaction. Very uh, creative there. Um, once per battle during the opposing player's shooting phase, when an enemy unit declares a shooting attack targeting a friendly unit with the Death Guard Legion's Astartes rule, that unit gains feel no pain 4 plus inflicted by the shooting attack. Uh, they automatically pass morale, pinning morale and pinning tests from that shooting attack declared by that enemy unit. 
So it's not like they gain it for a whole turn. It's just against that one tune. Um, once the shooting has been entirely resolved, that unit may make a move in any direction up to seven inches, obeying the normal rules for movement. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's quite nice. You get feel no pain to keep you alive, and then you can advance further even though you're getting shot. Nice. It's a good way of getting up the table. Uh, I, I was reading online a lot of Death Guard players use this with Leviathans. Because you get a four up, feel no pain against, say, the Laz Cannons yeah. or whatever mm. on your Leviathan, but it only moves six inches. So you just get a seven inch move in the enemy turn to get your Leviathan that much closer to punching things. There's a really good unit Oof. to use it for. Oof. Um, and I was like, oh, that sounds kind of cool. But I, I don't, sadly don't have a Leviathan yet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next is their Warlord traits. Uh, so we have the Reaper's Visage. Uh, or Visage, however you pronounce that word. This is a traitor-only Warlord trait. Uh, any enemy unit with at least one model in 12 inches of this Warlord reduces their leadership of all models in that unit by minus two whenever making a leadership test, a morale check, or attempting a regroup, unless that unit has an independent character or Primarch attached to it. Um, it's quite quite tasty, actually. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Uh, in addition, you get to make an additional reaction in the enemy's assault phase, as long as your Warlord is still alive. Uh, then you have Witch Hunter. Um, a Warlord with this trait gains plus one to its toughness and weapon skill when locked in combat with any unit that includes at least one model with the Psyker subtype. Good for fighting the, the new demons. Yep. Um, all friendly units within uh, with Legions of Stars Death Guard with at least one model of the unit within 12 inches of the Warlord, gain a 6-plus invulnerable save against psychic attacks of any kind. That's, Producing a bit of a bubble. Pretty good. In addition, you can make an additional reaction in the enemy's assault phaser again. So this one this one sort of emulates the fact that Mortarion was dead set against psychers. Yeah, yeah, it's a nice little kind of um, uh, pointer to that, really. Mm. That Yeah, the Death Guard were very anti-psyker. Um, up until, not in terms of ability, but just in terms of opinion. Yeah, uh, up up until the point that uh, Typhus kind of reveals that he is a secret psycho. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Well, at that point, they've fallen to Nurgle mm -hmm. and all sorts. Um, and lastly, we have the Blood of Barbarous. So, any hits with the rending, murder strike, poisoned, or fleshbane special rules, and they have the bracket amount so rending five plus or four plus or whatever um uh, any attacks that are made with those weapons that are allocated to the warlord with this trait or any model in the unit that he has joined only gain the benefits of this rule on a roll of a six so basically changes the bracket to a six so poison six rather than poison three plus right or whatever um instead of the value listed um and in addition, you get an additional reaction in the enemy's shooting phase. So it's quite nice, survivable, helpful. It kind of, again, it hints towards their ability to withstand some of the, the hardest blows and particularly the poisoned effect. Um, but it's, it's, it's the least impactful for an army, that one. Like it's just the warlord and his unit that he's adjoined. Yeah. Whereas yeah. the others have like a bit of a bubble if you're within 12. I suppose um, it makes sense it if nice. you've got him attached to, say, a, a squad of close combat Terminators. 
it'll give you that chance to be able to get up the board with less risk of them. Mm, well, also in off. combat, you're going to be here if you get in combat with a, people who have rending. That say they got rending four plus, then which the you know, now it's a six, yeah, which is uh, much more survivable for your your two wound terminators. Yeah, exactly. uh, so yeah, it's kind of a think about what kind of warlord you're building. So I tend to take the Reaper's Visage mm -hmm. because I'm uh, with my Death Guard. I I have kind of support HQs. None of them are super strong or yeah. or kitted out. So it's a nice little debuff for enemy units, and it gives me two Overwatches which is the main reason I, I take that one. Cool. Um, but Witch Hunter is one that I didn't, I've, I've, I must have read and disc discredited because it's like, well, most people don't even bring librarians. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but now with Ruin Storm, if I know I'm playing someone's demons, I might go, do you know what? Giving him Witch Hunter could be quite good. <laughs> so yeah, you never know. Uh, lastly, before we move into Sam and he, him covering the weapons and the specific units that death guard get to take i have the rights of war um so first is the reaping um this is the one that i tend to take um it's uh, veteran squads may be selected as troop choices and heavy support squads may be taken as non-compulsory troop choices any character with the legion of Stars death guard can also equip rad grenades for 10 points which is quite tasty um, units as part of the detachment cannot make run moves or make any reaction that allows them to make a move of any kind other than the remorseless advance reaction. So you basically get no reactions during the movement phase, which are either advance or evade, mm -hmm. I think it is. Um, no unit in this detachment may be assigned to a deep strike assault, subterranean assault, or flanking assault. Units that must be deployed this way cannot be selected in this detachment. So it's a it's a representation of that marching forward, yeah. All infantry walking up. Well, I mean, you can have tanks, but you know, it's, there's no flashy stuff going on. It's just that remorseless advance on your bastion defenses, whatever, um, which is quite nice. Um, and then we have the creeping death. Uh, legions to start his death guard automatically pass dangerous terrain tests. All models in your, as in the Death Guard player's deployment zone, gain shrouded 6+. Plus. And the entire deployment zone counts as difficult terrain and dangerous terrain. So um, the reason that's quite nice is you're automatically passing dangerous terrain, but also your movement isn't affected by mm -hmm. difficult terrain, whereas your enemies would be. So that's quite nice. It's a very castle feel because yeah. you're getting shrouded in your deployment zone, so you're going to want a lot of stuff in your deployment zone. Um all zones of area terrain, and the brackets it gives uh, in the book are jungles, woods, ruins, craters, and alike, mm -hmm. um, are counted as dangerous terrain on the tabletop. So again, you're automatically passing those, but if your enemy want to duck and cover, they're going to be taking dangerous trains every time they move. Um, Grave Warden Terminators can be taken as non-compulsory troop choices. This is where you get a lot of Terminator choices, I guess, in your list. Um, and this is a traitor only right of war so you can only play this if you're a traitor death guard player um, you must also contain a legion centurion of any armor type cataphracty tartarus or regular uh, but they must be upgraded to be a siege breaker legion console i mean that's not they're not negatives like, not really like, well the thing about siege breakers that unlocks phosphex on your artillery stuff as well yeah which yeah. you'd want in like having 
I can see this list with a bunch of phosphates. There's no negative to taking this one. No, like, not like, really. Like a lot the of Death the other Guard's ones right have negatives. Wars are strong. Yeah. Because that one affects lots of movement of your enemy, but not you, which is similar to the Dark Angel have one like that. Yeah. Um, but I think this one's better. Also allows you to have more Terminators if you want to go Terminator heavy, um, which isn't the worst thing in the world. Particularly Grave Wardens are quite survivable, which we'll get to in yeah. a bit. Um, but and the Reaping, you just get a bunch of heavy support squads which can move and shoot because of their Legion rule. So the Reaping's really, really strong as well. The Creeping Death one kind of feels very sort of like they've preceded the area, a bit like they've been doing in the Siege where they're throwing sort of viral agents yeah. across so it's dangerous yeah to it's, it's very it's, fluffy it's yeah, very yeah, fluffy like but this is all it, like it, dead zone and you're yeah. coming to my backyard to kill me which is why you get the uh, bonuses in your deployment zone but it's like, like if you're you, defending it, all it, if you look at the other the other rights of war yeah. they've all got significant downsides to them like uh, less so in this edition but yeah there is always some kind uh, of well okay thing. the ones I'm probably most hurt about are the Blood Angel ones yeah which are like cool uh, you want to take this nothing can deep strike oh, sorry no, nothing can deep strike or everything has to deep strike yeah well so the reaping obviously has that limitation you can't take anything that deep strikes subterranean assault or flanking assault you can't take anything sorry you can't put anything in deep yes, strike true you can well, take things that can deep strike so like terminators for instance yes don't, they can deep strike yeah, but, but you can't take to. like drop pods that have to deep strike oh okay you can't that, take those. that one unit that must be no, real, no, real, but, real but tough for them yeah but there's the blood angel one it doesn't stop you from taking anything everything can deep strike if it's in a drop pod or a flyer or like there's no nothing stopping you from taking that you just have to pay extra points to yeah that's negative yeah like I, I, all I'm saying is Death Guard got it easy with the they restrictions. Very, I think their right of wars are some of the stronger yeah, ones, 100%. Yeah, yeah. I think it's where a lot of the real power of Death Guard come from. Yeah. They don't have, like, we'll go through their special units, but they don't have anything that's particularly, like, oh my God, that's, that's not seen anywhere else. Like, they're not yeah. unbelievably outstanding, but their right of wars really make them, I also think, really make them thematic to what the death guard it, are. it's definitely forcing you to play a death guard way yeah so it's not like there's not one here like they're, they're made to make you go slow but it's only the right of war that makes them move six inches right that it's not just a standard rule for them i want to read that what do you mean oh no it's can't make run moves okay yeah that's you fine. can't you can't run but you can always move so technically you are a quite a fast legion yeah, yeah. even if i'm pinned i can move yeah like, <laughs> Um, so yeah I think Death Guard are up there the Reaping particularly because of how powerful heavy support squads are currently with all grease scanners and stuff yeah is the second friend maker if you look online people hate the Dreadnought uh, Right of War and they hate the Reaping but that doesn't say that they can move and shoot it just says that yeah, they can always make a move yeah count as stationary um, in terms of shooting well, it doesn't say that yeah it does in their um, uh, Legion rule Oh, so it's not this right of war that allows no, you to no, do no. it. Oh, the lead, sorry, the sorry. Death Guard get that whether they're taking that right of war or not. Yeah, yeah. So the the reason the the reason people don't like the reaping is because you can get three heavy supports squads in your heavy support, and I mean you can take you can take all as your non compulsory. So you, you can take, get six. You can take all heavy support squads. No, because you have to have two compulsory troops. They can't be taken as compulsory troops. Uh, so you oh, have right, to take two tax squads or whatever. Right. Um, 
Okay, cool. Right, next up is the uh, armory of the Death Guard. And actually, this is probably one of the lightest armories of the Death Guard, really. It's pretty they have, simple. They have three things. Um, basically, they have a fancy type of flamer. Yeah. Um, so any any Death Guard unit that can take a hand flamer, a heavy flamer, a normal flamer, um, a flamestorm cannon uh can basically take the alchem version of that and the alchem the alchem version of those flamers gives it flesh pain basically gives it flesh pain and, and gets, gets hot, hot. so it's so quite negative to it to it yeah. but it means that flesh pain's quite good against most things right w- wounds on a two up if you're infantry basically yeah which yeah well non-vehicle the only downside is they are flamers they're template weapons so they're not yeah. like long long range and that but if yeah. you're taking flamers anyway you're already paying that price i think for the price that fl- like they're great for like combi weapons yeah so like you i think it's five points for a sergeant and you can give them a combi flamer mm. which you can shoot every turn obviously you're not going to be close enough but for it's great for like overwatches yeah just randomly get a d3 wall of flame um flesh bane shot or d6 i can't remember what wall of death is but yeah that's i think that's where they come in into their own is when you can um use them for cheeky little overwatches and stuff and get more wounds off reliably with the flesh pain yeah um next up is toxin bombs so any models with a cash subtype also death guard also traitor may take toxin bombs 10 points um so toxin toxin bombs uh, are anytime an enemy unit declares a charge against um, a unit with, with toxin bombs, roll a d6 for each model in the unit that has declared the charge. For each roll of a one, a model in that unit has declared a charge chosen by the unit's control player suffers a wound. So no armor saves, no cover saves, no damage mitigation rolls made against it. Um, so in, only in runs. So against yeah. normal guys, this no, is just removing. No shrouded, no feel, no pain. That's yep. damage mitigation. Yep, 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 yep. Basically yeah. take uh, wounds. Very nice. <laughs> very nice. And actually character right yeah so that, every sergeant, every sergeant. Yeah. so every i don't know why you my, every I, character in my army has this yeah i don't know why you wouldn't take them right because <laughs> like, it's it's like charge me i get overwatch and then you have to do this yeah, yeah, yeah. oh and i've also by the way if i'm taking the reaping i've got rad grenades so you're all minus one toughness yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like oh <laughs> it's just it's just an anti-close combat army right yeah yeah yeah. like get yeah, close, well, being close to them you will die just due to the noxious fumes and everything that's around them you mean in the fluff? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So like basically shoot Death Guard in the face. Yeah. Well, not in the face, from far away. Yeah. Don't get too close. Yeah, mid-range is where you probably want to be. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. all your guns are in range, but they're not within charge range. Mm. Next up is power types. So any models, we're, again, with the character subtype, Death Guard, um, and this can be Loyalist or Traitor, may exchange a power weapon for a power scythe for no additional cost. So a power scythe is a, a, another power weapon, but it's a plus two strength, AP three, melee rending two-handed and reaping blow. So rending on a six plus and reaping blow one. Is that instant death? No, reaping blow is, I believe that um, it's... Oh, now you've just asked me and my brain has just... Stopped. Probably won't yeah. find it in there. It's probably going to have to refer to Yeah, I'll find it in the book the book okay i believe reaping blow if a model is in the base contact with more than one model uh, increase its attacks by the value in brackets yeah so yeah so basically if it's got more than one person then it's plus one you get a plus one attack yeah Ah, cool that's pretty good um and again any death guard character so sergeants that can take power weapons yeah i mean i can imagine there's no extra cost so power weapons are what power weapons are 15 uh, on tax squads I believe making a sergeant more 
is, it's more you're than one though, isn't it? The thing is, you're paying for toxin bombs for 10 points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And potentially, again, if you're taking reaping, which a lot of people do, yeah. you're paying another 10 points for rag grenades. You've yep. already got 20 points. Do you want to go 35 points for but, just a sergeant? But it's an AP3, which means yeah. it's going to... It means a majoritively like so normal guys. Mm. If you're not going against like crazy terminators or, yeah, yeah. or special special units, they're all going to be AP three. No yeah. saves of any kind. I think the thing about the thing about the scythe is like you're getting. You're, Don't get me wrong. I wouldn't do it for everybody. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I, it's cool in some units, but actually, would a paragon blade be better? Oh well, a hundred percent. You're taking a paragon blade over this, but um, that's not that fluffy, is it? They all have scythes, don't they? Yeah, well, so my Delegatus has a power scythe, but I haven't. Bought, my sergeants, I've kept bog standard because yeah, yeah. actually, I don't want my tax squads in assault either. No, no. So I, I, I'm hoping you're not going to want to charge me due to all my toxin bombs and stuff. Mm. So I'm not going to be in combat. So I don't need to buy a power weapon. Cool. Um, um, yeah. Next up, units do Mortarion last. Yeah, I think we always end yeah. with the Primarch. So we've got Death Shroud Terminators, 140 points, um, squad of two Death Shrouds. Um, you can up up that squad to uh, by, uh, where is it? Literally looking here. Up to eight more, so if you can have a squad of 10. Um, movement seven, fast Terminators. Um, weapon skill five, BS five, strength four, toughness four, wounds three, high wound Terminators. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Initiative four, attacks three, high attacks Terminators, and leadership nine with a two-up the, save. These are the... Um like bodyguard and Mortarian. Yeah. So they're all power size. So they're t uh, Tartarus Terminator armor, which gives them, um, can't, can't over what? So not can't no. Uh, sweep? No, that's um, Cataphracty. Cataphracty, okay. Art uh, Tartarus allows you to run, although they're death guards, so they can't. <laughs> but you can... Um, sweep. Sweep. Uh, and you've got five up involved, not a four up. Yeah. So actually the, the, the sweeping part's quite cool for these because they are quite a high damage output so they're probably going to kill a lot they're probably going to have more chance of sweeping yep I mean they've, they've got their size so they can reach <laughs> yeah, yeah it's yeah. just chopping the ankles off as they're running away yeah. um, so special rule wise uh, they've got relentless death shroud uh, retinue um, bulky two uh, battle hardened one stubborn and chosen warrior um, do you know what death shroud retinue is allows yeah you to... so basically like a command squad okay. you can attach them to your Praetor, like they have to have Master Legions, Praetor yeah. or uh, or Maltarian, yeah. and they don't take up a slot in the Force Orc. Okay, cool. So they've got Alchem pistols, power scythes, and then Tartarus armor. To be honest, they're quite not bland, not the right word. They're quite um, unspecialist. No, unpersonalizable. Personalizable. Yeah, they way. don't really have any options. No, the only options they get is they get to choose metal bombs or grenade harnesses. It's any model can have metal bombs though. Pretty sick. And they can't ten man squad. Ten metal bombs. Yeah, well, the thing is, you can't change out your power scythe, right? No. So if you suddenly there's a Spartan in my face, or there's you know a Sakaran that I've ended up next to. Yeah, yeah. Um, I may want to blow that up, and I can do that quite reliably yeah. with some. I'd probably give like three or four of them metal bombs. Do you have any of these in your list? No. Because expensive. Um. Expensive Forge World unit. <laughs> so they're 140 um, points for two. They're 70 points a model. They so. they are quite survivable. Hang on. That can't be right. What? And my math's not right. This is a 700 point unit. If, if you went to full 10, squad. Yeah. yeah. Holy crap. That's a, yeah. that's a lot. Yeah. Compared to Motarin as well, who's 425. Took a thousand points for 11 models. Yeah, I mean... Try and remove those 11 models. Got no, 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 no. Three I'm, wounds. I'm not saying they're not great, but... It's still, yeah, they still can all expensive, accept, they isn't it? They can all accept challenges as well with Chosen Warriors, so you're 
Primark isn't going to get caught up in a challenge. I mean, to be honest, if you're taking more tired, it makes sense you bring to bring two. a squad of these. You just bring two. Yeah. Um, in my well, in my opinion, you're not going to. You just use them as um, ablative wounds. So your Primark's going to be on full health. Part of me would want ten. Yeah, I just. <laughs> I don't think they're good. They're, I don't think they're good enough to do that. Really? Like, well, they've just got pistols. So you just. But you, you want them in combat. You don't yeah, want them shooting. You've got to get there. You can't run. More tiring. You can deep strike. You can't deep strike. Well, well that's like only if you're doing the reaping. Only if you're taking the reaping. But don't yeah. take the reaping. Take the other one. Yeah. Which is infinitely better. Yeah, but these guys don't have deep strike. The Terminators come with deep strike. No, I don't think so. Hang on. I, I might do. I might be wrong. Yeah, they might do. It, I know in the last edition they didn't, but they might do this one. It's been. Uh, I've, I've never looked at Deep Strike because <laughs> I don't like it. Uh, I'm a bit bland in my tactics. I can't see it now. I, I'd need to look. It'd be there. a hard thing to find. Yeah, it, it I mean, Deep Striking there. them isn't is if it's possible. Whether it's in a type of dread. Well, hang on. Can, or, can can what's his face Deep Strike? I don't know. Hatred. It's not real on here. But again, I'd be very surprised if they can't. If he's in Terminator armor. I'm pretty sure it's Terminator armor. Anyway, regardless, whatever. I don't think they're that bad. I think they're quite expensive. Oh, they're, they're, they're very expensive. They're good. I mean, three wound Terminators. It's hard to get rid of. Three wounds, three attacks. But they're not getting any bonuses. Oh, they've got no. pistol. Oh, that doesn't, get, doesn't count anymore, does it? No. So it's not like they've got an, an extra they're, Well, three. the sides are two-handed anyway, so you yeah. don't get a bonus. So they're going three, maybe four if they charge. Five when if yeah. they get into base with two, they're they're big bulky terminators to take wounds is how I see them. Which Five, is, yeah. If I was going to take them, I'd take like the that. Two. W- that would be a reason to take two though, so they are outnumbered, so that they're yeah. in base contact more than one to get them the extra attack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that point, you're doing five yeah. on the charge. Well, and if you're only taking two as a bodyguard to Mortarian, you haven't got to worry about attack. My <laughs> only concern is if you're taking with Mortarian, then you're more than likely going to go against an instant death style weapon. Because they are only toughness four, so anything like it just yeah. gonna that like you're gonna lose three wounds. Yeah, but if you've got there, that's all you care uh, about. I would take more than two. Yeah, I take more anyway. Regardless, um, we talked about that. Grave Warden Terminator squads, two hundred fifty points. I like these five man squads. Uh, you got a Grave Warden and Chem Master. Grave Wardens are movement six, weapon skill four, BS four, strength four. Toughness four, two wounds, initiative four, two attacks, leadership eight, and strength, uh, sorry, strength save two. Um, the chem master is bog down exactly the same apart from they have one more attack. They have three attacks and they are one plus leadership. So they are nine leadership. Um, they come as a five-man squad. You can purchase an additional five Grave Wardens, 45 points each. Um, so that takes them up to what? 200, uh, 500, four and 490. 475. 475. So 475 points for a full squad. Um, they come with... Um, they come as heavies. Ooh, they're heavies. Yeah. So heavy infantry. Um, they have Relentless, Bulky 2, Shrouded in Death, Fire into Protocol 2, Shrouded 6+, plus and Stubborn. So they've already got Shrouded, so they wouldn't benefit from being in their own Shrouded, um, their own deployment. No, but they're Terminators. You're not going to want them to, especially when you go through their weaponry and the ranges and stuff. Yeah, These guys so. are walking forward trying to kill you. So they all have assault grenade launchers, power fists, death cloud projectors, Legion Cataphractic Terminator armor. Yeah. So um, again, Cataphracti. So yeah, can't run for up in Vol. Can't, can't run sweep for up in Vol. But then to be honest, these are the 
impeccable yeah. advance. These are just walk towards the enemy. They've got yeah. power fists. All got power like, fists, which is quite scary. Yeah, yeah. All it's, going last, but you've got a two up, four up. Thing is though, they are only two two wounds. I say only two wounds, but they are two wounds. A lot yeah. of stuff has two wounds now. Like it's a yeah. lot of the Terminate, the yeah. name Terminate squads yeah. have two wounds. Um, they come. You can get chain fists at five points each. Um, you can take uh, the heavy Alchem Flamers from on on one Grave Warden. Yeah. Um, the Grey, the Chem Master can take a Combi Belter, a Magna, uh, or a minor Combi weapon. Um, you can obviously take Power Scythe, which might be a good idea no. to make him not go last. No, 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 no. Why? Because he'd still be going at the same time with initiative four and you're getting rid of a strength 10 AP2 weapon for a strength six AP3 weapon. And an additional attack. So it'd be four, five, no, five on charge. No, why are you getting an extra attack? Because he'll be outnumbered. They'll be two, they'll be in base contact with more than one person. Oh, uh, okay. Well, possibly. More than it likely. depends if more Terminators are around. He might not be in the front rank. I don't think these are necessarily, well, Power Fist, Terminator Killers, maybe. I per- yeah. Personally, I, so I run them with four Power Fists and a Chain Fist. Right, okay. Just in case I get up against a tank. So the Assault Grenade Launcher is a grenade launcher, 18-inch range. Um, Crack is Strength 6, AP4, Assault 2. Toxin is uh, Strength 1, AP5, Assault 4, Poison 3 up, and Nose cover. Yeah. Fantastic against most things because it's just 3 up to wounds. Yeah, 3 up to wounds. Um, And no cover saves. But uh, cover saves aren't really a thing. 3 up wounds. It's only an AP5. They're going to get saved. But... It's more annoying than anything yeah, else. It's assault four is the and big thing. And they all get it. So if you've got a 10-man squad of these, that's all of a sudden 43 Shots. ups yeah. poisoned. Yeah. Like, save 30 hits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it, it, they are damage dealers. Well, they can also, because they have firing protocols too, they can shoot these and their death cloud projectors. So yes, death cloud projectors. Death cloud is template, strength one, AP four, assault one, poison three up. So again... It's, it's like a three a up. It's a flamer. So it's a it's a nipple flamer. Yeah. That's what I But you get to fire both of these. So you're f- when you're that close, you're firing five to ten flamers. Are you saying fire both of these because they're both assault weapons? No, because you've got firing protocols two in your specials. Oh yes, there so we go. So you can fire the assault grenade launcher and the uh, cloud projector, which is cool. So they're very dangerous up close. It's very close, though, isn't it? You'd have to... Oh, yeah, but just play again, keep- that's their idea, right? Yeah, 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 100%. You just play keep away from them, though. They're only moving yeah. six every time. Yeah. Six? Yeah, but then you're talking board control and stuff. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think these I, guys... I would I, fear it would be a, like what happened to Tom, and just run a, just a run away from them. Yeah, well, so the way I got around that, so I've played these, obviously, a couple of times against Tom's Iron Warriors. Yeah. And he shot at them. I used my advanced reaction... So I got four up, feel no pain on them and then jumped them seven inches forward in his turn. And then I moved six. Then I could shoot him with both weapons and then charge him. Yeah. So it's like stuff like that that you can very, get around it. That is very circumstantial. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Deployment but you can get around stuff. it. There's yeah. ways around that. And the thing is... Do you I, take one squad of these? Yeah, I've got one squad of five of these and then I've got a squad of five Taurus Terminators. Um, Normal which Terminators. All have, yeah. Which all have Power Spears. So no. they're plus one initiative in combat. Uh, AP3, I believe. Okay. Uh, and then Shrouded in Death, um, which is when an enemy unit successfully charges a unit that includes one or more models of special rule, the charge is always considered disordered. So no yeah. plus one attack. Um, no. That's it, pretty much. Well, you I, get, at first you, I was you, like, oh, they're going to be initiative one. But no, that's different. No, but then there's, <laughs> there's, there's some rules which give them plus initiative if, if they're on the, on the charge. But if it's a disordered charge, they wouldn't get yes. that bonus yeah, anymore. Yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah, it gets rid of attacks, gets rid of certain buffs. 
So it makes them harder to kill in combat. Next, we have the slightly smaller head honcho, uh, Typhon, or Callus yeah. Typhon. Um, so he's 200 points. He's a move six, uh, weapon skill six, BS five, strength four, toughness four, wounds four, initiative five, attacks four, leadership 10, um, save of two up. Um, he has, uh, again, a heavy character. Um, he's a psyker as well. Um, Alchem pistol, Lacrimea. Lacrimea? That's, yeah, one of his bonus. Lacrimea. Um, grenade harness, um, death cloud projector, rag grenades, legion cataphractic terminator. Um, he comes with master of the legion, independent character, relentless, stubborn, bulky two, witch blood, shrouded in death, firing protocols two, shrouded six, uh, traitor, warlord, um, trait. He comes the reaper. So his warlord trait will start there. Um, is if chosen as the warlord, warlord, uh, Typhon automatically comes with the Reaper as his Warlord trait and may not select any others. Comes the Reaper as his Warlord trait and may not select any others. Comes the Reaper is uh, when making attacks uh, as part of a shooting attack or during an assault phase with any heavy weapon. This uh, that has the Poison X special rule. Typhon and any unit with the Legion of Snarty's Death Guard and at least. Hang on. When making an attacks with a shooting attack or during the assault phase with any weapon that has Poison X special rule. Typhon and any Death Guard unit and at least one model within six inches within, ty uh, six within Typhon yeah. <laughs> within six inches of Typhon increase the value of Poisoned X special by one yeah. so three up becomes a two up okay so it comes easier to wound then yeah, yeah, um, yeah it makes makes it quite nasty but the reason it's got and assault phase is for your overwatch uh, okay. so if you overwatch you'll get so you, you may be able to re-roll fail to wound rolls for weapons with fleshbane in addition an army whose warlord has this trait makes an additional reaction in the movement phase as long as typhon has not been removed so pretty standard stuff there um as for weapons so his lacrimaia um lacrimaia yeah lacrimaia this weapon has uh is counted as a power weapon for those um for those rules that affect such weapons it's a plus two strength, AP two, melee, two-handed, reaping blow one, fleshbane. Yeah, it's, it's a better power scythe. You get the AP two and uh, fleshbane. He's got his death cloud nipple uh, templates. Um, Why are they nipples? I don't know. It's just the... the, um, so the, way, the way I've done them is I took um, flamers from Betrayed at Calfbox, I think, and cut cut off the top to make them thinner yeah. and the back of the gun and then attach them to the underneath of the power fists on my grave wardens so they're very Just similar like to very similar them. to the old dreadnoughts yeah, yeah, yeah exactly like that the, yeah and I've, i still need to do the cabling that's going to go from the back into yeah. the power pack on the back so, so, so the way that they're described so if we look at the death cloud projector for, for typhon it's a modified to carry inbuilt alchemical containment and projection units allowing him to direct focus jets of lethal poison and vapor against enemy yeah, okay i can see yeah it could be the yeah I'd, I'd see it as a wrist mount thing rather than a nipple cannon but yeah but actually it would make way more sense you have to worry about it your arms unleash the, the nipple what? cannon you'd be flamer. better off having them on your shoulders than on your nipples yeah very Iron Man-esque you know when he's got the missiles oh, the coming out of his shoulders yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh machine gun boobies yes yes that's, from, that's um, the um, the machine gun boobies is the blood angels yes they can take the that's assault maybe, cannons on the dreadnoughts that's maybe where um, my, yes. my um, so it's like um, my assault cannons on uh, leviathans and people just mar like have these assault <laughs> cannons sticking out where the volkites would normally be <laughs> Um, next up we have Shrouded in Death so when an enemy unit successfully charges a unit that includes one disordered or more again, it's yeah. disordered uh, Witchblood he um, 
Typhon has the witch sense psychic power and the toxin cloud psychic power and does not gain access to any other disciplines. When included as part of an army that includes Mortarion, or if Mortarion is present in the battle as part of a friendly army, Typhon may not make use of his psychic powers. <laughs> I love that. Because he's a secret psychic. It's a very fluffy he's thing. Hid, he's hidden his psychicness. Yeah. And then that's that's how the Death Guard fall to Nurgle, through Typhon. Typhus, it's not yeah. through Mortarion. Well, it's through... Um, is it not through Magnus er- give him a no, special no, no, rub? No, 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 no. No, 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 no. That's Erebus. afterwards. So oh, when Ere- is Erebus taken away? Like, again. When they're on the way to Terra, like it already started, but Nurgle attacks them in the warp on transit and basically like, this is Buried Dagger, I think, the book uh, yeah. towards the end, and basically forces Mortarion to bow to Nurgle because otherwise he'll kill his legion. Yeah. Like he's like, con- like going, I'm not going to just make them better I'm going to make them all pop and die unless you bow to me and Mortarion bows to him which is why he's so he hates himself and Magnus is like you need to learn to like love your new nature and and that gives him a special rub uh, what was it called the last book Saturnine Saturnine yeah that's it Um, yeah because he's like because it was a really weird bit that didn't need to be in the book yeah but interestingly that could have been in Mac Fury of Magnus the reason they end up getting attacked is because Typhon kills all the psychers and yeah. the navigators because he's like, oh, we can't trust them because they're with the emperor. So he actually, and then claims that he can lead them yeah, to yeah, terror. Yeah. And that's why they then get lost and <laughs> nurgalized. Uh, so um, his fault. the witch sent psychic power. So the start of any assault phase, Typhon's controlling player may choose to make a psychic check for him. If the, pass, if the check is passed, Typhon's weapons characteristic is increased by one nice. and his attack characteristic is increased by D3 for the duration Ooh. of that assault phase. If the check is failed, Typhon suffers a peril because of the warp. Yeah. Um, then we've got the Toxin Cloud. It's a 24-inch range, strength one, AP four, assault one, large blast, five-inch, uh, fleshbane pinning psychic focus. Psychic focus Ooh. before making any hit rolls. The psyker must make a psychic check. If the check is passed, the psyker's attack is normal, showing the profile. If it's failed, then it, it suffers better. Yeah. But yeah. So basically, an explosive toxin cloud. I quite like Typhon. You should take him. He'd be really well, I, good. Yeah. It's one of those things of once the 3K's like done, then it's like, well, actually, I'm starting to go, do I get a Mortarian? Do I get a Typhon? Yeah. And then I can trade my characters in and out just for flavor. Next Fun. up, Mortarium. Do it. The Pale King. It comes down to how well I like painting them. Like if I get if I'm at the end of 3K and do not ever want to pick up those paints again, I'm not buying more characters that I have to paint the same way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Is is the ultimate thing, but yeah. So Mortarion, the Pale King, the Master of the Death Guard, the Traveller, the Dread Liberator of Barbarous. The child of Death. <laughs> they always have so many names, yeah, yeah. 425 points. Cooler. 425 points. Uh movement seven, weapon skill seven, BS six, strength six. Sorry, strength seven, toughness seven, wound seven, initiative five, attack six, leadership ten, two up save. Uh, he is a unit composition one, Mortarian. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got a barber and plate, uh, uh, something called the silence, the lantern, uh, seven phosphex bombs specifically, number yeah. of Nurgle. Is it seven? It is seven. Yeah, you are yeah. well done. I know, right? I um, know shit. But it's uh, also the, the max amount of turns is seven and you can only throw one a turn. So, Or it's Nurgle. Uh, frag grenades. <laughs> no, that, I think that is why they've done it, but... It also matches that as well. Um, he's obviously uh, Death Guard, Master of the Legion, bulky six, so he takes up six places in that Land Raider. Um, it will not die four plus. Fear two, Adamantium will three plus. Hatred Psychers, it's very fun. Uh, Shadow of the Reaper, um, Preternatural Resilience, Preternatural Resilience. Pre, that's pre. 
preternatural resilience. Yeah. Uh, he's a traitor, of course. Uh, and then Warlord uh, is Sire of the Death Guard. So his Warlord trait, um, he may not select any other yeah. Warlord trait. He is Sire of the Death Guard. All friendly units composed entirely of models with the Death Guard are in the same army as Miltarian, including Miltarian himself. Ignore all penalties to their leadership caused by fear and shell shock rules. When locked in combat, suffer no penalty of their leadership characteristics due to casualties um, suffered during that assault. And in addition, an army of Mortarian as its warlord may make an additional reaction in the opposing player's assault phase as long as Mortarian has not been removed as casualty. Fairly. Very, very stubborn yep. and fearless if you're uh, Mortarians on the board. Indeed. Uh, Barber and Plate, two up armor save, four up invun save. Shadow of the Reaper, so as long as Mortarian is not embarked on, on any, is not embarked on any model. What's he doing with the models? Well, like, as in a tank is a model. Oh, okay, right. It's just... Like, <laughs> he's on, he's on Typhon's back. Like, <laughs> yeah, or he's on his shoulders, you know, when you fight in the swimming pool. <laughs> yeah. Right. Any Stand up straight, I need taller. <laughs> okay, so as long as he's not uh, on uh, on Typhon's back. Um, in reserves, locked in combat, or part of a unit with the retinue or death shroud retinue special rules. Okay, so on his own. Um, in the player's shooting phase, this in lieu of making a shooting okay. attack, Mortarion is redeployed by his controlling player. This counts as an alternative form of movement and cancels the benefit of Legion Azarti's Death Guard special rule when used. In this option is used, uh, if this option is used, then Mortarion is removed from the battlefield, leaving any unit that he was part of. The controlling player must redeploy Mortarion to any point on the battlefield within 10 inches of his original position, as long as the space for his model and the chosen position is not within 3 inches of an enemy model. He may not be placed within impossible train, a vehicle, or building. This is not counted as a move su as such, and the intervening train does not affect him in any way. Mortarion can charge normally in a turn that he is redeployed in this way, but counts as making a disordered, disordered charge of doing so. I get why they can't... Charge dice, whatever. I get, I get why they would say he can't be with his Death Shroud squad at yeah. this point, because otherwise that would be nuts that he could yeah, just yeah. go... 10, 10, 10 of them and me. Yeah, I didn't want to bring this up when we were talking about Death Shroud because I didn't want to confuse everyone, but this is phenomenal. You just stick him in an attack squad of 20 and just walk forwards and then just go, ha-ha, 10 inches forward, charge. <laughs> and you're like, what the hell? Uh, no, he can't be part of a unit. No, he can. He can't no, be said. part of a unit that has the Death Shroud retinue rule. I she just read it. He can leave. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But I, I know I read that part, but it doesn't say the whole unit goes with him, does it? No, no, that's what I'm saying. He leaves that unit, but you can put him in that unit so he can't get shot at. Oh, sorry. So I thought you were talking attached. about. I thought you were jumping all of them. No, no, no. So, so he wouldn't be able to magically teleport away from a um, the Death Shroud retinue. He has to be in a non one of those units. Yeah. Okay, cool. That's fine. Yeah, which is pretty much every other unit. So yeah, yeah, yeah. He can be in Terminator Squad, like Tartarus or Catfrac. Which, or if you want to get him up the board, because he obviously does walk quite slowly. Mm. Um, well, I say slowly, he moves seven, he's, doesn't he? Yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's seven. regular. But remember, like, there's no running and stuff. There's no running. And he's with an, if he's with another squad, he only moves as fast as that squad moves. So, it's quite, he's going to be quite slow. Um, but it's a good way of shunting him that last 10. That's the thing. It's the same as their advanced reaction, which gives you seven. This yeah. is like that on So, you could do that steroids. and then do this. Um... Yeah. yeah, in one turn, do the well, advanced reaction, yeah, jump you, you him forward could, seven. Yeah, you can't do it at the exact same time. No, 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 but you could do it as in, like, not have him with a squad. Have, have him the target of the of the advanced reaction, mm -hmm. shunt him forward seven. Next turn, shunt him forward another ten, yeah, yeah. and then make a 12-inch charge. Yeah. Like, yeah, you can get there he gets a distance. <laughs> For someone that is slow and lumbering... It's funny, because people go, oh, they can't run, or oh, they're not that, that fast. But actually, people have been saying, when they've played... 
either with or against Death Guard, but they're actually one of the fastest legions. Yeah. They can just permanently move. Mm. Nothing stops yeah. them. They can move and shoot their I, heavy weapons. I, I don't necessarily know. I wouldn't say one of the fastest legions because not that much actually stops units moving that I've experienced in games that I've played. Like I know like you get pinning and stuff, but actually the amount of times that pinning's actually affected me is relatively low. Yeah, I get what you're we're saying. Playing very low level gameplay really, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, I know, but I can only talk about the four events that I've been to. Yeah. Like I, I, I don't think in those four events that it's really made that much yeah, of a difference. Yeah, yeah. I get what you're saying. They can yeah. always move. So yeah. they don't have any of that kind of like trepidation as to, yeah. oh, I'm pinned or whatever. But yeah. where stuff like difficult, you have to roll. Yeah. and move what you roll they, they, I can just move my full distance yeah but they cause that to be worse for people so the amount of times you have difficult training in a normal game say Blood Angels versus Alpha Legion is relatively low yeah. but they cause the, whoever they're playing to be slower than what they would normally be if they were playing another faction so because they have all of the extra terrain is now difficult oh that's that one right of war no but just in general I, they, Death Guard move like they ignore difficult because they can just move yeah um, but what I'm, so what I'm saying is there isn't that much difficult terrain no like it is no. a really cool thing but every time there is there's a bonus is my point okay like I I don't think that makes them like look at um, Blood Angels or Jump Pack units or look at uh, look at um, what they're called White Scars Jet Bite units like I don't think they're a fast one I think yeah, against them I, they're fast yeah. my point is Death Guard can take those things and then get these bonuses on top can they take them if they they can't use jump packs but they can take jet bikes what but then always move six yeah well no they, they aren't affected by any of those so the six inch movement rule is only infantry that isn't there isn't a six inch movement rule so why can they only move six inches they what did we say that I thought that was one of their they can only move six inches like they can always move six inches like does that mean if they can't move they can move their normal movement I'm confused now. Where's the six inch thing come from? I don't know. You've just said it. <laughs> Unless I'm just blanked out something in my brain. Remorseless. Any model of the special field does not have the cavalry unit type, ignores any modifier restrictions or movement phase. Yeah, there's no yeah. there's no six inches. There's no six inches there. Model does not run or make further, so they can't ever run. They can't ever use another alternative form of movement, such as activating a jump pack, disembarking, yeah, yeah. or, or deploying a deep strike. And the bonus that they're getting there is that they can always move, and they can shoot their counting as stationary. Yeah, they're relentless. They get relentless. Well, no, because relentless, you can charge afterwards. Okay, but they it's, can. It's, yeah. it's like a relentless light. Yeah. But yeah. Da, da, da. So, how fast does hat squads move normally? Seven? Uh, whatever a standard marine is. Yeah, I think seven. So, their bonus is that they can always move if they're not a cavalry unit, artillery units, yeah, or run. have a jump pack. Jump basically. pack. Activate a jump pack. Right, yeah. Yes. So, they can't run. No, yeah. they, they, they don't get the bonuses if they run or if they activate the yeah, jump so pack. So, you can run, but you... So this is where it gets so it, it, with the legion rules itself they can run but they can't get the bonus of of um the shooting counting as stationary right okay um if they run um and the reaping right of war says you cannot run okay yeah so you this it's all kind of mixing into one yeah, yeah, yeah rather than being one separate 
thing. I thought there was a thing that always made them move six. So you are thinking of, it's just caught in my mind, that's 40k Death Guard. Uh, 40k Death Guard can only ever move six, whereas normal Marines move like seven. Right, okay. So in this edition, they could always move their full movement regardless of... Sorry, in this edition. They're just not really slowed by anything. They can always move their full distance. Yeah. Yeah. So you're not restricted by pinning and stuff. Okay, cool. Which is why you can just which is why they are they, which they, they are considered fast because they're moving heavy weapons because up the they're board and shooting still yeah. yeah it's not like I can go thirty inches because I'm a death guard it's not that kind of fast. no 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 but it, it it's sorry I think it was because the six inch thing I was like well they only move six it's like yeah three turns <laughs> that's that's only eighteen inches that's not that yeah. far but actually if they can move their normal distance yeah. and then it's not slowed by anything yeah. I mean. The thing is, I guess when you play them, they make a lot more, if you take that right of war, they make a lot more things dangerous and difficult terrain. Mm. Whereas I think in normal games, there actually isn't that much that is dangerous and difficult terrain. No. Like that we typically play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's very, it's only ruins become difficult. Like there isn't that yeah. much that actually has it, but playing them makes you disadvantaged, whereas they get none of that disadvantage, which is yeah, why yeah, they, yeah. they would be fast. Uh, um, okay. Uh, where was we? We were talking about... Uh, we did Shadow of the Reaper and his uh, crazy jump and steel charge. Yep, 10-inch jump or 10-inch redeployment. Is that yeah. what they call it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You basically, yeah, he, he disappears and then reappears. If he's like redeploying, <laughs> if he's redeploying, does that trigger everyone shoot him? No. Or is that only from no, Deep Strike? That's, that's, yeah, arriving. Via Deep Strike. Because okay. this is a, a different thing. Yeah, I mean, you don't get it if I redeploy my... Or from like a scout move and stuff. Yeah, you don't get about redeploy my Alpha Legion tank no. or anything like that. So, um, cool. So you get the uh, preternatural resilience. Uh, any hits allocated to Mortarian um, with a Poison X, Rending X, or Fleshbane special only affect Mortarian on a D6 uh, roll of a six instead of the usual effect, which yeah. is pretty sick. Um, silence is a weapon. It's power weapon. It's a plus one strength AP2. Instant death, Sunder, two-handed, reaping blow, two. So, yes. so only plus one strength. Sorry. Well, yeah, but he's already strength seven, so he's yeah. now eight. That's, I, I think they've done that for balancing rather than yeah, yeah. anything else because a normal size is obviously two. Yeah. But if it was a two, that's then strength nine. Yeah. I think he'd probably out-strength a lot of Primarchs. Yeah, so yeah. So gone, well, actually, we'll make him an eight. Thunder is re-roll armor penetrations. Yeah. So he's more likely to blow stuff up. It's obviously got instant death, which is which tasty. Is good. Uh, I mean, his strength instant eight. Instant death doesn't affect. His strength eight, so he's killing most things. But instant death, Castellax and stuff. It, it, instant death doesn't affect Primarchs, does it? Uh, no, they take D3 wounds. So it's instant effect instead effect. of one, I believe. Same nice? for Dreadnoughts. Yeah, oh, okay. So it's just they're, they're, they... It's anything that causes instant death. Um, if it's a Dreadnought and I think Primarchs have the same rule under their Primarch subtype to be honest he doesn't even really need instant death because he's a strength, strength eight, 8 yeah so it's toughness he, 5 I guess so like um, toughness 5 it's just a five? double check that he yeah, gets to kill yeah, you yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah he's got a double chance of killing you <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, um, and then finally the Lantern which is a drum barreled energy blaster of unknown origin the Lantern is Mortarion's preferred sidearm the weapon listed here counts as a plasma weapon for the rules that affect such weapons um, so range 18 strength 8 AP2 assault 1 sunder no it gets hot though it's no. like a constantly cooled lantern is it actually does it actually look like a lantern I can't no, imagine no, him, no. I can't imagine I don't even like, think um, he's holding it in the because he's, he's swinging the scythe I think it might be on his uh, hip or something yeah it's yeah. like a plasma pistol it's, that's a yeah. shame I want it to be like the green lantern where he's got a <laughs> 
Like in um, of course, like in uh, Marvel with the 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 yeah. big um, the defender of the defender of um, Asgard, yeah. the, the metal <laughs> one of them. Oh, I tell you what is scary. Just going back to the silence, he's obviously got reaping blow too. Mm. So if he's outnumbered in base, he's going to get two plus attacks. So he's he's strength. He's attack six. So that's eight. And if he charged, that's nine. Nine, so attacks. nine attacks at strength eight, AP two, instant death. It's Rerolling pretty, armor pen. It's pretty well, nice. If, if his armor pen, you're probably not outmatched, so you're not getting the plus two. Yeah. Because it's one tank and you. <laughs> the thing is, as well, though. Well, actually, no, you are, because tanks count as 10. Do they? They, well, I might be mixing up a We'd have to look rule. at the actual rule. Night, there's a Night Lord rule where I get plus one to hit and wound, I think, if uh, I'm outnumbered. And in that, it, it says vehicles are count as 10. Uh, I'd say it comes down but to the it might be that it might be that rule specifically rather than in general it's if a model is in base contact with with more than one model increases its attack by the value in bracket so yeah, I don't yeah, think it counts as no, like like bulky two it's one model no you're right yeah. cool and that's that's Mortarian so that's mm. the Death Guard um, yeah they're pretty simple Legion but very hard hitting Legion yeah I think definitely I think they're they're different to a lot like I think sometimes a lot of legions are very similar, mm. so like um, Imperial Fists and the other ones, Iron Hands, no Iron Warriors, yeah, um, are very similar in terms of like their Iron within, Iron without, big brick walls, yellow and has the stripes, yeah. Um, I think they're very similar, and then you've got yeah. kind of like Blood Angels and their kind of deep strike with with um, the kind of terror squads of of. Uh, Night Lords. Night Lords there, kind yeah. of, yeah. There's always a flip coin, isn't there? But I can't see of any anyone that's like these. Um, I'm trying to think. Loyal Iron Hands, maybe. Meh. They're very just stubborn. Slow. Stay, yeah, slow. Yeah. Stay forward. They're more like tanks and dreadnoughts, whereas these are more no. infantry. But, more troops on the ground. Cool. Um, but yeah, I, I, the reason I was drawn to play um, the Death Guard was really... Um, I used to play my Space Wolves very outnumber infantry, hold the middle of the table. Yeah. And like you almost come to me and I'll pick and choose when I charge or when you charge me. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, Space Wolves had counterattack. Um, so me getting charged benefited me because I'd get Overwatch and then get counterattack bonuses. And Death Guard uh, in this edition play very similar. Mm. They've got the Toxin Bombs, the Rad Grenades. They've got uh, Alchem Flamers that you can kind of tuck in there as well. It's like, actually, you charging me benefits me. Yeah. I want yeah. you to charge me. Yeah. So I'm just going to walk to the middle of the table and force you to because I'm on all the objectives. Yeah. And that's kind of how I plan to play them. Mm. Um, cool. But yeah, so I, they're, they're, they'll be an interesting paint job. Yeah. To do I think, it well. I think without running the risk of making them just look like tea stained mm. bits of paper um, I think yeah, yeah, yeah. but got, at the same I've time I've got a lot of kind of saved videos and stuff yeah. and I've started to make a paint list I think you could make, you could do them really well I think it, it, it would be I definitely would say perfect it on a few models first and yeah. then, then batch paint the shit out that's, of it that's my plan because yeah I'm going to do there's like lots of models one, right I'm going to do one squad as my tester model <laughs> what's the, your what's your model count uh, oh, since the I made a couple of changes recently, but it's um, a hundred infantry, two dreadnoughts. Wow, and two K, three K, three K. Wow, cool. Right, let's take a quick break, and we will come back with our closing thoughts, and we'll tell you which legion we're doing next. Oh yeah, better open that. Yeah. 
you come and harvester and I'll give you the key. Alright there, my lover. Sometimes farming is hard work and I need a midweek break. So we started Mike's Midweek Hangouts as a midweek haven from the hustle, bustle and loud noises of the farm. These gatherings are held in Facebook rooms. You can join from the link found either in the Adeptus Terra podcast safe room or found in the Hobby Hangout channel on the Discord. If you want to get some midweek hobby progress in, why not grab your scrumpy and join Mike on a Wednesday from 8.30. See you there, my lover. Come on now, let's get together. Welcome back. This is our round out segment of the episode. Thanks so much for for getting this far. Hopefully you've enjoyed the episode. Uh, We've enjoyed being together as always. A few bits as ever for the end of the episode. Oh, and a special announcement. I'll do that right at the end. A quick reminder of the next Hobby Hangout date, which will be the 26th of November. That's 8pm onwards and it's done on Google Meet. The link will go up on the Facebook page, on the um, Safe Room and in the Discord as well. Um, there'll potentially be an event ahead of time as well because Sam's good at that. Um, do you want to do one for you? I need to do one for tomorrow. I'll do it. It's fine. <laughs> well, because now we're using the same thing. I could just do it for you. That's true. But no, no, that's fine. <laughs> Pull your finger um, out, Matt. Come on, you can do it. Yeah. Uh, next Siege of Terror book yep. is uh, in our Read the Siege series is Mortis. An actual book. Yes. yes. Six, 16 hours on Audible going to start soon i promise <laughs> but yeah looking forward to that i'm hoping it's about legio mortis and some titan stuff that'd be a really cool change of pace so far for the siege so i'm looking forward to that hopefully um and uh i just rolled off recording for our next uh law of the legion and we got blood angels so we're going to fix sam's blood angels and get him playing them it, again it, do you know what actually that'd be a really good objective to come out of the back of it because i i'm at a wit's end with doing it cool like, so if you guys want to figure out write me a 2k list okay i'll tell you what all three of us let's add an additional challenge yep Ugh. 2k blood angel list you're 2K, doing units yours is gonna be the easiest do, do 2k and add sanguinius that's now you only need to do 1500 points <laughs> super quick can he can he can he be in? yeah yeah all, all primarchs i think all primarchs fit within 2k right because they're less than five it's not a bad chat doing him they're all less than 500 points yeah yeah the sanguinius is baller as well so this is quite a auto ad in my opinion anyway that'll be a fun little extra to throw in there for blood angels um ah oh, the last thing we should announce we should have done it earlier in the episode we should announce the next date for our second ever horus heresy event mm. so we will be returning to hivani prime see what state it's in after the first outing um on the 1st of november to the 3rd of november 2024 gaming is second and third yes so yes the first is the friday i believe yeah so uh, people can turn up on the friday evening there'll be open gaming like we had last time hanging out we'll be setting up the tables and getting ready yeah um and then saturday will be the official start of the event we'll play through saturday and sunday similar to the last one but there's going to be some changes we're going to do something a little bit different but we are revisiting horus heresy age of darkness gaming revisiting hivani prime 
and a pack and tickets will go on sale in the new year. When we do, when we actually start playing 40k more, maybe the one afterwards should be Havani Prime. Well, it depends if the planet blows up. <laughs> we, yeah, we can we, make We'll it. have to see where the, the story takes us. But What's his face? The, the planet we talked about today. Um, Prospera? No. Cadia? Cadia. Cadia blew up and that's still... Like, there's that's plenty still, of planets we talked about today. No, but Cadia blew up and that's that's still a planet in people's no, it's minds. No, it's gone. Cadia stands. Cadia stands in their hearts. In their hearts and on our boots. We could do that. We clean no, our boots so yet. what we should do is is if we ever do a 40k event, we should do Hivani Secundus. Yeah. And yeah, then Hivani yeah. Prime stands. And yeah, yeah. it's a stalwart defense in response to the, the evil that was launched yeah. from Hivani Prime. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, look, it's right in itself. See, we can do this. <laughs> Excellent. But yes, so the second ever event hosted by us three idiots uh, will be uh, the 1st to the 3rd of November 2024. Save the date if you're interested. It'll be Horace Heresy Gaming. There'll be a pack with outline narrative and points and all that jazz mm. in the new year, as well as tickets going on sale. Um, it'll be similar kind of numbers as last year. We did 16. We've, we're talking about maybe reducing that slightly or in, increasing it. Yeah, we're, we're in a very early stage, but we've booked the date. We've booked the hall, same venue. Um, it's going ahead. What um, I like most. So I'm excited. What I like most is it's about a year until the event from now. Yes. And I still reckon this time next year, you two will be painting a board. I don't need to paint a board. I already I have, have a board. We're going to have more boards. What, we need to replace some of our old boards. We, need, we yeah. need to replace some of our old boards. You need to build some new boards. Come on. What happened to I'm going to build a my own city board? I'm getting Liam to do it. Because oh, that's going to be done in time. It's nearly done. No, I don't believe you. No, I don't believe you either. <laughs> right. Wow. Anyway, hope you enjoyed this episode of the Adeptus Terra podcast. Until next time, always remember Magnus, Magnus has, has daddy issues and did everything wrong. I think he did, you know. I think it, like he was offered the chance for redemption and he turned his back on the Emperor. Like, Magnus is definitely Screw your wrong. sons. He yeah, didn't, yeah. He didn't want the Grey Knights. He didn't want the Grey Knights. I, I'd want the Grey Knights. Think of all that warp dust. <laughs> See you later, guys. Thanks for listening to another successfully recorded episode of the Adeptus Terra podcast. Join the conversation on the Adeptus Terra podcast community safe room on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram at the Adeptus Terra podcast or email at the Adeptus Terra podcast at gmail.com if you just want to chat to Matt. Thanks again. A sip of the coffee. Sip of the coffee. Um, yeah, you can go whenever you want. Okay, cool. I wasn't sure if I was waiting for at the end of an advert. No, no, no. I just started when Neil started sipping coffee. Awesome.